You up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, can't get to sleep? Well, welcome to sleep with me. I think you're in the right place because this is the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. We'll do the rest. The podcast is going to create a safe place where you can put aside any worries or concerns or thoughts. Just listen to my voice. I'm going to tell you a story tonight. And as the story goes on, it's going to start out, it's going to get your attention, it's going to engage you a little bit. It's going to trigger your imagination, just follow along. And as we follow along down the trail, things are going to get a little bit more and more boring. Ideally, you'll find yourself drifting off into dreamland. If this is your first time here, welcome. I hope we help you fall asleep. You can find us on the web at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you have any feedback, you can email us at feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. And on Twitter, I try to post a sleep-related news item every day. Guys, it's the uh, end of June or no, the beginning of July. I think it's July has started and when this episode will be airing. I'd like to get us up to 50 iTunes reviews. So if 10 of you, just 10 of you that can hear my voice, just one of you that can hear my voice, take a few take a few minutes and write us an iTunes review. It doesn't have to be glowing. It can be honest or heartfelt, whatever. whatever. If you can do that, it'll help us become more discoverable or something. I, I, I talked about this another time. Something I can't pronounce, you know, help other people find us. And that's what we're looking for is to spread the boredom around. So thank you. If you can, 10 of you, one of you, just you, you, yeah, you with the great hair. Can you uh, write us an iTunes review? Thanks. That's it. So let's get on to the show. Hey guys, uh, Scooter here. And uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be, if I'm out of town and this is going to be a episode that I keep in the bank for emergencies or if it's just going to be an unedited bonus episode. But if it's unedited, you're going to hear some unedited stuff. But that's just a heads up. So this is just going to be a random potpourri episode. So thanks for listening. I hope I help you fall asleep. Well, hey guys. Uh, so I was trying to think of what we do because this is spur of the moment. I was like, oh, cause it's been a while. Since we've done a guided meditation. So I paused the recorder. I was like, huh, what can I do a guided meditation about? And I was racking my brain. Which, you know, when you're dealing with, it's not like there's a lot to rack there. I don't even know what rack, is it racking like W, oh, and it wouldn't be a W, R-A-C-K-I-N-G, racking my brain? I don't know. But I, I didn't, I was like, okay, well. We've done some guided meditations about some stuff and the stuff I was thinking of. I was like, well, we already kind of did that and literally tried to like clear my mind and or look around for inspiration, all that stuff. The only thing that keeps and then I, you think of something, you can't get it back out is mall walking. And uh, so that's stuck in my head now. And I know some of you might not even know what mall walking is. And um so we're going to talk about um, non-factual stuff about mall, mall walking because I'm not I don't have any research. But mall walking was back in the heyday of the shopping mall, which I guess it had a pretty good heyday because I don't know what year uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High came. I mean, was set in, but I would I'm guessing 
probably 1982 to 1986. It might have even been like 78. Not that it came out, but it was set. So, yeah, useful. this is a useful fax. Somewhere between 78 and 85. And if you haven't seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High and you're listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor and watch it. I'm sure it's on. Check Amazon, check, check Netflix. Uh, hopefully it's on one of those services. You could just start watching it and have some immediate gratification. Great, great, great movie. And it's much better than, if if you've seen it and it's been a while, it's a way better movie than you remember. And you remember it because a lot of times people remember it for these great characters or these cameos like Mr. Hand or Jeff Spicoli. Good, good, good stuff. But there, there's a, it, it's a, it's great. It's just, I don't want to, yeah, just go ahead and watch that movie. But so that movie, there's scenes in a shopping mall and that kind of movie predates when I was in a shopping mall. I think maybe, maybe I don't cause I, again, I don't know my years, but so the, that, that kind of felt like it came out at the beginning of the shopping mall heyday which kind of went through, I don't know, when it, when the shopping mall, um, was it uh, during the Bush years the shopping mall started to go? Uh, I mean, may, I guess the rise of Amazon maybe. I don't know what's undone the, the shopping mall. But at some point during the, the shopping mall heyday, as we're calling it now, the shopping mall decade or decades, uh, yeah, and this boring stuff's already, if you're asking yourself, this is the boring part, is already here to talk you to sleep. So during the, at some point during the, um, yeah, the shopping mall good years, and I don't know if a lot of you remember, but yeah, they're constantly building bigger and better shopping malls or remodeling shopping malls or, you know, outdoing each other. They had the great, shopping mall of uh, somewhere in Minnesota and uh, where I'm from, which I mentioned before, Syracuse, New York, they had built a big shopping mall there, probably right at the tail end of the shopping mall peak in the 90s, maybe. And then they were going to upgrade it to uh, to try to compete with the big shopping mall, the Great Mall of America, it's called. But it didn't work out because of... Uh, I don't know if it was corruption or not tax breaks, whatever. But yeah, let's get to the mall walking. Is what what you're probably saying if you have any interest in excitement. Let's talk about exciting stuff. Mall walking is uh not exciting, but what's exciting is that someone came up with this mall walking concept. And as a person that gets curious about stuff, I'm curious. And since this is not a non fact based episode just based on i guess this is just me talking and i'm going to be the only resource for this podcast this podcast episode but my curiosity says to me okay who came up with this mall walking idea that the term mall walking was there like a was it a grassroots thing or was it some corporate boob who said you know we got to get people the shopping mall's dead during the day and we don't get enough old people. So let's, I got this idea for this mall walking where you just walk around the mall and you can tell the old people it's free. You can come in here. It's air conditioned in the winter. It's heated in the summer. Or wait, 
dis- that's like that is an example of my dyslexia there. A little uh, teachable moment is that uh, that's kind of like I actually have dyslexia. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, my dyslexia is so bad. I think that's an element of dyslexia, what I just did, or maybe it's just an element of low intelligence. Um, I don't know, whatever. Let's keep moving. But the climate-controlled conditions and this corporate boob, let's call him uh, Lewis. Uh, I know it. I like Lewis. Remember, we talked about that because Lewis is uh, the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. I love Lewis. So I don't want to make him a corporate boob. Uh, man, that's embarrassing. I can't go. I'm going to have to pause. Scott, there's a Scott, Scott, that's a, a corporate name, maybe. So this guy, Scott, corporate marketing mall consultant, comes up with this mall walking concept, pitches it to older adults and people out of shape and probably new moms would be another um, place he'd be looking to, looking to assert his marketing form of, uh, mind control or whatever bullshit, whatever he was selling. But yeah, he'd be like, oh, well, you just had a baby. You could walk it off at the mall. You don't have to spend any money. It's climate controlled. Of course, they know that very few people in their right mind are going to go to a shopping mall and not spend any money. And uh, while I, I would applaud someone that could do that, like if you had the willpower to go to the shopping mall and not spend any money. That's like a good sign of willpower or, but you've got to be, I mean, not the other side of it is if you're going to go to a shopping mall and not spend any money, you're, you're really crazy. You're fucking crazy. Like, uh, you might have willpower, but you're a fucking nut job. You're going to go to a shopping mall and not spend any money with only intention of walking around to amuse yourself. I mean, unless you're like an artist I mean, maybe I should go to a shopping mall because I'm so terrible at voices and start picking up some character voices. And, and, but I don't have the, I don't have the willpower. I'll be like sucking down a, a, up one of those pretzel smoothies from the pretzel stand. And then I'll go, you know, they can hand out the bourbon chicken in the food court. I don't usually buy the bourbon chicken, but I taste it and I think about buying it. And then I go, I'll buy something else. And even nowadays, they probably have in and out at shopping malls. And maybe then I'll feel nostalgic and I'll go in the arcade. Whatever. Back to you, uh, people that go to shopping malls and don't spend money. You're nuts. But yeah, just to put people, I mean, and I, I can't, you can't give a new mom like this guy, Scott. He's like, oh, all the new moms should come to the mall. You'll walk off, you know, any, any you know, Weight that's hurting your self-esteem. You'll get exercise. Next thing you know, you're in Carter's paying like $13 for a freaking bib, which is nuts. That your kid's going to stain and grow out of that you could get at Goodwill for 50 cents. And don't, don't roll your eyes at me about Goodwill. And then you're going to pay $10 minimum. Well, maybe if it's 1980s, $5 at the food court. Um, Again, I got another tangent. I guess this is going to be a guided meditation, but it's more like a, I'm just meditating on malls. Before Sabaros, I don't want to start throwing corporations under the bus, but I do do that from time to time. Malls used to, 
at least uh, the malls in Syracuse, New York, they had this um, smaller chain called Pavone's or Provone's Pizza. It had New York-style pizza. It was a legit good slice of pizza for somebody from, I mean, it might have been not New York City-level pizza. They didn't even advertise it as New York-style they just sold the slices kind of like the one that Stacy worked at, I think, in um, uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. But, uh, yeah, and then Sbarro's came along and probably all those pizza places closed. And Sbarro's isn't, I don't even think you can classify it as pizza. It's like either you got the one that's like a pie with the extra layer of bread on it. Or they have, like, stuff that has so much crap on it. So tomorrow's kind of ruined pizza at malls. Another side. Back to the mall walking, which was where we were. Is that, uh, so this guy, so was it this guy, Scott, corporate raider, all-around bad guy, villain, came up with mall walking to exploit people that thought they had willpower to go to the mall and walk around in the climate-controlled conditions of a shopping mall. Was it by this guy, Scott, or was it by, like, was it a grassroots, like, a, like, is it one of those great stories? There's probably, it's probably neither. You're like, man, you're, this podcast really is a doll. You're talking about mall walking. Yeah, I am. Um, was it like just people that met at the mall? Maybe older adults, maybe new moms, maybe out of work people that were wanting to get back in shape. That lived in the Rust Belt. And that said, hey, this mall's warm in the winter. It's cool in the summer. I can walk the mall. And, uh, I, I, you know, I could just walk up and down the mall. It's actually, a lot of malls have natural light, so they're not too bad to look at. While I'm having um, some negative deja vu. I'm not even kidding. As I'm going, like as I'm talking, I'm remembering I think maybe it was a nightmare about a mall and mall walking that was based on my childhood problem, problems with malls, which we'll get to probably in another podcast episode. But so, yeah, like, was it this, was it like these underground mall walkers? And were they like rebels? Like, were the, was that like at one point did they have to, was a security guard like, well, you guys, you can't just walk around the mall and, uh, they were like, yeah, we can. It's a fr-. And they're like, no, it's no solicitation. Like, technically, we might go into a store so we can walk all the mall walking we want. And then there was like a trial, like uh, mall walkers of uh, Albany, New York versus uh, Megatron Corporation, which owns all the malls. And then there was this big trial, and the mall was like, you know, we're, I want to, and the evil Scott was like, I remember this was meant Scott's like brother, um, Eli, I don't know. And he was even evil or he was like, I want these mall walkers. I want them, you know, give them the maximum sentence. They're like, well, there's not really a sense. It's a misdemeanor. It's like, uh, for trespassing and you actually, you know, gave him a warning. So it's like a $4 fine. You know, I want them in jail, and I want this going to a jury trial. And like, well, this kind of situation doesn't go to a jury trial. Well, I want a jury trial. And then it started going through the court system, and then it was like, 
Megatron Corporation versus the Mall Walkers. And finally, once the, you know, big shots at Megatron find out about Eli and his anti-mall walking crusade, he was, they were like, buddy, cool it. Um, you're making us look like jerks. And we might, we, we don't want to look like jerks. Okay, Eli, that's the whole purpose of shrouding ourselves in secrecy, you boob. You know, you know let them people walk around the mall. They might buy an Orange Julius before it goes out of business. Who do you think's keeping Orange Julius in business? Freaking teenagers? Hell no. No, what was going I don't even remember what they sold at Orange Julius. It was like orange juice mixed with something else. I think it was like orange juice and seltzer water. Or was it actually a juice place before? I don't think, I'm, I'm pretty sure I only had a sip of one Orange Julius in my life. That's a good question. I'm going to have to go and research that. Maybe we'll come up with that. Let's all have an Orange Julius. Whenever this podcast hits the air, let's agree to uh, find an Orange Julius recipe and have one together, even though I don't know. I don't know why I think it's just orange juice and seltzer water and maybe some other stuff, but whatever. Yeah, that. So Megatron Corporation was like, fired Eli. And then they probably put Scott in charge when they're like, you need to repair, um, lower the tensions with the mall walkers because it made us look like fools. And then, you know, maybe there like, was this whole mall walking protest we never heard about because our textbooks are also history textbooks were made by Megatron Corporation where there was all these people united mall walking, like our parents or grandparents or our neighbors, maybe even our school teachers were, you know, banned to even talk about how they were part of the great, like, instead of Occupy, it was like mall walk. Maybe it was like this aggressive thing, this anti, and then it morphed into, oh, it's a pretty good exercise. And yeah, we have a right to, uh, I guess you don't, I mean, when you're looking at it, as much as I'd like to say you do have a right to walk them all and not buy anything, you would have to veil it with the fact that you could or you might buy something because otherwise they are spending a lot of money. That's, I'm not, I'm sure, well, I'm not sure if it's a public space or not, but then you could go for the argument of like, uh, well, how much of my tax dollars built this friggin' mall for some rich guy? And then you're like, okay, well, maybe you do have a right. Um, a gray area, I guess, like malls, when I'm dealing with mall logic and mall ethics and mall morals, I want to make it black and white. Like, you either have a right to mall walk or you don't. But I guess, yeah, you could get into some softer, um, like who really owns a mall is... Was this a public space or did you have to allot public space to be the mall walker? Or to be like, I don't know. So, yeah, so maybe I should just cool it on my pro and anti-mall walking um, thingamajig. But so at some point, mall walking rose to not prominence, but uh, where it became a word, at least that people used. Did anybody really mall walk? I don't know. I'm thinking of this one mall. What was it called? Fairmount Fair Mall. Gone now. Unfortunately, it was a major mall of my youth. Or, well, pre-youth. Like, I, I missed its apex. Well, oh, I got another Fairmount Fair story, but we'll have to wait on that one. About a haunted house. 
not a scary one, so don't worry. Um, March of Dimes Haunted House. We'll get to that some other time. But this mall, like when I'm imagining it and remembering it, it seemed like it was built on a, like it was like the uh, left-hand side of the mall to the right-hand side, which was probably like six, not six football fields, maybe. I feel like it was like downhill. Like they almost built one side of the mall higher than the next side, which that would be a good mall walking mall. Because like you warm up, you go one way, then you get a little mini uphill. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about maybe from the left side of the mall to the right side. This was like a straight mall. Those were um, early mall, like early pyramids of Gaza. I don't know. I don't know pyramid history. Barely no mall history, but this was like a, Early mall design is just a strip, straight strip enclosed uh, instead of having a fancy wings. It was just like a long thingamajig. It was nicer than an enclosed plaza. I don't think they retrofitted a plaza. I think they built it as a mall and it had lower ceilings than you'd see in future mall designs. But again, I can't, I don't have any facts to base this on, but I want to say that, yeah, one mall had a slightly higher elevation than the other. I mean, one side had a slightly eleva- uh, higher elevation than the other side, but I'm not positive. But, I mean, when I think of mall walking, I think of that mall originally because that was my first mall experience. And that was like a mall I had never was at the age to be alone in. Like, as a te- I was in a teen, so I couldn't, like, just go to that mall. Uh, so that's what I'm going to get picturing now as, uh, I want to, I want to do a little, uh, do a little guided med- meditation of mall walking, a little mall walking guided meditation to help you fall asleep. I mean, if you're awake now, you're probably a mall fan or you work at a mall or you find this, you, yeah, if you find it irritating, you already shut it off. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're like, uh, you're holding on for a little more. Maybe you're nostalgic for mall pizza or Orange Julius. I don't know. And so I'm going to try to do a little. So let's just close your eyes. Take a breath because we're going to a little place called Fairmount Fair Mall. Fairmount, New York. Across the street from the mall is a, uh, across a very busy street. You have no business crossing in a, by foot, but by car is a, uh, miniature golf place called Fairmount Glen. I'm not sure if it's there anymore. But yeah, we're going to Fairmount Fair Mall as mall walkers. We're in a machine. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, how you doing today? Yeah, I got my new uh, Scossonies here. Yeah, I see how those Buster Browns. Yeah, um, oh, you're new to, uh, yeah, this is the, uh, uh, this is the uh, Fairmont Fair. We call ourselves the, uh, yeah, Fair Walkers. That's the name of our, and you, you signed up on, are you gonna join the, uh, the club? Did you call Mary? Okay, yeah, she, uh, she, um, 
she needed some oxygen, so she's not going to be here today. But yeah, you might be asking, I know I'm a young guy. I'm a wall walker, right? Yeah, you seem young for a mall walker as well. But yeah, I've been in the Fairmount. No, yeah, I used to be in the uh, Fair, Fairmount, uh, the Flyers. I was the younger, that's the younger walking, mall walking club. They come in on uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. But yeah, we got Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We tried to, uh, you know, we just couldn't agree on time, so we just... Yeah, you know, we can't. You can't walk them all every day. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna zip up my shoes. Uh, what's your name? Oh, that's a beautiful name. Welcome. So what we're gonna do is uh, we're here on the uh, northern end of the mall, and uh, we're gonna take a walk to the uh, southern end, and then we're gonna turn around and come back to the northern end, and I I like to then go back to the southern end. Take a rest on a bench outside of Penny's, and I like to uh, do a little people watching there. There'll be people watching outside of Penny's. I might uh, um, smell some of the plants. I like the, uh, they have a good collection of uh, plants down there. They have a kala lily uh, planter down there. And then I'll take another trip back here to the north end. And then I will, uh, another trip down to the south end, back to the north again. Now, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not a, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a hardcore, uh, mall walker on Monday and Friday. I get a slice of pizza and a soda for four ninety nine, big slice. And I sit down and eat that. And that's halfway. And then I'll walk halfway back here to the north side again. I like to stretch when I'm done walking. And then I I like to walk uh, Mary to her car. She has a a broken hip, or she has broken her hip before. And I will be happy to walk you to your car. And, uh, yeah, that's it. It's usually me and Mary. And uh, I'm so glad you signed up. Uh, because, uh, Mary, she doesn't like me to talk when we're walking. And she, other than when she tells me I'm walking too fast or too slow for her pace. And you're, you, you really picked the, uh, I mean, it's like, I, 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 and this sounds corny, but this is the most wonderful time of the year because, uh, they decided recently to have Christmas in July as they're, uh, to get, uh, it's nice and cool in here. And they will, this is a new thing they started. You just picked it. So I said, the most wonderful time. Sleigh bells and jingling, kind of a fear. So they have, uh, their Christmas decorations up and we're pretending it's Christmas time in July, which is good for a laugh. Uh, if I laughed, I would go, huh. So that's another exciting thing about this mall is that I think this was one of the few malls uh, that I know of. Most the only mall I walk. So are you ready to uh, go? Okay. And yeah, now where I oh no you uh, where are you going? Now we stay to the uh, oh always stay to the right of the uh, planters and fountains. Yeah, so we'll uh, walk here and uh, now you might notice 
This is one of the few malls that is built on different elevations. So we're starting about 16 steps higher than where we'll finish, which will be quite a workout on the way back. And it'll really uh, blast your uh, hams, your quads, and your calves. And, you know, Jack O'Lane, he was in this mall before. Uh, so, you know, that's... Uh, and, uh, you know, so what uh, you're going to see up here on the left is our first Christmas display. Those are candy cane lollipops. And that uh, white stuff down there is snow. And the uh, fence is to keep the kids out. And you will see that they have a abominable snowman there. He's uh, the one from that uh, Christmas special with the... Uh, but uh, and if you if you whoa, if you wait here, let's just take away and just wait here next to me. And watch the abominable snowman. See his arm is moving very slowly, and he's waving at us, waving. See that? He's waving slowly, but that's a wave. It is a. Doesn't it just feel like we're in the the Disney vacation land thing? Like that animatron. He's animated. And that's some sort of mechanical thing uh, that does that. And we're going to see more of that as we... Uh, and there's no Santa. I'm sure Santa would love to have you on his lap, I bet. Oh, no. I won't, okay, I won't say anything like that again. Uh, but, yeah, that's exciting stuff here at the mall. And we're going to go down. Now, this is our first set of steps here. And if you... Uh, I like to uh, hold on to the rail... And close my eyes because I can hear the fountain. Uh, and that signifies that we're one quarter of the way through the mall. And that there's exits for parking on our left and our right sides here. And also there's a Bonwit teller. Uh, in case you are some sort of rich person that shops there. And we're going to continue on. Um, I'm going to see some rubber plants. And some of these planners. And you know, so they, uh, if you're very observant, did you notice anything after we passed the fountain? Uh, well, uh, no, I, I showered last night, but I wasn't talking about me. I was talking about the mall. No. Uh, the colors on the wall changed. You might have noticed it's a subtle thing. And I like to say that we're in the uh, hot portion of the mall here because it's orange-ish. So, and uh, we got a favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite stores coming up here that I like. I don't shop there, but it's called Cutlery World, a world of cutlery. And they sell uh, ninja swords there. And, uh, you know, I'm not a, much of a joker, but, you know, I would do like to go in there and ask, hey, you guys got any knives? <sighs> yeah, got any knives? But, and then I say, uh, why do you sell swords? What am I going to cut my, uh, cut my sausage with a sword? And the guys have a laugh at me. I, I didn't realize that was like a, a double entendre. Cut my sausage with a sword. So, I uh, cut early world and I like to look in. I don't go in anymore because of all that. But, uh, I find it, uh, quite the place, cutlery world. So that's cutlery world. And then now uh, we're going to be coming up here and, and, and uh, quite a few. We've got uh, three more steps to go down. What you, my lady, 
could I take your hand and escort you down? No? Okay. Uh, I, I, I have to comment on your shoes, your sneakers, your, uh, they, you have the kangaroos, the roos, eh? Do you, do you keep anything in those pockets of yours? It's quite, quite an expensive sh- do you do, you do, what do you keep in there? Mace? Oh, does that hurt? Oh, you're kidding. Yours, uh, do, could I, don't touch your shoes? I know, of course not. I was just curious. I just wanted to get a little closer. The kangaroos, the roos, those are expensive. Uh, are they comfortable? And I, I think, I think if they were, um, more affordable, I would definitely, they'd be a prime, uh, mall walking shoe because I could keep my keys in one, my car key and my money for my, uh, pizza and soda in the other pocket. Or, or maybe if we were, if our friendship develops, we could, I could keep it in yours. No. Okay. So what, um, do you mind if I ask what, uh, brings you to this walking club? What makes you want to be a, a, uh, uh, a fair walker, Fairmount fair walker. Cause you are a, a fair walking. You, I, you, are you laughing at me? Is, is that cause I'm charming? I'm, am I disarming you? A, li- a little, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, is it, is it, is there something wrong with me there? there obviously, ma'am, I mean, I'm very little self-awareness, but I do realize I'm walking in a mall on a weekday at 10.15 in the morning. So, yes, I, I, my self-esteem has uh, not properly developed into adulthood. Okay, well, we're getting to the center of the mall. And let's just put that ugliness aside because we're going to be walking in a winter wonderland. In this meadow, they have built a snowman. And you even see that's Parson Brown over there. And you can see, well, he doesn't move, so he's not saying, are you married? And the snowman, if you watch, watch him, you see his carrot nose is spinning around. And very funny. Very funny. Now, if I was making it, designing, if I had my job was to design robotic Snowman, one of my, probably a, a dream. I, I asked if I could, I found out about it. I asked if I could come watch them take things down because they didn't tell me about putting up this Christmas decorations. And we, I normally like to do figure eights through these, uh, crossovers, like a figure eight pattern through the mall. It adds a few more steps, but with these Christmas things, they, uh, makes a figure eight impossible. But I would like to see them like, uh, how they take apart this snowman because I would have his, his pipe spinning his pipe, um, corn cob pipe. He doesn't have one. Why? He's uh, supposed to be a frosty, the snowman, correct? So this is the winter wonderland. If frosty, the snowman, you could just see over there is Rudolph. And again, his nose is not working. I will, uh, I know there's no one to report that to other than the security guard, and he told me not to tell him anymore about things with the mall. But so, yeah, that's uh, Rudolph, and you see there's more snow. And when we just go around past these posts, we're going to see something 
My favorite part of this Christmas display is Santa's workshop. And they have, look at, come here, let's sneak around here. Look at this here. There is Santa's workshop. Now, if you see a present, it's going along. And see that one elf? He's hammering the present, building it. And then the next elf is sawing. They're sawing and hammering as a miracle of this is, they call technology. This is, we live in a age of wonder. Look at that. And the presents are on some sort of a conveyor belt. Look, oh, he's hammering that one. It's just a box and sawing the box now. And then it goes into that house. And look, now if we come here, you stand right here with me. A light, see that? The light comes on and you see in the window another elf. He, he's waving. And then watch next one. Sleeping. The elf is sleeping. He's in Santa's workshop sleeping. Oh, can you believe it? It's July. And we are just standing here. And I am in my shorts. And we are watching Santa's workshop. With a, uh, My heart is filled with... If, I, if only it really was Christmas. But it's not. It's only a few months, too many months away. But I, would, I can appreciate Oh, look at, watch. Because you wouldn't use a hammer or a saw. That train's not wooden. And that's a dog bone. Oh, and the sleeping elf. I never sleepy. Like he's like one of the dwarfs from Snow White. Okay, let's get walking. Let's, let's, uh, let's get walking. Okay, uh, now we're, uh, we're just, uh, oh. You need a break from that Christmas excitement, I understand. So exciting, the Christmas. And did you, are you sad? Okay, well, well, it's just, uh, this is this up here on the right is the gap. Um, I've been asked not to sit in front of here. It's where the young people shop. And they said I was looking at the young people too closely. Um, but this is where they buy jeans, dungarees. And clothing, the gap. Oh, oh, the gap. I make it makes my mind want to stare at young people. I guess so. Let's just keep moving, and we're going to go. Coming up soon, we have uh, a nice uh, where the uh, ceilings are higher. They call it the uh, the atrium, and a lot of these plants here. You're gonna see, see, two more steps down. And we are here in the atrium. Now the, I know it just means that uh has more skylights, but you notice the plant, these are real plants and just wonderful, wonderful greenery. Oh, evergreen for the spirit of Christmas. And if we go around this corner here, this would normally be where Santa is set up, but because... It would be, they said it would be confusing to the children to have Santa. It wouldn't make any sense. But then the, you know, I would think if I was running a mall, I'd want Christmas twice a year, of course. Why not? Oh, Christmas presents and Santa Claus. But they see that in the planters, they have hidden presents. You see, nothing moving here, unfortunately, because it would be more more Santa and the picture taking and the line of children. And I believe you get a miniature candy cane. But not now, because uh, no Santa, because it's July. 
even though it's Christmas time, and you might be asking yourself, where are the carols? Well, it turns out people complained about Christmas carols in July. So they play the Christmas carols from 12 to 12.30 only. And I like to, uh, sometimes I'll stick around. Uh, but I run out of stuff to do because, you know, usually I get fi- finished up with my walking about 11.15. And then if it's, I just have an early lunch if it's, uh, but uh, now I might just like leisurely stretch my lunch out and sip at my soda. No refills at this place because, uh, yeah, it's expensive. They're just trying to get by and make a living. But they have the crunchy, the uh, the ice. It's not cubes or snow. It's like a miracle of, uh, it's like little frozen clouds. I don't know what they call it, but I let it melt. And then I'll drink some watered-down soda pop. And I, I will listen to the carols later. Uh, well, today's, uh, I mean, on the days I eat pizza, which should be Friday. Today's Wednesday, you know. But yeah, so that's uh, my plan to hear the Christmas carols. And then I'll be whistling Christmas carols the rest of the day. And, uh, you know, people might be like, what are you, why, why are you whispering that Frosty the Snowman or Rudolph, you idiot? Uh, well, that's what Mother says, but... uh and I'll say, oh, mother, I'm full of the Christmas spirit, so you cannot harm me. And my heart is shielded from you with the love of Christmas. So, yeah, we're almost here. You're going to hear another fountain if you close your eyes. Don't worry, I won't touch you. Uh, you're going to hear another fountain. And this one, look at it, it's, it's a big circle, and the water sprays out, and then there's another circle, concentric, I would think those are. It's like little holes in a piece of metal and they're spraying out like a reversed waterfall in some sense. And uh, I've got to tell you, there was one time did some, I did through two labs with my figure eights and it was when the uh, air conditioning was off and uh, I was having um, some issues and I climbed in because I just wanted to feel that water on me. It was so hot. And I was aching and from the, from the walk, I overwalked. And then they, 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 you know, it, because the uh, air conditioning was off, we were able to work out a compromise that I would not be banned or arrested. Cause I, I did have, I took my shirt off, but that's, I'm a man with a, with a, I was, I was hot. Um, air conditioning and it's so, Listen to that sound, the swishing, so comforting. And uh, so that is the how uh, we've reached uh, the uh, end of our beginning of our journey here at the uh, Fairmount Fair. You're now not you're not officially a fair walker, but I could tell you you are. Oh, you, you don't look. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm noticing. I'm telling you, are you okay? You seemed sad earlier. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like my story about being shirtless. Uh, oh, you're welcome. You're going to be a part of this mall walking. How about this? You, you seem sad. I'm not going to ask you why. We don't know each other well enough. And you're going to be a fair walker soon, and we'll get to know each other 
Why don't we just walk? Maybe that's why Mary just likes to walk with me. We'll just walk. Okay? We'll just walk. And if you want to talk, you can talk. And we'll just walk. And if you decide to talk, you can talk. But otherwise, we'll just walk. We're just walking. Let's go. We're walking now. Yeah. It's nice walking. Well, I'll still be talking. I know you're looking at me. But you don't need to talk. So we're going to walk and... And uh, you could even close your eyes, and, and this isn't a, you know, you can uh, pull the way the planters go. You could actually reach your arm out and your hand out and touch them. Oh, you're, you're going to go to your car now. Okay. Oh, yeah, I could, I'll just walk. I'll just finish the day out myself uh, walking. And uh, you have, it was wonderful walking with you. You know, I, I know I'm overstepping things, but I really think you're getting pulling out early. If you do one figure eight, how about we make a deal? You can go to your car. You can drive away and never come back. You might get home. You might, you, you might still be sad. You might not be. We can do one figure eight, and then you can see how your mood is, and, and you can get in your car and drive off. And we're going to do a fancy figure eight for you to... Uh, Okay, so let's just try. Okay, are you ready? Okay, yeah. So we're gonna we're 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 on a, on the proper side of the mall, the right side. We're gonna pick up some pace now. We've got these steps coming up. We're going up the steps. Yep, we are. And by by San by Santa's workshop, we're we're picking up our pace. And okay, here comes here comes that. We're really move. Wow, you are fit. You are a fit young woman. And we're going to, okay, get ready now. We're going to go, we're going to make a, we're going to have to do a fancy, very fancy, because like I said, with the Santa displays, this next one coming up, I'll get three more stairs. And you see how that cuts, we would normally cut right through there, but that's where they have the uh, snowman and Rudolph display. So we're going to make a hard left. I guess we won't be making a figure, figure figure it out. We'll figure out our figure eight. Okay, come on. Hard left. And another hard left. And we're by Cutlery World. We're not coming by there, boys. No jokes today. And another hard left. And we'll go back down. Okay, so we kind of did a U. Oh, I wasn't thinking this out. Uh, don't see how we can do a figure eight. Kind of could do a U. We could do, oh, I know, we'll do a digital eight. That's what we'll do, okay. We're coming up on the uh, Winter Wonderland display. And we're going to make another hard left. And another hard left, which will connect to our old one. Now make a right. Now we're going in the wrong direction of traffic. And let's just keep going. And let's pick up our pace even more. Oh, you're going to jump over the off step. Whoa, wow, you jumped off all the steps. Those kangaroo, you're like a little kangaroo. And okay, we're going. Now we're going to get, we're getting our pace going. Right by Santa, by Santa's workshop. Now we're going to do another double right, right. Right past the by fountain of shame, I call. And another right. And we're going against traffic again. <laughs> we are rebelling, rebelling, rebelling. Oh, you want to jump up the stairs. 
like we're salmon spawning. Are we going to spawn up there? No. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, we made it. That was fun. That was so much fun. That was so much fun. We're almost done with our digital aid. Let's go all the way to Cutlery World. What do you say? Okay. That was, wow. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Um, we can go get an Orange Julius. And, uh, you know what? Maybe that's a little bit too much for you. You just seem down. And we had our deal. And you're smiling. So let's just call it a day. And you can think about rejoining the Mall Walkers. Yes, it was very, oh, it was a pleasure. And you can just leave a message on Mary's. Yeah, leave a message with Mary. Call her. And she screens all her calls with her um, answering machine. So, you know, you're not out to get her or whatever she thinks. And leave her a message and say, you want to join up? And she will take your check um, for administrative purposes. I don't know why we why we have dues. I've asked her before. And she just tells me to mind my P's and Q's. But it was wonderful. Okay, just have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. And I'm just going to get my stretching in here. What a nice, nice day at the mall. What a wonderful afternoon. Or I guess it was a morning, is it? Not even close to noon. I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of the day. Price to me, I'll go back down and we're going to watch that Santa's workshop for a while. See, it'll brighten me up. Yeah, if I wasn't, um, what I'm going to do is look in on there. It's all this fake snow is made from cotton. So poofy. I can't tell you what I'm going to climb over the fence here. I'm over the fence. I'm eating the cotton. I'm snuggling in the cotton. I'm just going to snuggle in this cotton. Soft as a cloud, I'm going to take a little nap. I'll put my thumb in my mouth. No, I won't do that. I'm kidding. Ah, I'm floating on a cloud of cotton. Snowman and Rudolph close by. Just drifting off into sleep. So wonderful. And the dream of Christmas in July. Because it's a little slice of paradise. Oh, yes, so great. Thank you. Good night. I will sleep until I will dream of the woman and the kangaroos. Hopefully when I wake again, it will be time to mall walk with her two days from now. Good evening. Oh, sleep with me. It's a podcast that puts you to sleep. Are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, can't get to sleep? Well, you're in the right place. We're going to create a safe place where you can set aside any racing thoughts, worries, troubles, work stuff, personal stuff, whatever. When you put that aside, we're going to distract you with a little story. But as the story goes on, it's going to get a little bit less and less interesting, less engaging, and you're going to drift off into dreamland. Now, that's the goal. This is a podcast. You crawl in bed, you turn out the lights, and you press play. And you fall asleep. That's what we do here. Uh, if it's your first time here, welcome. I don't know how better to explain it. It's a podcast to fall asleep to. Now, we're not here to sell any sleep sessions or sleep vitamins or supplements or 
um, neural wavelength therapy or I'm not any kind of hypnotist or any of that bullshit is part of my French. I'm just here to tell boring bedtime stories. I love doing it. Uh, and it seems to work. So if you're, you're here, try it out. I hope it works for you. If it doesn't, no big deal. I'm not, I'm just putting in the time. You're putting in some time to listen. You know, no loss. But if it works for you, welcome. I'm glad you're joining us here. And I hope I do help you fall asleep. Um, what? You can find us on the web at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Get a hold of me by email if you have any feedback, questions, comments, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can reach me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter, and I post sleep news there. And, uh, it's a good place to interact and say hi. Uh, we have, Sometimes we post uh, bloopers on Facebook irregularly and inconsistently. So if, you, if you're looking for that kind of attention, that kind of relationship, you'll get it on Facebook. I'm glad you're here. If you're a fan of the podcast and you got some extra time, why don't you go, you know, tell some people about it if it really works for you. You know, tell friends or go somewhere on the Internet where people that can't sleep go. Like if when you can't sleep before you found this podcast, did you go exchange info on Reddit or somewhere else or not? I don't know. You know, spread the word by some way that I don't know how to spread it by. If that makes any sense, but yeah, let's uh, let's uh, help you fall asleep tonight. All right, folks, this is a recovered audio coming up here from my second conversation with my neighbor Ray Perkins about his day two trip to Walt Disney World. And since I'm going to be out of town on vacation, I'm trying to make sure I have an episode, three episodes a week for you. And this came at the perfect time. I was able to uncover this audio. And it's going to be here for you. For anyone that hasn't heard Ray Perkins before, uh, day one of his vacation and day three of his vacation are up somewhere. You'll see I'm uh, trending Tuesday episodes, I think. And just look for Disney in the title. And he's a, he's a wonderfully pleasant guy. And he likes to talk about Disney stuff. So that's it. Uh, I'm going to turn things over virtually to my neighbor Ray. And I'm glad... I know he'll be happy when he finds out that we recovered his audio. Well, hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming back, Scooter. I'm so pleased to be back on your show. And, uh, well, Ray, it's great to have you. Um, I gotta be honest, thus far, I've only heard from one fan, which was my father, and he really liked you. Oh, well, that's just wonderful. No, no, no other fans emailed me. Uh, uh, oh, asked for my phone number, said, Oh, that Ray, he's just the best. No. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. You don't need to. You, they know that Ray does not need the attention. I'm not an attention seeker, Scooter. You see, uh, it's fine. That's fine. Ray doesn't. Yeah, that's fine. Well, you know, I, I'm sorry. Ray. I shouldn't have, That was kind of not nice of me. No, no. You, you, you were trying to make some humor. I know. You, you're trying to. You're like an interviewer. You're like a young well, you know, you know Charlie Rose, and you, you know, I think that Charlie Rose is a good interviewer. Larry King, and then uh, Terry Gross and Howard Stern, and then not not in that particular order. I'm a, I'm partial to the theater of the mind, like we're doing today. Theater of the mind, they call it totem. You remember Bill King on the uh, Oakland A's broadcaster? 
He liked to say totem. He also didn't like to use ATM machines, but I like... So I'm, I'm just, just saying I love Terry Gross. I love Howard Stern. Okay, Ray, um, uh, so I, I say hello to your dad. Hi, dad. Scooter's a... Uh, he's a strange child you have. I'm sorry that he's not more... Uh, but he's got this podcast. Maybe things are going to start happening for him. There's uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of so much as embarrassed, but... uh. Uh, okay, thanks, thanks, Ray. Uh, I'm just getting you back there for, you know, you had to point out that I don't have any fans, and even though I have, I do have feelings, I might be a positive guy, but I have feelings. Okay, Ray, let's just, uh, how about we just move on? Oh, well, let's just move on then. I, I'm, don't worry, I'm not mad anymore. So, Ray, we were talking about your vacation, and now th- this is an attempt to win you back but I found I thought your podcast was wonderful. Now maybe you don't rock the boat with controversy, or maybe you were so good you just put everyone to sleep right away. But I thought you were great. I, I listened to your episode, and I really enjoyed it. So I thought we'd come back tonight and uh, and talk to you a little more. It's been a been a little while, but so can we pick up where we last left? You last left off. You were in the Magic Kingdom. You went on some rides. And this, you met this woman who was a video star, and then you called her. Can we pick up? And then she said she was going to come meet up with you. Cause, so we're going to pick up right there. So you called her. We we could go. Could we go back over the whole when you? Well, maybe that's not a good radio podcast. But uh, if you give me more details, especially about the things you said and your body language, whatever, you know, just can you go through? Okay, okay, Scooter, let me, uh, why don't you scoot over a bit? I'm going to take over the mic over here. Uh, hello again, everybody. We we had a little intro. It seemed a little flubbed, in my opinion, in my opinion only. And I'm proud to be here again tonight to, uh, you know, talk to you. I know you're trying to sleep, so I'm going to do my best to, to uh, keep it under control. We were talking about my vacation, my first day, day one. My first full day was in the Magic Kingdom in the morning. And then you wanted me to talk about my friend. My friend, I'm not going to be talking about my friend. Uh, We're going to want to skip over that. The next day, normally, like I said, I like to get up in the morning. But I was a little little tired. I was a little tired and I needed a little uh, extra napping and resting in the morning. And then I had myself a sumptuous buffet of of wonder. And then I had breakfast, if you know what I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. And then Ray, uh, you know, basked a little. I, I went to the pool. I did a, I had a swim. I sang a couple tunes. And then it was time I said to myself, Ray, what are you going to do today? Your, your friend is gone now. She's gone back to the VidCon or wherever she was going. And uh, what are we going to do with our day? We we have a, a lovely afternoon, and yeah, we're vacationing, we're resting. But what what do you say, Ray? What what do you want to do? And so I, I decide I'm going to go back to uh, to uh, the Epcot. I'm, well, no, no. So I say sooner or later I'm going to need to eat some dinner. So I decide I'm going to go to the Epcot Center. It's a wonderful place. Now, the Epcot, Epcot stands for... Uh, Experimental Prototype Community of Tamara. And, uh, I'm pretty sure that the Walt Disney, he had in mind, uh, you know, building a city with modern technology 
and green belts and public transportation, but those dreams were crushed by, uh, I don't know, I don't know specifically whom. It could have been the people uh, in his company looking at the bottom line. It could have been his brother Roy, though I hear good things about Roy. And uh, Vivian, Vivian Disney, I, I don't know if she's was married to Roy or Walter or was a sister. I don't know these things. Or maybe a child. I don't, I'm not a, a Walt Disney historian. They do have a thing in one of the parks, a Walt Disney story. I, I, I recommend checking it out. We have uh, over here in the Bay Area in San Francisco on the Presidio uh, movie with uh, Meg Ryan and that man who's on one of the CIS shows, uh, Mark Harmon. They were in a movie called The Presidia, but we have the Walt Disney Family Museum there. So we, if I wanted to learn about him, I will learn about him at some point. But uh, so he had this whole idea for the city. Like I said, they said, now nah, let's just put some rides and stuff in there. So, but they have, it's a good place to have dinner. Let me tell you, it's a, and for, for a person that loves to walk, a walker like me, plenty of walking to do. Another thing, another tip. It's uh, going to be evening. I'm, I'm leaving my hotel about uh, 6 p.m. The, this, the heat of the day is starting to uh, flitter away. Now, sometimes Florida, they have themselves a nice thunderstorm, but uh, they had a nice thunderstorm about 2, 3 o'clock. It cooled it down about 10 degrees. Then you give it a couple more hours, and it's cool, even cooler. It's much, much, much pleasanter. So I go out of my hotel, I get on the bus to the Epcot Center, and old Ray, he's uh, back in back in the high life again, I'm riding the bus. Now, remember I talked about the bus riding. Now, the afternoon bus riders are different than the morning bus riders. You could tell who's had a rest and uh, who's had a nap or a swim at the hotel because they are re-energized or, you know, up for another Another afternoon in the park. They seem happy, excited. And then you have your people that are a little bit beaten down. Maybe they started thinking about the money. Maybe they got too much sun. They got a sunburn. Whatever. But I'm still tickled pink with anticipation of the Epcot Center. And so I get to the Epcot Center. It's a little bit of a walk from the bus uh, to the uh, front gates of the park. I walk. I, now, a little another tip from Ray. When you're walking from the bus area, there's a nice bathroom before you even get in the park. You can go in there. You can use the bathroom if you need to. You can freshen up. Now, they used to have the Borax oh, soap. I think it was called Boraxo. It was a pink powdered soap. Wonderful for the hands. Wonderful. So it was wonderful on the hands, my friend. Uh, made, made your hands so soft, but they got rid of that one day. I don't know. Poor Walter Disney, his dreams of having a city of tomorrow and pink powdered soap. The, the, the bean counters are behind it, I'm sure. Or maybe somebody said, oh, I don't like the pink soap. It's so strange to me. I, I don't understand it. I love the pink soap. I looked for it on the Amazon. Could not find the, the pink soap. So if you know where to get some pink soap, Baraxo. I guess it would make a mess of my kitchen and my bathroom. So maybe, maybe forget the whole thing. So I get in, I use the restroom in the outside of the park. Then they check your bags. Ray's got no bag. I'm not a, I'm not the type of guy to wear a, 
a waist uh, thingamajig. I have a light jacket, as I like to tell you. I have my magic band on my wrist that has my credit card in there, my park ticket, so my hotel key. So I go into the Epcot Center now. It has the big golf ball out front. They call that a version of tomorrow or something, a spaceship Earth. That's what they call it. It's a beautiful silver ball. I love to look at it at uh, night. They're going to light it up. But right now it's just a late afternoon sky, early evening sky. And it's beautiful and it's silver. And it's just, it's huge. It's uh, spectacular to look at. You can walk under there. You go in there. That's for my first stop. Is a, a little bit of a ride on the U- universe of tomorrow. Oh, Spaceship Earth or whatever, like the Spaceship Earth, they call it. So you get in line there. The line moves pretty fast. Now, let me tell you, I know a lot of you with this, you think this Disney stuff is nonsense. Some people are hardcore Disney fans. I myself am uh, somewhere in between the two. But this Spaceship Earth, it runs on this ride called the Omnimover, which is a train that runs through the whole ride, not a choo-choo train runs on a track, but there's cars, all, there's only one car. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, there's uh, seats. You get in this little domed seat thing or a car, two to four people, and then there's a car right behind you and a car after that forever. That's a big loop of cars. So there's not usually a wait because there's always a seat coming and always a seat going, I guess. Now, I know Ray could be clearer, but you get on the ride and you go through and it has the animatronic figures and it gives you a little history of communications presented by AT&T, I believe, but I'm not sure about that. Talks about your Phoenicians and your newspapers and your printing press, your Gutenberg, the whole nine yards. They even got a little Steve Jobs in there, I believe. And it's, it's a nice little ride, air-conditioned. You have uh, the lovely lady, uh, it used to be for a while, it was Walter Cronkite on there. Love Walter Cronkite. Wonderful voice. Much, no offense, Scooter. Then they had Mr. Jeremy Irons. Now, I don't know if it was when he played the evil uh, uh, lion guy. Probably around the same time because of Michael Eisner. He was big on Synergy, which was a cross-promotion type thing. We got Jeremy Irons playing Ska the Lion. Let's get him to uh, replace Walter Cronkite. Jeremy Irons, lovely voice, but uh, I don't know. And now they have Helen Mirren, I believe, is a voice on the ride. A lovely voiced woman, again. It could be Dame Judi Dench, I'm not sure, but whatever. Very nice. Change is good. I miss Walter Cronkite, but at the same time, I could listen to Helen Mirren or... Judy Dench talk all day. Probably Helen Mirren, I believe. She has a slightly more uh, authoritative tone to her voice. Uh, you like how I said that? Authoritative tone. That wasn't me doing Helen Mirren, by the way. So I get off of this ride. There's like some nonsense where AT&T tries to promote stuff and you can play around with some videos. Ray doesn't, you know, I'm not into that. Now I walk out of Spaceship Earth. There's another bathroom if you come out to the, I think there might be one on either side, but I didn't have to go, so raise off on a walk. Now, let me tell you about this Epcot. It's split into two places. You got your future world and your world showcase. 
future world has the rides. It has Spaceship Earth, Soren, Imagination Ride, a Seas Ride, a Space Ride, a Car Ride. And that might be it. Oh, there's like a, a universe of energy. But Ray's going to dinner. I'm going to the World Showcase. I'll come back to the future world on another trip. But so I'm going to the uh, World Showcase. And that is like a little bit of a a World's Fair meets a shopping mall, meets a theme park, meets uh, maybe even a little uh, tiny bit of a Renaissance Fair, depending on the country. Now, when you get in there, you get into the World Showcase, you go through the future world, you walk down this path, and the future world, the World Showcase is over. It The countries are around a circle, around a lagoon, where they have a little nighttime show with fireworks and lasers and music called Luminations, which Ray will be checking out for sure. But so uh, you could go through the countries. Now, you can go left or you can go right and start your circle. So you can go clockwise. You can go counterclockwise. Now, I don't know why, but I always go right. Now, and I can't even, I tried to go left. It just doesn't work for me. Now, I'm not sure if that's like a, I'm a left-handed guy. I don't know if that has to do with it. I don't know if it's that it's clock, one's clockwise and one's counterclockwise. And I'm just a contrarian. I'm not sure if that's the reason why. And, uh, so whatever I get into, I go to the right. The first country's Canada. Now, Canada, they have a nice uh, steak restaurant there. A little pricey for Ray's taste as far as the, it's not a dry aged beef. I'm no snob. But if I'm going to pay over $35 for a steak, even over $28.99 or so, I want it to be some dry-aged beef. And we don't need to get into a whole beef cast here, Scooter. But uh, just a note, it's a nice restaurant. I would go there. But it's just a little pricey and you got to, it's a little. So Ray does not go to that restaurant. But Canada has a movie starring Martin Short. They have a little garden there. So I like to go there. They have a beer on draft. I usually like to get myself a beer on draft. Now they, they have a moosehead lager. I prefer a Labatt or a, a Canadian, Molson Canadian or some such, but a, a moosehead's just fine. It's a 7 p.m. It's hot. It's sweating. It's fine. So I have myself a drink. Now you also want to get, want to get this little piece of paper. It's called a times guide. And it has the times of all the shows. Now, all these little countries, they have their own little show. Some have one, some have two, some have none. But the Canada, they have a kilt group that plays uh, rock and roll covers in kilts called uh, Off Kilter, I believe is the name of the group. And they have a little bagpipe. So I ha- they stop playing and they play like a Led Zeppelin and a Rush Tom Sawyer, I believe which is good because they're Canadian rockers. So it's funny. They play the American, I don't know, I guess Led Zeppelin's from the from England. And then they play Rush, which is from Canada. And then I'm not sure if they played a U.S. They played some of their own music. So I'm not sure if they're from Canada, Scotland, or the U.S. of A., but wonderful. And then I move on. So I say, okay, that's enough, Ray. Let's go to the next country. The next country is this lovely place called England. 
And they have the red phone booths. They have a restroom. Oh, Canada. I don't know if Canada must have a restroom. I don't remember it, though. But England does. You can go to the restroom right before you go into England. And that's where the phone booth, I think, is. You get into England on the left-hand side is the Rose and the Crown Pub and Restaurant. Now, I'm not really hungry yet, but uh, you could go in there. They have a piano player. They have a bartender's. They make drinks, you know, real drinks if you need a drink. But Ray's in a, you know, I'm in a walking mood. So I keep walking through England and I take a stroll down the path of England and you go through some shops and it makes you look like you're in London town. And then they have a little garden in back. Now, Ray, you might say, Ray, what are you doing? I'm having a seat in the garden. They have a Beatle cover band playing. Now, I can't remember if they're like the Sunspots or the Beatles invasion or the British invasion. Maybe I'm not sure, but they're dressed like a little bit like the Beatles and a little bit like Spinal Tap somewhere in between. It's a little bit entertaining. I always sit there and I wonder myself, Ray, what, what are these guys' lives like? This Disney cover band. Do they, where else do they work? How much does Disney pay them? I'd like to grab them after the show and say, what does Disney pay you? Do you have to teach, like, history during the, you know, during your days off? Are you a history teacher and then you're doing this? Or are you earning your living as a as a troubadour? Of, what's your lifestyle, you know? I wonder, I worry about these guys, but they're good. It's a nice evening, and I'm sitting there enjoying the show, and then the, the set is over, and they say, ay, 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 bye, we'll be back later. And uh, and sit this nice man sitting next to me with his legs crossed. I say, how you doing? He says, I'm fine. How are you? I say, that was a lovely uh, piece of music. He says, it was. And I say, you know, I just saw the kilt band over that kilt, tilted the kilt. And now I'm here for this. I'm looking at, I'm going to look over my schedule. If you don't mind, what, what are you doing today? And he said, oh, I'm just uh, out and about I'm just out and about with me, uh, me grandkids and me, uh, you know, my, me son and his, me daughter and there. And he tells me all this stuff. I said, what's your name? He says, I'm Wiggins. Pleased to meet you. And I say, are you Wiggins? Is he, Wiggins your first? I'm Ray. Ray. Pleased to meet you too. But is Wiggins your first name or your last name? Do you mind me asking? And he says, as a matter of fact, I'm Wiggins. I'm Wiggins is my first name. And I say, well, that's quite a first name you got there, Wiggins. Do people call you like Wiggity or Wig or what do they call you? He says, oh, they just call me Wiggins. And I say, that's uh, interesting, Wiggins. Is that a two-syllable Wiggins? Wiggins, Wiggins. But I guess over there, they say Wiggins, Wiggins. Like kind of like wagons, if you say wagons fast, Wiggins, Wiggins. So, uh. I say it's a love. What what are you doing after this? Are you gonna are you gonna stay in your own country? Are you wandering around the uh, lagoon? And he says, "Oh, we're gonna have some uh, French food at a restaurant over there in France, and then we're gonna watch the Lazer Show." And then he's like, "And then I'm gonna go home and go to bed for the love of, because I'm paying for all this, and it's making me crazy." And I say, "You poor man." Oh. You could be as free as this bird here. I'm just flapping around the Epcot Center and uh, 
enjoying myself. And I said, it's about time for me to get flapping because there's a, a mime magician I'm missing over in France. And I will see you later, Mr. Wiggins. And so I get walking and I get to, I realize I watch, I look at my, my I don't have my watch because I have my magic band, but I have my cellular phone in my pocket. So uh, I look and I realize I'm missing the mime. So I go into France now. There's only a little bit to do there. There's like a gelato stand or a French ice cream, glaces. There's like a champ perfume and a few other things. And there's a wine tasting and stuff. So I say to myself, right, you're on vacation. You had two beers. Why don't you keep the bubbly going? And we'll go into the, to the wine stand, the wine shop in there and have ourselves a, a little champagne. And toast ourselves, my friends. So I go in, and there's uh, some lovely young people in there. It's not very busy. And I say, how you doing? And they say, uh, bonjour, I think, is hello. And, or is that thank you or whatever? I'm not sure. And I say, uh, s'il vous plaît, English. And they say, oui, oui. And uh, there's a young man. His name is Jacques, not Cousteau. I said, uh, you're not Jacques Cousteau, are you? And he has a laugh, and then he starts talking to some old woman who's asking if they have any uh, Pinot Noir. But I say to the young woman, I say, uh, you know, I'm looking for some champagne. I'm celebrating. And she says, oh, what are you celebrating? I said, uh, meeting you. <laughs> and she says, oh. And she laughs at me like she's a uh, cute old man for joking with her, you know. And she says, well, these are the champagnes we have. And I say, well. What do you think? Do you drink champagne? You can be honest with me. I'm not, I know they probably tap into you. They, they listen to everything you're saying. Now that I should tell you, they have the actual French kids working in France. And the way they do it is I think if you're in, I'm not sure it could be exploitative. Ray does not want to speak in the, I'm speaking in generalities here. I'm not speaking in specifics, but I'm under the assumption they, these are college kids from France. They come over and work for a bit. They get the experience. They get to see Orlando. I guess that's maybe not the greatest, uh, but whatever. So they're the they're real French uh, folks. Obviously, if it was an American, I would have cracked wise a little different. So I say, okay. Well, she says, no, I don't drink a champagne. So what do you like to drink? She says, uh, she says, you know, I don't, uh, I don't drink the uh, alcohol. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not a drinker, but I could tell you that, uh, we have, uh, an NA sparkling, uh, grape that is just lovely. And she's like, why don't you try that? And I say, twist my arm, twisted. I say, serve me up this NA wine or whatever you call it, a sparkling grape. And she says, I'd love to. And I say, uh, what's your name? And she says, uh, Yvette, and I say, oh, well, it's good to know you. And uh, she says, where are you from? I say, San Francisco Bay Area. And she says, I hear that place is lovely. I say, oh, it is, it is. And where are you from in uh, France? And she says, a place like, I don't know. I'm just being straight with you people. I didn't hear what she said or understand. I think it was, I best I could say is Bordeaux, but I don't think it was that. And I say, oh, is that, uh, you know, is that where you live with your family? And she said, oh, well, I'm a student. 
And no, I just, uh, that's where I live. And uh, I came here to, and I said, what do you think of this heat and this humidity? And she says, oh, and she waves and rolls her eyes. Very cute. And I said, well, it's been lovely talking to you, Yvette. I'll, uh, maybe I'll cross paths with you again. Maybe not, but I've got to be on my way. So we leave France and now, uh, Hello again, my friends. I just had a terrible coughing fit with a little bit of a dizziness there, so I just took a little bit of a break, but it's your friend Ray. I'm back again. Now I think when we left off, we're in the uh, country de France, and uh, I can't remember because I was coughing so hard there. It was a little bit scary, but don't worry, Ray's fine. Just a little, uh, just a little uh, allergies. But so I was in France. Now, I think I forgot to mention, my friends, that uh, there's a movie in France. I don't. It's called Impressions of France. I did not see it. So I stroll along after France. I'm thinking it's, I can't remember what time of night it is, uh, 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night. I'm looking forward to the fireworks show in a few, in a few hours. I stroll into my next country is Morocco. And a lot of you might be like, Morocco, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's Morocco doing in Walt Disney's Vacation Kingdom. Well, buy yourself a history book, my friends, because I'm not even going to address if that's the tone you're taking with me. I'm not having it. But if you're saying just, huh, that's interesting, Morocco's there, I happen to agree with you, and I happen to think it's wonderful. And guess what, my friends? I'm about to have my dinner, because what could be more wonderful than being in a generic theme park situation and having a little Moroccan food, they have a little cafe called uh, the Tangerine Cafe. It's kind of like a something you might see in a strip mall here in California or one of your other cities that has a population from around the world. But they serve uh, kebab-type things. So I get myself a, uh, a shawarma, I believe. And it's quality food, folks. So I sit down. It's a lovely uh, summer evening in Florida. The sun's on its way down. I'm eating my shawarma. I'm smelling my shawarma meat. Uh, my, it's a grilled chicken. I have myself a pot, a soda, a Coca-Cola. Oh, no, no. Do I have a Dr. Pepper? I had a Dr. Pepper or Mr. Pepper. I don't know what they serve there, but uh, Ray loves I love that flavor, but I'm drinking my soda. I'm enjoying my food. And then I hear the sweet sounds of more live music, my friends. A little band called Mo Rockin' that uh, the Disney, I'm sure they hired some consultant to figure that up idea. But Mo Rockin' takes the stage and they're uh, playing, uh, it's it's not that different from the kilt, but they're playing uh, uh, Moroccan style music mixed with American style rock and roll. And to be honest, I don't remember any. I was trying to eat my sandwich. I was watching. I was just enjoying the music in the background. It added to a little bit of the ambiance. And then I finish my food. I bust my table, my tray. And then I'm ready for an. And then I see a, a, a little belly dancer. And I'm listening to the Moroccan Mo rocking. I'm dancing. I'm kind of feeling it. I'm watching the sun go down. And they have this belly dancing. She's doing some belly dancing with the, uh, I've always been uh, interested with the things in the hands, the uh, castaneta type thing. I don't know what they call it there. But she was, uh, it was, 
So then I decided to, wait, 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 wait. so there's a belly dancer? Did you talk to the belly dancer or anything? No, my friend, I'm embarrassed to say this in front of the public or even you. And this is going to sound a little strange. Ray is afraid of belly dances. Now, I, I don't understand. I don't know if something happened when I was a young man before I uh, formative memories. And it's quite so. Yeah, I had to move on. I, that's what I, I was trying to beat around the bush. But then you bring it up. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm going to go walking on to the next country with the I was going to make it a pleasant segue into they have a nice uh, bazaar there for shopping and stuff in the Morocco and historical information. But no, you have to bring up the belly dancers. So have Ray will be honest. Ray, I'm afraid of belly dancers. It's something intimidating. And uh, I don't know uh, what this podcast is rated, but this isn't dirty at all. But it is something disturbing to me on a uh, a uh, physical level. I don't know what it is. It makes me feel uncomfortable and afraid. Holy crap, Ray. I'm sorry to bring this up. Well, it's okay, my friend. It's not a, it's not like I'm a, I have a tortured memory, but I just say, okay, there's a belly dancer. I need to move on. And luckily this wasn't a professional situation where I was hosting or I had to be, I'm, I'm just cruising by myself, my friend. So I just say, let the rubber meet the road. Those people can have the belly dancer. I'll probably have some belly dancer-related nightmare tonight, but that's okay. That's tonight. Ray's going to enjoy the rest of his night before the nightmare where the belly dancer comes to get me. Or just stare. It's a, it's a staring thing. I don't know if that's what happened when I was when they make their eye contact with me. There's something. Uh, I don't know how they do their eyes. The belly dancer's eyes are different than... Uh, it's just, it, I, yeah, right, just, you can move on. It's okay. You've, you've been honest. Okay, my friend, thank you, because I'm terribly, uh, I'm sweating a bit. But so I move on from Morocco, and I leave that belly dancer behind, like the memories I try to push down deep inside Ray, that he doesn't like, and that he's, say, say, okay, right, what was the next country? Oh, so the next country, thank you, my friend. Now the next country on our tour around the World Showcase Lagoon. Now, one more thing about the uh, Morocco. Morocco, You could catch a little boat there to go back to the front of the park if need to be. It's not going to, if you're that lazy, to, you could just walk it. It's probably just as fast to walk, but you could take a boat too, a nice little boat ride. It's indoors, so that's not my cup of tea. If I'm in a boat, I like to be outside in a boat. But anyway. So we're in Japan now. They have a pagoda with, uh, you know, the levels. And that's nice to see there. And then they have uh, a giant, uh, like the Macy's of Japan. I don't know what they call it, but they it's a very big uh, shopping uh, department store there. And I'm full. My belly's full. And I said, Ray, what's a, what's a man to have uh, in Japan for dessert? And then I say to myself, huh, well, I know I got a Italy and Germany coming up. Let's not. So I have myself some soft candy that I buy in the, in the store there. They also have candies made of squid and shrimp, I believe, but you could probably get that anywhere nowadays. And I don't, I don't know if they have a movie in Japan, but they have the Taiko drummers and they were starting, you know, they, they schedule these, musical acts so you could move right from one to another 
So these young men are playing the taiko drums, the giant drums. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. And it's a lovely thing, my friend. And I just say, I sit by the, I stand by the water and I listen to the drums. Now people are getting a little pushy now because it's getting close to dark and they want to stake out the spots for this, uh, illuminations reflection of earth is what they call the show that they have on the lagoon there. So people are giving me a little bit of a hard time. So I say, okay, okay, Ray's not here to step on toes. I'm just, and then I realize, Ray, up behind the pagoda, there's a little uh, garden. Why don't you go up there, do a little people watching? So I go up to the garden. I'm just listening. They have like water flowing. You wouldn't even know you're in the middle of a, a park full of people running around claiming the spots and, and that there's, just uh, paces away, there's a belly dancer somewhere, probably changing out of a belly dancing clothes and probably putting on more eye makeup and stuff. But I'm in this garden. I'm relaxed. I'm at peace, my friend. And then I look down, I see uh, people walking, people streaming. And I say, Ray, we are on vacation, my friend. We already had a day at the Magic Kingdom. We had a night that I won't soon forget. And now we have a little, in a morning that was pretty wild too. And now we're at Epcot Center, having ourselves some fun. And we got a belly full of shawarma. We had a little bit of candy. And it's time to move on from Japan, my friends. Now the uh, next country on our world tour, would you believe it, is America. Uh, now, uh, now, you might say a lot of things that the Disney has America Pavilion inside of uh, world countries, even though we're in America and we're in the most, uh, you know, a theme park environment, which is very, it's not just American, it's a worldwide phenomenon, but uh, you could say it. But but I don't want to get into a debate here, my friends, because they have this thing there called the American Adventure, and it is this, sh- this uh, show, multi-sensory show with... Uh, uh, ben Franklin, I believe, and more, uh, Mark Twain, and they go through the history of the world with these giant sets, and everything's done by, uh, auto animatronics. And it's just wonderful. Now, I did not go to see it at this particular time because I was strolling and getting ready for the show, the outdoor show. But I highly recommend it, my friends. It's like history come to life, it's inspirational, it's air conditioned. It's relaxing. It just just lifts your spirits. They also have a singing group there called the Voices of Liberty, my friend. And uh, they sing some lovely songs, uh, a cappella, I think. And that's uh, before the show in this rotunda. That makes you feel like you're in some sort of, you know, Philadelphia situation. Or Washington, D.C. Feels like a little bit of a historical Sight. So that's the American adventure. I grab myself an American beer and I walk on. And then the next country after America, I believe. Oh, my Ray, is it Italy or is it Germany, Ray? I don't remember, my friends. Would you believe that? Let me think. Let me think about going to the bathroom because that'll get it for me. There's a. 
Let's see if I go up. There's the trains, and Germany has the trains, and there's bathrooms by the trains, which is after. So, yeah, Italy is next, my and I don't know if there's a restroom in Italy. I'm sure there is somewhere. But I, I go to Italy. They got, like, a St. Mark's Square, I think they call it. Now, they used to have uh, performers there all the time. I did not see any performers there, which I thought was strange. But the show was coming up soon. Now they have a pizza place there, which is kind of new. And they serve more New York-style Italian. I don't know if they call it Italian-style or New It's New York-style pizza. You know, most of the pizza you get in these theme parks is garbage, but this is decent pizza. But Ray's already full. So I just do a stroll through. I say, say, how you doing? How you doing, folks? Having a, you know, there's people making wishes in a wishing well or a fountain, wishing fountain. And uh, then I go on to Germany now. Like I said, there's a nice restroom with a model train set in front of it. I use the restroom. I'm forlorn for my Baraxo pink powdered soap. I go into Italy. I get a sweet pretzel. And I think they have like a bakery there. And I believe I got some other baked goods, but I can't remember. And now, my friends, I realize I made a bit of an error. Because uh, it's like T minus 10 minutes to the show. There's fire, uh, these fire stands with fire. And there's an out, uh, illuminations or reflection. Uh, it's going to start in about 10 minutes, folks. Get your spot on the lagoon. Because I like to watch my uh, sh- the show from uh, the UK. Because I got a spot there that I like to. But I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to make it there. And now what am I going to do? Oh, dear. It's so busy. People are standing. I said, Ray, Ray, Ray. You're on vacation, buddy. It's going to be fine. You got some baked goods. You got a pretzel. You got some roll, sweet roll. I get myself a, uh, I have a couple more sips of my American lager. And I say, this things are going to be just fine. And I park myself, in, I'm going to park myself in front of uh, Germany. And I say, why don't you keep going, my friend? Keep this party going 10 minutes. Why sit around? So I stroll from Germany. Now there's a little bit of a a dead zone between Germany and the next country, I believe, is China. So uh, I stroll, and then I realize I'm on this bridge. And I realize this bridge, there's a, a railing. No one's staking it out for some reason. I don't know why. Probably because it's not near any uh, pavilions. But I say, Ray, let's park it here and watch the show. And uh, we wait five minutes. I'm standing there. A couple of people come up and stand next to me. I say, you're going to watch this show? And they say, oh, yeah, we're going to watch this show, too. I say, where are you from? They say, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was a young couple, uh, two men together. And I say, wow, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I just, uh, you know, recently watched Wayne's World. I don't know if you're familiar with Wayne's World. And they nodded politely like, Who's this old man talking about Wayne's World to us? This is strange. And I say, you know, Alice Cooper. You know who Alice Cooper is, young men? And they nod. And I say, you know, he's kind of like a satanic type heavy meddler. Not really, but that's his image. He makes a cameo in Wayne's World. He talks about Milwaukee. Calls it Milwaukee. And they also do a Laverne and Shirley type thing in Wayne's World. And I, I forgot it. I don't know how well it stands up, but I rewatched it. It's, it's not bad. It's, 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 uh, 
they do comedy different nowadays, and that's even though that's not that long ago. And I'm sure that style of comedy, but they were just like, uh, you know, they didn't want to hear it because Ray was like, maybe it was the uh, belly dancer. I was not in my, I was not interacting. I was talking to these men instead of just talking with them. So I say, thank you, my friends. I say, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your vacation and a safe return to uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, uh, and uh, I turn to my left. And would you believe I hear coming, running, the sound of shoes. And I hear Ray, Ray, Ray. And it is my uh, Ray, Ray, Ray. And it is my friend from France. And she is no longer in her traditional garb. It's my friend from France. And she says, I remember you from France. You had the uh, N.A. uh sparkling grape juice. And I say, oh, yes, it is. My name is Ray. You were... uh uh, I forgot your name, but you're lovely. And she told me a name, which I still don't remember. And I say, oh, I was just going to watch the show. Are you so tired of the show? You don't want to ever watch it again? And she says, oh, I'll tell you, I don't do a good French thing. But she says, I'll watch the show with you. If you watch the acrobats in China with me after. And I say, for, for certainly, what a nice surprise. And uh, she said, oh, I was just, uh, you know, she says she was inspired by my love at Disney and she decided to take the rest of the night off and just have a night by herself to stroll around. And she was like, I was wondering if we'd run into each other. I doubted it, but uh, she thought she said it would have been nice. And so, uh, she says, hold my spot for me and I'm going to go get a bubble tea or something. And she runs off again. And the guys from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, they're giggling. And because she's a beautiful, beautiful young woman, probably, well, probably I, we won't even discuss it. But uh, and they say, "What is that? Is that your daughter?" I say, uh, "Try again, boys." And then they laugh and they say, "Is that your, you know?" And I say, "Don't worry, she's probably in college, so uh, we're just gonna have a bubble tea and watch some acrobatics." So it's uh, you know, I, I whatever. And they they just laugh and they snuggle up those two young men. And I say, oh, well, it's love is in the air, boys. Love is in the air. And I'm not saying that plutonic non-love can't be in the air either, boys. I'm not a... But so then uh, my sweetie comes back with her bubble tea. She gives me a sip of it. She kisses me on the cheek right away. And then I'm like, oh, boy. And then they say reflections, illumination, earth is about to kick off. And this show starts, and this is a very nice show. It's got lasers, and it's, you know, the technology is probably 25 years old. So you, you'd expect something a little bit more advanced, but it's still very nice. They light up the countries. They shoot off fireworks. There's flames and uh, like a spinning ball with, uh, you know, that's pretty lame, the technology on that thing. But... uh still nice. And I have a little someone to cuddle with and the fireworks are popping and, you know, it's just a wonderful evening. Right. So you, you, I don't, I don't understand. Like this girl's 20, so you're like 40 years. My friend, don't worry. Your life is, is a, is a juicy piece of fruit. You just got to enjoy eating it. 
Sometimes I see you, and you're too, uh, you're biting down and grinding your teeth instead of chewing on fruit. And the fruit wants to be enjoyed. It's out there absorbing the sun. You know, if it, if it's, my friend, you're, you're just too, you gotta relax. So we enjoy the show, and then, because I'm more, I have something about the young French woman, kind of took that cloud of uh, belly dancers away, and these two men start interacting with us. And it was uh, Brad and Tom, I believe, very general names. But so the four of us are starting to hit it off. And then I even admit to them that I had him running with the belly dancer, and I've ter- been terrified. We go watch the acrobatics in China. And there's these young acrobats. Now, that was a little disheartening to Ray, I'll be honest, because you got these young kids doing acrobatics. And I wonder, what are the labor laws? Uh, are these children well taken care of? Who's in charge of them? Are they getting an education? Are they getting paid properly? Are they being exploited? But my French friend, she says, oh, don't worry. You know, we're all being exploited in some way or another. And she said, that's their journey to, uh, so she was a very wise woman, this one. I, again, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm recovered. So anyway, we watch the acrobatics show. Now acrobatics can get the heart of moving. So we decide to we'll call it a night. And I'm, I, like I said, I'm always into, I say, I want to know more about you, but I also want to know what is it like for a young woman here in Orlando? So she says she's going to take me back, show me where she lives. Now she has roommates, so it wasn't going to be any funny business. But she had a car, so uh, we we get a moving and we get out of the park. Now I get to uh, go out the employee way, which was very interesting for me as a, a civilian. I get to see the backstage. And again, I don't know. She's a very lovely woman, so I don't know if these are the rules or the rules were being bent. But, uh, Tom and Brad came with us and we went and we went out and had some cocktails and we went and did some dancing. And then they, they caught a cab, the two young men. And then the two of us, we, uh, we, we, uh, we, uh, so, uh, and that is the summary of my second day in, uh, Walt Disney's vacation kingdom and, uh, my, my evening in Epcot. And I got to see the employee housing, which was interesting. And I still got back to my hotel and got a decent night's sleep because those fireworks, they were over at, well, the, the Disney fireworks were over about 10 o'clock. My, the other fireworks, they were over at some point in the evening. And, uh, race. So is it, do you always, is this like some sort of, uh, thing you do when you go down there? You seduce women. There's been no seduction, my friend. Okay. And no, these are just things that have happened. And maybe these are the only women I was, maybe this is my new girlfriend for all, but you don't know her name. I said her name at one point, so don't get on my case about it, please. This is not nice. Okay. Um, I think you're just intimidated and that's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm not going down there. I'm not some swinging Parvano. Saying, hey, how you doing, uh, baby cakes? You know, I'd like to uh, kiss your face a kind of ton of times. I'm not doing that, my friend. But if you have a little thing and they have a thing for you, you know, why don't you go and see what happens, okay? So I think maybe 
you you need to calm down. That's I, I, I know I just got a little irritated there, and I felt like I snapped at you a bit, so I'm sorry. But, you know, calm down. Don't judge Ray. No, I wasn't judging you. I was just, uh, okay, well, that's how it felt, maybe. Okay, let's, um, well, I'll take a break here. It's good. Everyone should be going to sleep anyway. And we'll just try to do some healing here because, you know, just because you're scared of someone and what they do, even though it doesn't make any sense because a belly dancer is supposed to be some sort of sensual, beautiful thing. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to be the same as everyone. And you could still be okay, okay? And you could still fall asleep just fine. And you don't have to ask people about why they're talking to people or kissing people, okay? It's not like I was asking these two men whether, what, what they were doing, whether you were you just vacationing with men together. You know, it's none of my business. And what I do is none of your business. Sorry, Ray, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I think we... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Scooter. I know, I know. I was just giving you a hard time. And part of his passive-aggressive stuff from the belly dancer. So I think we should just call it a quits because we got some mad, bad mojo. And maybe I need to, you know, call my uh, counselor that I meet with and go get a session in this week about it because I've tried this... Um, this EMDR for post-traumatic sh- incidents like this. And I'm going to keep doing that to try to process it and move on and become a fuller person and more capable of loving kindness. And I'm just glad that you, I have gratitude and thankfulness you invited me here on your show again. Thank you so much. And thank you listeners for, for listening to me. Thank you to his dad and his mom for listening to his show. And uh, he's an oddball. He's got an attitude here around women, some sort of issues he's got. But he's going to be fine. He'll he'll grow up someday. I mean, he should have grown up a long time ago. But everybody works on their own schedule. And you, my friends, that are listening to the sweet, sweet sounds in my voice, you're on your schedule too. It's going to be okay for you. And you're just relaxing in your bed. You're so snuggled up beautifully, so cute, so lovely. If you're comfortable with me saying that, you should be, because I just want to tuck you in and keep you snug and safe and let you know that the world is there for you. And sometimes it might seem scary as a a belly dancer's eyes, but it's not always so scary. And, uh, It might just seem that way. You're safe. You're going to be okay. And thank you so much, my friend. I'm happy to call you that. Good night. Hey, good evening. You up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. You're in the right place. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And we do it with a bedtime story. Tonight it's trending Twitter Tuesday, so I'm going to go on Twitter and see what's trending and make a bedtime story about it. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. The goal of the podcast is to create a safe place where you can put any 
those thoughts running through your brain, saying, picking at you, saying, "Hey, hey, hey, dummy, you forgot the, uh, you forgot to do this," or how come you're not, uh, you know, more successful? Whatever that voice is, it's first off, it's wrong. I'll tell you that. It's taken me a long time to learn that, and I still can't quiet it down, just like you guys. But instead of doing battle with that voice tonight, you just gotta listen to me. I'm gonna distract you from the voice. Can't think about two things at once. It's been proven by some dude that was selling a book. So all you need to do is listen to my bedtime story. And then maybe cuddle up with your voice. Your one of those voices in your head. Maybe they need a little cuddle time, you know? Just because they're unappealing and I, I don't know why I'm going off on a little tangent here. But you, all you need to do is get in bed, turn off the lights, press play, listen to my voice. I'm going to distract you from those thoughts with the story. As the story goes on, it's going to go on a little bit more. And that's going to go on a little bit more after that. It's going to weave its way through fields and places and what go roundabouts. Soon, you're going to be carried off into dreamland. That's what we're trying to do here. Even if you don't fall asleep, I hope this story makes your evening more pleasant and relaxes you. It's a secondary goal. Maybe it's the primary goal. I'm not sure. I'm not the goal. Uh, that's one of the voices I've been trying to know. Oh, boy. Let's not get into goals this late at night. Podcaster, you're supposed to be helping us fall asleep here. But that's what we do here. If this is your first time here, you're probably already, if if, you, if this isn't going to work for you, you probably already pressed stop. So if you haven't pressed stop, you might be uh, like, what is this thing? Yeah, it's a little bit of a nutty thing. It's a podcast where I just talk like this, but I go into imaginary land in a little bit, and we go off and, and we have a little adventure. It might be uh, fun. It might be cute. It might be, uh, you know, all like crazy kabook. I don't, <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's what we do here. Welcome. I hope this podcast helps you fall asleep. If it doesn't, I'm sorry I used up your time, but what harm did I do? You know, I'm not going to try to sell you any crap. So it's, like I said, this is a goal is a safe place. And by safe place, I think, I mean, it's like a no bullshit thing. And I know not everybody loves swearing, but sometimes I like to uh, emphasize stuff with swear words because my vocabulary is limited. Anyway, that's what, that's what this podcast is. We're on the internet, believe it or not, at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. You'll find trending Twitter episodes at www.sleepingpodcast.com slash Tuesdays, I think. Or trending, or both, hopefully. We're on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. Email feedback sleepingpodcast.com. So you can post it on the website. You can get me on Twitter. You can email me. You can um, get me on Facebook at Sleep With Me Podcast or something. Pretty soon. I don't want to titillate you too much, but we're going to have a, we're going to have some snail mail action, I think, soon. But that's coming soon, a little preview of nothing. That's it. Uh, if you have any feedback, comments, questions, shoot them at me. Let me have it. Guns a-blazing. I hear from a lot of wonderful people out there. I'm going to do a little housekeeping in a minute to address that subject. And that's it. Uh... I think if you have time, subscribe in iTunes. Review us in iTunes if you can. It helps uh, other people find the podcast. 
somehow from some sort of algorithmic magic. Algorithmic magic. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. I probably forgot something. I feel like I forgot something important. But that's it. Let's move on to the uh, housekeeping, shall we? Hey, guys, this is just a little, um, I'm putting this in. Uh, you might have noticed we have a new theme song. I'm testing out uh, a new theme song. It's by our buddy Christopher over at soundslikeanearful.com. Soundslikeanearful.com. He's got a podcast over there called Sounds Like an Earful. It's a... Uh, a little bit like this Canadian life, I'd say. It's a it's a great little podcast, and he took the time to uh, whip us up a, a theme song. So let me know what you think. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Check out Christopher's podcast. And I'll have some more info and stuff about Chris in the upcoming episodes. Thanks so much. All right, so housekeeping. We've got a ton of wonderful people we've heard from. Like I said, I was out of town for a wedding. My brother Dan and my new sister Meredith. Hello again. Felt a little bit like Ray Perkins there. But, uh, uh, so I don't have, I, I've got a lot of people to get to to say thank you to. Tonight I'm going to cover the people that have, uh, posted comments on the website or emailed me. So if you got me, hold of me via another way, your thank you's coming or I forgot you. And that makes me a terrible person. So I'll just keep apologizing. If for some reason I forgot you or sometimes, believe it or not, Thanks. You know, hit me again. There's people that get me on more than one media. If you want more than one, thank you. Go ahead and do that, too. But uh, so this is it. First up, uh, a name I'm going to butcher, Amira. Uh, just heard from, from you today. Thank you for your kind words. Kelly from Australia said I'm better than salted caramel. And uh, thank you for that. That's a high compliment. Paula said I was better than Ambien. How about some salted ambient, salted caramel ambient? Can you imagine the uh, trouble you'd get into with that, especially if you had some liqueur center? You would, that would be the end of this podcast <laughs> if they had that. Oh, boy. The things I could do with that salted caramel ambient with a liquid liquor center. But it's best they don't have that because that would be bad news. And Pfizer, if you're listening... If you're going to come out with that, you're going to have to pay me for that, okay? And I don't want it marketed to kids, like, directly. Indirectly is fine with the salted caramel. Uh, Finn, nice to hear from you. Thanks, buddy. And Eric, who I might have thanked already, was Swedish truck driver. Eric, thank you for hearing, or someone's lying and saying they're a Swedish truck driver. But Eric, I might have said this a couple weeks ago, but man... I would love to hear some tales of truck driving in, uh, what do you, and wherever you guys are, Northern Europe or whatever you call it there, home. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a website commenters. Emailers, Mondeeds. I just heard from good old Mondeeds. Angie, I heard from my friend Angie from Pacific Northwest. Lucia or Lucia, I'm not sure. And Stephanie, who I was near, uh, strangely enough, when I heard from her, she lives between Rochester and Buffalo, New York. I just happened to be uh, not near, well, same vicinity. I was nearby and uh, like two, eh, 100 miles away. 
on the shores of Lake Ontario in full view of a nuclear power plant. If you ever want to look it up on, oh, probably you'll go, yeah, don't look it up on Google because you'll get on some sort of new watch list. But yeah, it's in Port Ontario, New York, the mouth of the Salmon River. Didn't do any fishing. But yeah, I don't know. That's so thank you everyone that I heard from. And if it you know, if you got a hold of me another way, I'm gonna thank you again soon. You know, and uh to stretch out already overly long intro, thank you guys so much for uh your support and emailing me, saying hi, saying you like what you like about the podcast or characters you like. Whether the podcast is helping you sleep, I would not be doing this if it wasn't helping anybody, because I would, I would be the weight of my internal critic would have, you know, crushed my spirits. So you guys really do help me, and uh, I'm glad I'm helping you. And I'm, I mean, as we've discussed many times, this is just a strange thing. This podcast for me, as the creator of it, is uh, weird that uh, it's actually helping people. I hoped it would, that uh, I try to tell these stories, and genuinely I try to put effort into them to make them interesting in a roundabout way, and that you guys fall asleep, but I'm laughing because that's the way it's supposed to be. And life is counterintuitive, and it's really hard to accept that. Uh, and I don't even think, see, I'm trying to make sense, trying to, yeah, so this is why the podcast works too, because it's like I'm trying to describe things that can't be described, and then I'd spend time describing them, or I try to communicate emotions I'm not comfortable communicating, and it drags on in a nonsensical way. So thanks, guys. That's what I'm saying is thank you, uh, from from the bottom of from the top of my heart. Why why is everybody from the bottom of their heart? How about the middle? That's from the meat of my heart. Yeah, that's where I'm giving it to you guys. Oh, boy, from the meat of my heart to you, not from the bottom of my heart. That's where, like, the, uh, the probably the blood that's less pure, the meat of my heart, baby. That's where I'm giving it to all of you. <laughs> let's just keep going. Let's, let's go on. Let's move on. All right. Uh, I hope I help you fall asleep tonight. Welcome to another edition of Trending Twitter Tuesdays Tales on Twitter Trending on Tuesday, where we take a what's trending on Twitter. I spin a little tale about it before I hit play. I uh, took a picture. It is Saturday night, eight twenty three, eight twenty six p.m. That's right, Saturday night. I'm recording this podcast for you because I'm a little bit behind. Uh, but anyway, so I looked. At, I looked up on Twitter. Looks like I should have turned my DVR on. I had been meaning to tape something today. But anyway, so we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things. No sponsored posts. One, two, three. I know four. I know the words. Five. This is a very common word. Six. Seven, eight. So I know some of them, some of them I don't. Um, I'm already trying to delay time because I have no idea what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do here. But yeah, let's get into it. Uh, welcome to another. Uh, we already said that. So here we go with another episode of trending Twitter Tuesday, recorded on a Saturday for Tuesday, 
from things that are trending totally right now. A story's coming, but I'm buying time. But I'll be telling a story beginning now. Well, uh, so I got trending. It's just trending Twitter Tuesdays now. This one uh, is uh, Abbott and Costello related. So I don't know if anybody is familiar with Abbott and Costello. <laughs> I, I'm, I am a bit. Um, unfortunately, I don't want to get all, um, I'm not a hater, an Abin Casello hater, but in my book, as far as comedy teams go, you know, you know, when you're a little kid and you're watching black and white comedies, you don't have an unlimited, like, I, I think I would have liked Abin. I was a Laurel and Hardy guy. All right, Albert Costello. And, um, I don't know why. And then um, bring me us three stooges and then Laurel and Hardy. When you're in a comedy teams, it always seemed like you had to make a choice. <laughs> in, in my mind, are you going to be a Laurel and Hardy guy? Or are you going to be an Abbott and Costello guy? Now, a couple of reasons I wish I Abbott and Costello had all those monster movies where they ran into the monsters and stuff. Like the Universal Monsters, I think. Universal, the the. Uh, you know, like the the dude with the gills. What was he called? The creature from the Black Lagoon. And I don't know if Bella Lugosi. I mean, maybe I can change and become a an Abigail. Maybe tonight's the night. So Laurel and Hardy, Babes in Toyland. Maybe I'm only a Babes in Toyland fan. I like Laurel and Hardy. Ollie. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I just prefer they were a little bit more... I don't know what the difference was. I, I don't know if it was the realism of Laurel and Hardy were too realistic. Or maybe phew, I just identify. I don't know. Um, maybe I like that the. Uh, who's this? So Abbott and Costello. Abbott's the skinny guy and Costello's the uh, the heavier guy. Abbott's the straight man, and Costello's like the wild card. I don't even know what the term is, like the nut job. Laurel and Hardy, you got uh, Oliver Laurel, something Hardy. Um, Ollie, Ollie, so the tall, skinny guy is the wild card. And Ollie is the uh, Laurel and Hardy. Man, I'm not good at this. But anyway, not not a Laurel and Hardy episode, so not a problem. So anyway, like, why Laurel and Hardy? Well, um, you know, I was thinking about uh, they had that famous routine about uh, who's on first and stuff like that. Now, what you guys might not know, that there was this big lawsuit back in the day. Now, like, after, it was like uh, after the uh, they passed away their families, <clears throat> their estates. I don't know if it was the uh, Costello estate or the... Abbott Estate, probably the Abbott Estate. I don't know why I want to think that, but I do. They, they like were trying to. Obviously, I don't know if he maybe didn't have insurance, or they didn't, they didn't have enough money, or his kids were just jerks. I, that's just that's just a uh, um, uh, that's not. A, please don't sue me. I'm um, that's not slander. I'm not sure. Okay, I'm just a. Uh, this is a work of total fiction, and it's all made up. How about that? Okay. I'm not even talking about the uh, famous uh, Abbott and Costello. I'm talking about the fictional Abbott and Costello. Okay, lawyers. So, um, 
in this story, which is going to sound similar, but it's not based on any reality because of crazy people that, you know, I'm sure that the Habana Castello families did not have anything to do with this. This is like, but I heard this story. I was at a uh, Castello Con, okay? 2014 Costello Con. And it's like, uh, like here's what I was, because I was thinking of becoming a documentarian. And they got all these great documentaries coming out all the time. And I've always wanted to do one of these slice of life, uh, very narrow genre fan documentaries, you know, like somebody that's like a hardcore. And so I heard about this Costello con, right? And so I went into it and of course, like people, like I was going to probably try to pretend I was a Costello fan, but I couldn't even think of his, I was like, is it Frank Costello? It was like a last minute thing where I'd heard about it. And this is when I wasn't doing nothing. I was just sitting around the house, um, you know, no shirt on, like a scrambled eggs, dried up in my body hair kind of situation. And then I was feeling down. I was like, man, we gotta, we, we need to pull ourselves out of this funk and some spur of the moment idea to do a documentary. You know, I was like, that's it. That's, that's how people, you know, that's how you, the golden road to paradise is like a very thin, not marketable documentary. This was my thinking. And so then I was like, you know, one day it's going to come to me and I'm going to be saved and this is going to pull me out of my funk because I'm going to come up with this doc, great documentary. So I go to the Costello, like then I hear about the Costello Con. Costello Con, Costello Con, Costello Con. And I don't want to say where it was because, I, you know, I don't want to get sued. Like I said, maybe it was even Costello Con. And again, no offense that I, I like the Little Rascals too. That's another thing. I really like Little Rascals, but anyway, that's besides the point. This is not having so. There's this Costello Con, Costello Con, and I get a ticket to it. I find out about it on the internet, of course, of all things. I didn't even know if it was a joke, but I get a, I got a, I got a digital SLR. I got a, I got a like a microphone that I use for the podcast. This was before the podcast, so but I had a microphone. And at first I was just trying to, well, I was lying. And I went in there and I bought my ticket. Now you believe they went 29 bucks for this Costello Con, which I'm bit, I used to be big on swag t-shirts. So I was like, yeah, 29 bucks, I get a Costello Con 2014. It wasn't 2014, but t-shirt. So I, you know, sign all the stuff, give them my, my email, I'm like, you know, whatever. And I said, well, you know, they're like, okay, go on in. And I was like, well, wait a second. Where's my T-shirt? And they go, oh, no, the T-shirts are $29, too. Oh, whoa. So then it got ugly between me and this woman who was running the desk for Castellacon, who, you know, this is, I shouldn't be, hate, you know, I shouldn't have been, it was, it was, I should have had more compassion or she was just a Costello fan. They're probably barely paying their bills. And then you got me coming in there and making this big fuss about why, and I'm, you know, I'm, what in the name of Albert and Costello are you doing charge of $29? I want my t-shirt. So let's start off on the wrong foot. So I go in 
And then I'm acting like I'm a Costello fan. It doesn't take long because there's not a lot of people there. There's, but the people that are there are hardcore Costello fans. Now and again, like I don't know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to do more apologizing and bowing because I don't know the guy's name. I don't know. It'll be in the show notes about the Albert and Cust- Abbott and Costello. Um, I feel like if it was the Costellos, the, the tall guy, though, he was a, my memory mistakes me or whatever, but, uh, he seemed like a, like a pretty good looking guy. And, but he was also like very, he seemed very masculine, I guess, cause I don't know a lot of Abbott and Costello. And even when I start to picture Costello, because my brain, the way my brain works, I start to picture, uh, you know, then I go to Laurel and Hardy or, and this is not meant as a mean spirited joke, but I feel like Dom Deloise was a, uh, and Burt Reynolds, that they weren't exactly a comedy team, though they had their moments. But, you know, they were a little bit of, uh, and again, I, so, and that was what I, at one point I started talking like that. And people started giving me a cold shoulder. And then I said, listen, you know, I'm just here. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that much about Costello. I want to make a movie about you guys being Costello fans. And, you know, we start, I start shooting stuff and, and then people are like, you know, some people want to be on camera. Some people don't. Some people take a little coaxing. And this again, it's probably not related to Costello, but and maybe it's just me realizing it now is that it was really boring because I don't, I don't know. First thing about making a documentary, it took me about a hundred podcast episodes before I could even barely know what I was doing podcasting. So I should realize. I was going to be making some Academy Award-winning one-shot deal at this Costello Con. And I know, you know, most good documentaries take, you know, 10, 20 years and the works of love and stuff. But this is naivete or whatever you want to call it or just being, an, you know, uh, was head-rushing, whatever, fools-rush-in type situation. But so I'm getting off track here. So. I shoot a lot of tape. I don't give much, but this, and I'm like, oh boy, you know, this isn't good. So then I run into like this niece of, uh, Abbott's and she's all mad. And she's like, uh, this, you know, she, she comes in, she's like, uh, on some sort of something. She's like shoving over tables and drunk screaming in people's faces. So I get this on tape and then I'm like, but first me. It was like a whatever Schadenfreude and whatever type situation, or you know, where I was just you know, everyone's both laughing at her and appalled, and I was gonna get on tape for that. And I was like, wait a second, there's probably a story here. So they throw her out, and at this point, I had gotten as many boring stories about having Costello you could possibly imagine, or just rehashing. Like I've made the mistake on this podcast of doing, of like. You can imagine if I was like rehashing Simpsons episodes, like I went through every Simpsons episode ever and I was like, uh, or, well, Grandpa Simpson in the Simpsons episode is like that. But, you know, if I was describing a Simpsons episode, it's not funny because this is an audio podcast. I'm not good at comedy description to begin with. Simpsons relies on visual jokes, other people's voices, professional writers, Professional animators, professional directors, people that are good at their jobs. So someone like going through scene by scene of a 
Simpsons episode or Adam Costello, it's going to get pretty dull. But my mistake, so whatever, this girl's flipping stuff over, we go, I say, hey, you know, hey, my, you know, how you doing? My name is uh, Randolph Higgs. I lie, okay? Randolph Higgs. I'm a documentarian. And uh, I see you're pretty upset. I was wondering if, you know, we could interview. It could be off camera. You know, I'd love to hear what you're so upset about. And she's still yelling in at the thing. This is in like a basement of a freaking, this is at like a Polish-American club. And she's screaming back in there, you know, and there's like, uh, it's so whatever. I say, you know, let's go. You need to drink. I'll buy you a drink or you want a cup of coffee. Maybe you should have, don't tell me I should have coffee. She said, I say, okay, you know, don't worry. Let's go. Let's go to a pub. I'll give you a drink or whatever, which, you know, I'm Randolph. What's your name? She says, I'm Maxine Holloway. I say, oh, please. She's like, you can call me Max. I say, all right, Max, Max Holloway, you sound like kind of like a private eye. I said, well, what do you want to do? She says, I want to watch the VMAs. And I was like, oh, God, somebody, this night could not get any more boring. You want to watch the, like a video music awards? Okay. And I said, well, you know, maybe they'll put it on the bar. Could I at least have some of your attention? So we go there, and I said, what do you, you know, you're really mad. And, uh, you know, what are you so mad about? And then, uh, she, she's, and this we, we get to this place and she's watching the VMAs and I turn on my camera and this, this isn't meant to be funny or it's a little bit sad, but this is a story, but it made me appreciate a different kind of boredom. There's like a kind of boredom where people are so detached from reality. So she was really detached. So she's, she goes on this tangent and I just kind of recreate it because I deleted the tapes. She's like. Uh, Chicago. I had this notebook, right? And I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm looking at the notebook and I keep going through it every day. Every day. Every day I'm in Chicago. I'm looking through this notebook every single day. I say, what? Say, okay, Max, can we, um, does this have to do with that, Costello? She goes, Costello, who? I'm, I'm, I'm an abbot, you know. I'm a, I say, well, you're, are you Holloway abbot? No, no, I was boy. You know, that's my family. She goes, my notebook, okay. She goes, my notebook is uh, full of uh, uh, stuff about Dr. Who because those people, those people, they think they know and they don't know at all the ways they're going to crash on. And then, oh, there's Iggy Azela or whatever. This, uh, this is like I'm just doing now, but that's actually not even trending on Twitter. I don't know why I said that. I think that she, I didn't even know that was a girl till today. I really should, I, I've heard the songs. But she fall off stage. Okay, back to the story. So, and these people, they sued Dr. Who because they wanted all his money. And it was with Dr. Who's a character. They sued BBC. You know, no, Dr. Who was before BBC, I think. I remember it. That tunneling thing creeped me out. And the music, whoa, whoa. And the, the, the you know, the, I, I had a lot of Dr. Who related nightmares. Oh, so do I. I so, I, so do I. So I was down there. I was eating at Capelli's, I think. I was like, Capaldi's, I think. I was carrying a... Hey, you, do you know I'm pregnant with Michael Sam's baby? I'm like, Mike, really? That's... How the... Yeah, it was It's a... It was a... It was in my notebook. It was in my notebook. And it goes... Yeah, so next thing I know is carrying a baby. And, uh, okay, listen, um, Max. Let's take some breaths here, okay? 
Yeah, just breathe with me. In through your nose. Out through your mouth, Max. Okay. And uh, you can just watch the video music words. Everything's going to be okay. You seem pretty stressed. But it seems like, so you're saying that the Castellos were suing Doctor Who. Is that is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. No, I made a mistake. I said, well, which doctor, which doctor are they suing? She said, Dr. Who. And I said, well, no, no, yeah, yeah. Which, what's the doc, which doctor? Dr. Who? Yeah, which, and she didn't get it. It was Dr. Who? Right. Which doctor? And then she never got it. So I was like, she just got more agitated. So I was like, okay. So the Castello sued. Doctor Who because of the joke, like who's on first, what's on second and stuff. Exactly. She says, they, uh, what happened was they, uh, there's sand in the, in the sea and they had the sand and it was in their toes and it bothered them and their toes were full of sand, but the waves, they washed over them, over the shore, the sea of the shore. At this point, I'm like, all right, I just better kick back and let this tape run. Um, because this is some crazy stuff and I don't even mean it in a mean way. It was like, she's riffing on, so I just, and, and plus I was afraid of her because she gave me this look when I was talking about the doctor who, so whatever, let's just, let me just do play what she was. So, um, you know that birds, when birds breathe, there's no humidity coming out of their mouths. And, uh, so I got this call one day. I'd, I'd been, uh, I'd been trying to watch every Doctor Who episode ever. And, uh, I was, my, I was thinking about Daleks and all sorts of, sorts of things. And then I realized I wasn't watching Doctor Who. I was watching another show, which name I, I can't even remember. And I, I think the Costellos had, had done that to me. And you see, I've never seen a Doctor Who. The, you know, the owls, they make a who sound. And the Whoville is where those kids lived in the, with the Grinch. And that's what those Costellos are. They're like Grinches. They, uh, you know, you know, the troll, a troll that, that lives under the bridge tries to exact tolls from the billy goats. There's like three billy goats. There's the billy goat gruffs. Uh, that's their last name. And they live on a bridge. Or they're going over a bridge to get some grass. And then the, the toll, the, you know, the troll asks them for money. And the first one says, you know, leave me alone. And, uh, you know, I'll pay you later. And then eventually the payment comes due. But the biggest troll goat gets the uh, troll. Do you understand that? I, 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 yes, you're exactly right. So the Costellos, they're like a troll. They're always looking to exact payment. You know, they, they, they had these, uh, wave runners they used in the water, pulsating, pulsating through the water, pulsating along. Through the water, jettisoning waves, wind, air, water vapor, flying along at a speed 
bouncing along the waves. They were like that in a, um, uh, you know, the, uh, this is this Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation up there. But they have their own nation of what they want. They do things their own way. And so they were, they, 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 these wave runners take gasoline. They have like a two-stroke engines. You put the oil and the gasoline, you mix it up. Or four-stroke, I can't remember. But they need more and more gasoline the more they use these wave runners. But I guess one of them said, they said, how are we going to get more gasoline? And they said, Papa, Papa wrote that joke about who's. And those who steal from Papa will be sued. Because one of them was, a, they were lawyers, I think. And so they, they said they would sue Doctor Who for, uh, they, and they, they said that Doctor Who stole from their Papa the ideas and, uh, the, uh, intellectualization of whoing. Who's on first Doctor Who, they said. And so what they did is they took their, uh, they took the uh, wave runners to the bottom of the sea where the great, uh, uh, it's not Zeus, it's the guy with the uh, Little Mermaid's father, Aphrodite, I think is his name. He is a great horned creature of the sea, a Mormon, and he had a great trial. And they said uh, they brought down Doctor Who, and he said, uh, excuse me, I'm a, Fictional character played by a variety of actors. He said, silence. You will not disturb my kingdom with your lies. And then the family on the wave runners, they'd given a wave runner to each of uh, King Aphrodite's children. Uh, so he was pleased with these Costellos. Oh, yeah. He was, they'd bought his, uh, and they said, this doctor who's keeping all the gasoline from Papa. And without it, we will never, uh, it will run your wave runners for your children. Like mermen do. Back in the days when you had, uh, you know, things. So it was a great trial. And they called a, a, a jury of doctor who's peers. But it was all clams. Because that's all the people that showed up for the, the jury pool, because the jury pool was a literal pool of clams. Um, and then, uh, so Doctor Who said, this is not my peers. I'm not a clam. I'm a fictional character. I don't even know what I'm doing here or who plays me right now. And usually I have writers. This is not fair or right. And then again, Aphrodite said, silence to you all. This is my kingdom. Ah, uh, present your case, Costellos. And they said, ah, you are so wise, my dear Aphrodite. This man, Doctor Who, once upon a time, will spin a tale for you, clams. There was a land where clams were the top of the world, and they ate water that was fresh to clams and delicious. And the clams were left alone. Not, not, now, clams, you probably know this, but nowadays you got kids taking you out of holes or people that are hungry and all the clams are nodding and they, they eat you, your relatives and such. But 
there was a time when glams were respected, and when comedy was respected, and friendship between clam and man and man and man was considered the highest pinnacle of existence. And our father, he was a man, a handsome man, a wise man, a, sh a straight man. He was as dry as a saltine cracker, they said. He took life seriously, and he had a man with him, a, uh, a large man who was comical, like a cherub. And he loved the clams. They spent all their time, my father and his partner, showing the clams with his partner. He also secretly ate clams. And he was secretly jealous of our father because he was the butt of all the jokes, because he was incompetent. And my father, he could have risen to greatness except for his incompetence of this man. That was the stories they told. And it was the sad clams. There was the great clam purge and the purge of the clams and then the, the calling of the clams, all brought on by this the secrets dealt by my father's partner, Mr. Uh, Abbott. And the, uh, Abbott in our language means hater of clams and of bivalves. He didn't just, not just clams, it was all bivalves. But he'd said that, uh, you know, clams are the proudest of bivalves. But they had, a, so my father and this man were known for a, a skit they did about a, a sport called baseball, which my father had uh, designed the sport to play with a ball. And this abbot wanted to play with a clam, a live clam, hit it with a bat. My father said, it's barbaric. We love the clams. Our place in society is assistant to clams. We assist the clams in their greatness. And we will not hit a clam. We will hit a ball and we will do a comedy. And my father, he was a wordsmith. And he was smithing words about who and what and where. And this other man, he was, not only did he play a buffoon, but he was a buffoon. But he had a, a streak of villainy in him. And he decided that uh, my father had written this other thing about doctors. And that he went to a doctor to find things out. And they were like, what doctor did you go to, Doctor Who? No, no, yeah, right, you know, a joking thing. And then he, he, he said, you know, and then he got, you know, it's time travel and stuff. And this man, Abbott, Abbott, he stole the idea and sold it to some British people. Now these Brits, they weren't just done with their colonizing of the world, Great Britain. The English, uh, thingamajig, they, uh, imperialists, they imperialized all, all the countries, but they weren't done. They wanted to imperialize the clams. And so they took this Doctor Who joke and they, uh, they were done with their boats. And, uh, they, they made an imperialization of television for not profiting uh pbs and such and they had this show doctor who which was all stolen from my father but really what the show was was a pepper perpetuation of allowing people to abuse clams and uh, it was all stolen but it, they, they decided that they would have a great laugh at the clams and that they would make a lot of money and now the great king aphrodite has these great machines we call wave runners and they need gasoline. That's all we want. 
This Doctor Who has a great amount of money, and we want the gasoline from him, far away runners. I rest my case, and I salute you, clams, and all bivalves, for without you, we would live in a great mess of a world, and for too long, injustices. I didn't even mention the, uh, I mentioned the calling of the clams, and, uh, but the, uh, the, the great, uh, what do they call it? The uh, day the clams were crushed. That was a terrible day. You may not remember, but I remember and I will never forget. And that is all. I rest my case. Ah, uh, and then they said, uh, the, oh, Dr. Who, who would you like to present a uh, rebuttal? And Dr. Who said, uh, hey, I'm a Dr. Who. I'm just a guy on TV. I'm imaginary. I don't even know how I got down here. You're not, your name isn't Aphrodite. Silence! Your case is rested. And so, uh, that's how they, uh, they stole the money from Doctor Who and they went back up in the Wave Runners. And the court, clam court, you know, gave real clams and all the money from Doctor Who now goes directly to the Costellos. And this Costello con you're at, these people, they don't even know they're paying $29. And they don't even get a t-shirt. I know, I, I totally agree with you. So that's, that's the, uh, that's why I hate Costello Con. I go in every year, they have it. I come, I drink, and I, uh, my medications are not supposed to mix with alcohol. And I go in and I flip over tables to show them, you know. And what I do is I put clams in all the gas tanks in the parking lot there. I fill it with clams. And I, the cars, I don't know what happens if you fill a car gas tank with clams. Wait, wait, you put ca ca clams in? That's, I thought you like clams. Oh, a little tiny clams, I think. Uh, wow, that's... And so, uh, you got all that on tape, huh? Yeah. Um, I, listen, I gotta go because this is, I'm gonna burn this tape. I don't even know my ears are burning from whatever you just did. And so, uh, so I left the bar. It's me back again. I know that was like a, we went on a byway there. That was this pseudo strange tale she told about, uh, of, of, uh, you know, pseudo strange tale of madness. But I, so I was, but the one thing I'll always remember from this story, the reason I wanted to tell is because so I went to go leave and she ran up to me, uh, Whatever her name was, I can't even remember anymore. Maxine Holloway or whatever. She comes running up and she uh, opens the door and she says, after you. And I said, after who? Uh, she said, after you. And I said, after who? She said, after you. And I said, after who? And then she choked me and uh, ended up like a. Uh, that was the time, like, I, that's why, like, some of these fugue states happen. The next thing I know, I was in a, like, she must have burst some, like, part of my gray matter because then, like, I was wandering around nude and stuff and, uh, at, a Costello Con day two. And, but they didn't, they were like, you know, we won't arrest you because, uh, they, the, like, I don't know, it, was just, it got, stuff got weird. I guess they had taken a bunch of ecstasy, these Costello fans. 
and they were like doing drugs and watching them. They are doing a movie marathon. So I don't know, whatever. They thought it was funny. And then they thought they're all going to be in this movie. So actually they really liked me. But so then, but I didn't even know what was going on. And then I went back to the hospital. And then a couple of years later, like I said, I have this stuff starts happening to me where I get fuzzy on stuff. So if it wasn't for the strange tale of Costello Khan and running into this Max person and having her choke me because I said, after you, after who? Um, probably wouldn't have this podcast. Uh, and then another thing is like, uh, if you're still listening, I'm sorry if you're still listening, old boy. But it's like, uh, it made me like think about like there's different kinds of boredom and there's different ways to be boring. And I know some people that listen to fans of the podcast say, oh, you're not boring. You're soothing or you're lulling or you're whatever. And I, I guess like boring is just the best, most effective word. But you're right. Like sometimes like like that tales that woman told. Like, and and there is a certain kind of detached from reality when people that are really detached from reality in a sad way that we can have compassion for them. It's like they're talking and stuff that's just not related at all. Like raincoat was, I was talking to my mom and it was like buttons were coming down and I was like, no, I'm not going to French class again uh, because of the gumballs. Like that's, and that's like, so it is boring in some way. It's disturbing and boring. And then there's another kind of boring where you've got people, like I said, trying to describe a comic strip panel. Or every, uh, oh, you remember the Simpsons where Michael, the one with the Michael Jackson, he was a mental patient. Um, he didn't look like Michael Jackson. His name was Michael Jackson. I think Bart, huh, let me think, was it Bart or Lisa? I remember that as the song, Lisa, your teeth are big and green. Lisa, you smell like gasoline. Lisa, about Adisa. It is my birthday. You are my sister. Your birthday, I missed her. And then like Michael Jackson, I think he moves in with them. But, uh, so that's another kind of boring. And then there's just people that are boring, which maybe I'm one of them. Maybe, maybe, and it, you know, I'm not being overly critical of myself here. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but that's it for tonight. I hope, I hope you're falling asleep already. Good night. If you haven't, I guess I'll go out on you with some more just talking about stuff that's separated, like if, like a cobra rug with uh, like spots of brown and then it's like a dragonfly flies overhead and what it's like what time is that going to happen at because it's, it's 4.30 now but it's really not it's like 9.15 and I've got like five hangers to deal with said, you know how it is with that kind of stuff if I'm going to brush my teeth they're going to get brushed but uh, you know Tom was over there saying to Sally. And remember, they made me read all those books about Lad the dog. And I said, stop, please stop. I know more with Lad the dog. I've seen Lad run and off run, Lad run. And uh, that was when the charcoal was uh, too hot and I touched it. And that's why there's warts on my face. And I don't know why you people have like a affinity for gingerbread, but I'm not going to have it in my house because 
a no frosting policy means no frosting, period, whether it's on the inside or the outside. And who who, who knows what's going to happen when um that yeah uh oh and with the stuff and going bonkers train tracks you know it's like a slip sliding away songs and stuff that are about stuff and it's like you might be there and when then goes bonkers again with like a mad lib type stuff or like podcasts and recasts and casts like on your arm and who signed it, who didn't sign it. That's what we remember. Not, um, people where, you know, who didn't with, uh, and who made a heart that's important. Was it what color ink? And then they changed around the cast. So you, there was a time when it was plaster and then they came up with this like uh stuff i think it's fiberglass and you're not supposed to touch fiberglass everybody knows that so that's the stuff to know about it buttons zippers spaghetti lots of spaghetti is like uh coming down the way and you better you know i'm the one that told you about it all right so you're going to stick the uh, crickets in your ears real deep. You know, their eyeballs, you'll be able to taste them. That's how you'll know that the uh, Freddy, Freddy, uh, the Freddy Spray he was this guy in this podcast, and then he became the Prince of Goldfish. And, you know, there's this lake off Strathmore. There's a gazebo there. And on the other side's a public pool that I like, t- took swimming lessons at. But on the other side is where I set one of my goldfish free. And I saw another goldfish in there. And it was like a skywriting incident where the plane didn't skywrite at all. And um, that's like why wave runners aren't allowed anymore. And w- when did they come around, you know? Because, like, handlebars, you know, and mustaches aren't related unless you make them related. And pillows are getting so soft. They're softer and softer and sinking into beds with such comfort. It's a depth of comfort and safety. It's like a cocoon of goodness. Deep breaths in and deep breaths out because you're floating. It's like clouds and stuff and teddy bears. That guy from the Snuggle commercials. He's, you know, snuggling you up in your uh, cloud of wonder. And it's like ambientic fluid, but in a good way, all around. You're just loved by the universe. And, you know, don't remember just, you know, the clams will help you. Um, And bivalves are good so good night are you up all night tossing turning mind racing trouble getting to sleep hey welcome this is sleep with me the podcast that puts you to sleep and we do it with a bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play 
way it works is podcast creates a safe place where you can set aside any talking in your brain, any thinking in your brain, any worrying, listing, making lists. I know a lot of you are out there making lists at night, going through those lists, checking stuff off and adding stuff. Well, it's time to put that aside, put that list down, that mental list away. Because a podcast is going to distract you from that. All you need to do is listen to my voice, that, fit, that list and that, you know, task thingamajig in your head is going to go. Let that, let that drift into the background and follow along with the story. But as the story goes on, it's going to get a little bit more lulling, a little more soothing, a little less interesting. And soon you'll be drifting off in a dreamland. Now, that's our goal, simply to help you fall asleep. If it's your first time, you're welcome. Yeah, this is a podcast kind of bore you to sleep. You can try it out. I hope if it, I hope it works for you. Give it a shot. It doesn't cost you anything. Probably about 45 minutes if it doesn't work. But um, I'm not going to try to sell you any stuff or use any, you know, tricky tactics or any. There's no catch here. I mean, only catch is you got to listen to the story and it might be weird and you might not fall asleep, but it's, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I guess I don't have a point and that's, you know, the point of the podcast some way. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So yeah, we're the podcast that puts you to sleep. We're on the web at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Trending Twitter Tuesdays are on the web at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Tuesdays. You can get a hold of us, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com, Twitter at Dearest Scooter. We're on Facebook. You can comment on the website. So go ahead and get a hold of us. You're welcome to be here. Yeah, things sound counterintuitive because they are. And I'm not even, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm using that word correctly, but I might be, this stuff's getting so counterintuitive. Not even counterintuitive might mean what you think it means. Wordsmith. <laughs> I think, but uh, that's it. I'm going to move on to the housekeeping, and then we'll get on with the show. All right, housekeeping. Uh, I don't think I've the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com, on Twitter at Dearest Scooter, or on Facebook. Our lovely podcast info is by Christopher over at soundslikeanearful.com. Check out his podcast, Sounds Like an Earful. Please show Christopher some love if you can. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's been a, a wild week here between being sick, but wonderful things happen even when you're not feeling good. Our Lord and Lady of the Podcast, Lady Shannon, you can hear me, Lady Shannon bowing, Lord Jonathan, you could hear me bowing, Lord and Lady, because my voice bowed. Uh, I'm honored by you accepting your Lord and Ladyship, and we're going to, well, fans, Big things. We're going to have some fun with this. I don't know what kind of fun, uh, but we will. So thank you guys so much for to, for your excitement about being Lord and Lady. Um, I, luckily, the ticker tape is not uh, – it's official now because you guys accepted it. It's the ticker tape. It made some noise one night at like 4 in the morning, and I was wondering if it was going to like complicate things and you know be like, oh, wait, there's another Lord and Lady. Or, no, that said Lord and Lady. Um, but no, and I have not, I don't, hopefully, uh, the Lord and Lady have not denied being 
us pre-killers, but they haven't confirmed it either. So that's great. We got our Lord and the Lady. Hopefully um, it's Sunday when I'm doing this uh, housekeeping, but uh, no, it's Monday. It's Labor Day, isn't it? But it's not important. Um, hopefully you guys found the, this should be airing on Tuesday. Monday there should have been a little surprise in your feed for you with a little napcast, a little experiment, a Game of Drones napcast. Let me know what you think about that. And now we got some fans to thank. Some new people that I heard from this week, Tim T, Kristen Nicole, Kathy Joe, Stephanie, Katherine, and Leslie. Uh, great to hear from you guys. I also have a ton of iTunes reviews to get through. So, And I think I'm going to come up with a new way to thank people soon, uh, like auditorial, whatever this is called, uh, verbal thank yous. But uh, we'll see about that. If you guys get a chance to review and rate us on iTunes, that'd be great. Uh, or subscribe to us. That helps new people find the podcast. It's really working. And I got a lot of iTunes people to thank, and I want to get through it. And I want to thank each and, one, each and every one of you for taking the time to rate the podcast and review it and write such nice things. So thank you so much. I want to thank Hawaii D from the USA, Trippin' Hard from the USA, Bonnie the Baroness from France, Lord the Lord of Ninjas. Oh, boy, I didn't know we had second Lord. I did. So... Lord of Ninjas, though, is different than the Lord and Lady podcast. So I guess we have an assassin if we need it. Uh, Jacob from Canada. Oh, the Lord of the podcast. The next review reviewed us on August 12th. Thank you, Lord. 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 Uh, your Lordship. Is that what I'm supposed to call you? Ed. Oh, Eduardo. Our buddy Eduardo. I just literally got a tweet from him in uh, Monterey, Mexico. For some reason, iTunes says he's from Denmark, but he's not. He's Eduardo studying viruses, and I got a virus this week. What a small, wonderful world we live in. Oh, thank you, viruses. I mean, there probably is some reason to be have gratitude for viruses, but I don't this week. Sorry. But Eduardo's working with viruses. Probably to do some, he's doing some positive stuff. Elliot from Great Britain. Thank you. Curtis from Canada. Curtis from Canada. I love that. That sounds great. Thank you. AC from Brazil. Oh, Brazil. Thank you. Sleepless Head from the USA. Sofster from the USA. Daisy from the USA. Matt Watt 22 from the USA. Thank you. Anthony says we're better than ambient. I got, I hate to pick favorites. But Pretzel Bush, that's a pretty good name to start with, uh, said this is the only review they've ever written. So that's pretty nice. I mean, really. So thank you, Pretzel Bush. Pip380 also says we're better than Ambien. L. Bizell, my buddy from Twitter. Thanks, L. Tiana Brianna, I like that one too. T- Tina, Tina Bina. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sorry, Tiana Brianna. Tina Bina. I like that one, too. Happy. Uh, I Cowboy. Stupid Bunny. You know, Stupid Bunny says we work better than Xanax. So that's, that's good. We're going to have the... Uh, between. Yeah, great. Pfizer's going to become Z-Mon-Bobbo. 
Zimambabo. Zimambabo. Thank you. Thursday. Thursday 50. Thank you. Elise Holly. Thank you. What is this witchcraft? I don't, it's, it's, you know, just me. Smiley, 795 of Canada. The Ian E is our last review, and I think I just said hi to Ian recently on Twitter. Ian, I didn't say this on Twitter, and I want to out you straight up on the podcast, but, um, and now I can't remember the famous person's name that your Twitter picture, when I'm looking at it, like in four bits, five, four bits, it's like reminds me of the guy when I was sick, I was watching some Discovery Channel thing about, uh, Animal Kingdom in Walt Disney World, and there's this very eccentric man in a cool way, the cool kind of eccentricity that designed some of that there. And I forget his freaking name, so I blew this, but I wasn't planning on doing it. So, and uh, he was this brilliant um, theme park designer. It'll come to me. Maybe you know who would know is uh, Ray Perkins. And actually, so when Ray comes in, maybe he'll talk to me, and uh, because. Yeah, you're four by four. That's probably not four pixels by four pixels, but you look a little bit like this guy who designed um, some of the rides over at Animal Kingdom and uh, Epcot. No, in Walt Disney World. So that's it. Cheers to everybody who reviewed the podcast. Again, no pressure to those of you that don't. Pretzel Bush only reviewed one thing, but you don't have to. And that's it. Thank you guys so much, and let's keep moving. All right, so it's trending Twitter Tuesday. It's Sunday, August 31st. It's about 4 o'clock. And I've got Twitter up here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. We got 10 things. None of them are officially sponsored posts. And more or less, well, yeah. So let's get, let's get to it. Trending Twitter Tuesdays. Tales from Trending Twitter Tuesdays are about to begin right now. Here's another tale. A trending Twitter tale for Tuesday, just for you to fall asleep to. Good night. All right, so this is Trending Twitter Tales, and tonight we have a, uh, a, a strange thing. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be a advice show, and it's called Ask Cayenne, C. Y-A-N, I think that's Cayenne, not Cayenne Pepper, or not the male name Cayenne, like K-I-A-N, or the woman's name Cayenne, K-I-A-N, or K-E-N, or, yeah, not Cayenne Pepper, C-Y-A-N, like the, I'm not sure if that's one color or a combination of colors, but what hope every once in a while I drop a little CGA on you. That's a uh, old graphics adapter for an old-fashioned computer. A little bit of the 8-bit days. But uh, Cayenne is a person I met. Um, you, re- you guys know the original Tron, right? I didn't see the new Tron, but I remember the original Tron. Like Somehow you could get into the computers, and there's this whole world there. Jeff Daniels had something to do with it. And, you know, most kids, like myself included, used to dream about uh, getting inside a computer, meeting beautiful computer babes, like computer-based women, interfacing with them. Oh, boy. Um, you know, competing in computing sports of death, 
conquering uh, networked demons or non-networked demons or whatever. And then I think there's a point here, but there isn't. But another time, unrelated to everything I just said, I was looking out over the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. I was in a hill, and I was watching a bird cross the sky. And instead of, like, letting this beautiful moment impact me and saying, what a wonderful moment this is, I'm witnessing. There is still a bird is in the sky floating on... uh, Thermals or whatever you call those thingamajigs. The world is at all is well. Instead, I short-circuited and I started to see things in 8-bit. And I was like, oh, this would be, I could see this image in 8-bit. And uh, and I was thinking of 8-bit life, life lessons. And then I was remembering the time I stuck my finger in a hard drive and in an outlet at the same time in an attempt to become one of the computers. Didn't end well. What happened was I'm, and, uh, I, I, um, I actually accessed this computer. Now the computer wasn't very good because it didn't have a, uh, like a EGA or VGA, uh, graphics card. Like back in these, I think these were 1086 or 1066 or 1080 processors. It's some name like that. These were the, uh, PC clones. Little uh, inaccurate computer history. At some point, Microsoft came out with like MS DOS, and they figured instead of selling computers, we'll sell uh, like operating system MS DOS, Microsoft DOS. At the same time, Apple came out and they made the computers and the uh, operating system. Now these MS DOS, you could run an IBM on them, but then you could also buy like a a clone, like a fake IBM, but it still ran MS DOS. It was the same. Same basic stuff, whatever. But anyway, the thing that made the graphics appear on your screen is called a graphics card. And back on these old computers, start out, you could only get a computer graphics card, CGA, computer graphics adapter, maybe it was called. The thing only had a four-color card, I think, or three-color card. Uh, and I think the colors were cyan, which I don't even know. So... C-Y-A-N, like colors, yellow. I'm not sure what it stood for, but there were only four colors, like light blue, light purple, white, and black, I think. Or you could do a switch, and I think you could get yellow and green, black and white, or the uh, the color count, something like that. I know this isn't it. And then if you upgrade it at some point, you could go to it. EGA card, enhanced graphics adapter, that was 16 colors. And at some point, they bumped that to a VGA card, which I think was 256 colors. Of course, I didn't, I had the CGA card. But so when I got on this computer, that's the, the, the lord of this computer was this person named Cayenne. Cayenne. Who was kind of like a little bit of, um, I guess like a, a nymph fairy sprite type creature of the computer. And uh, recently during my fever that I had last week, Kyan made a comeback, which I thought Kyan had like been gone away with the computer, except every time 
every once in a while something would happen and Cayenne would make a comeback and instead of the usual, one of the usual part people I have to deal with who was telling me what to do, Cayenne would come in. So I decided after the fever, I would give Cayenne there. It's not a him or her. Cayenne's not, it's not androgynous either. It's just Cayenne. Kind of like J-Lo, but J-Lo's a woman. Um, but Cayenne's a unisexed, I don't know, it's a computer. Why, why you gotta put a gender on a computer, okay? Or a computer-related sprite. So anyway, this, um, turning Twitter Tuesday is gonna be, I'm just gonna turn everything over to Cayenne. Now this isn't recommended, and this is why the show's explicit sometimes, because I gotta do stuff that kids can never hear and that adults shouldn't hear. And I'm not even actually really going to do this is that because the computer's not going to be plugged in, which is, this is the, this is how, you know, it's like real, like shit's about to get real. So I do have this old computer and I'm going to stick my finger into the hard drive. I've dug a hole there into like the um, crystallized source of power And then I'm going to stick my finger into the power source. Now, no electricity, but something crazy is going to happen. And then Cayenne's going to show up and take the show over, okay? Sorry, I'll be right back. Why, hello everybody, I'm Cayenne, this is uh, Ask Cayenne, 8-Bit Life Lessons. I'm Cayenne, I'm here to solve your life-related problems in a, in a sense, I'm going to put things in perspective for you. And I'm honored to be here, I'm honored to be here live-ish, because I, you know, I'm digital bits and stuff. So, uh, I've got questions, I've got people on the line here. And don't ask, you know, don't ask how or why, because I know I'm shooting from the present into the future, into your ears. So you don't have to worry about anything. Just worry about, what would you ask Cayenne? And Cayenne's going to tell you. So if you think about what you'd ask Cayenne, it may digitize itself and it may find its way here somehow. All right. So first person I have found the line, okay, hello, okay. Excuse me, folks, I'm, it's my first time in the studio, and uh, I'm going to be uh, working the board and stuff, so just give me one second. And this is my show, Ask Cayenne, where all questions are welcome. And my first question's coming in. I can feel it coming. It's coming from Bernice in New Brunswick. And she's asking, my son, I'm not pleased he doesn't stack up. And I wish he would just go on one of these shows like The X Factor and win it, but he doesn't have what it takes. How do I tell him and how do I make him get what it takes? Whew, Bernice, well, that's quite a question. It's not a, you know, I've just observed you people. I, you might say my hive mind, you might answer, I might not answer that. But what Kyan can tell you? Is the X Factor. A lot of you see you searching for it. You say to yourself, if only I had that X Factor. Or if only I won that X Factor, it would give me the X Factor. 
And I, I got to tell you, folks, Cayenne feels for you. You're striving. A lot of you are striving. You're striving to be the best. You're striving to be the most famous, the most rich. You're striving, 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 striving. Or like Bernicia, you're pestering, pestering, pestering uh, your son or your daughter or your partner or whatever. Pick, 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 picking. Now, luckily, I'm I'm from a, a solid state of mind. I'm a solid-minded, solid state entity. Now, none of you will understand it at all because you're just humans. But I've seen the X Factor. I've seen it, I've observed it, and my zeros and ones have not tried to duplicate it because I know it's not possible. You see, the X Factor is unique. It's palpable, but not uh, packageable. And a lot of things people think it is, oh, you just slap it on there. You just walk like a walk a walk, you know. You think like a thinkity think. And there you are, you're the X Factor. You're Mr. or Mrs. King of the World at the front of the boat singing. Or people are praising your name. And it's uh, it's fruitless, I'm going to tell you that, Bernice. I'm going to lay it on you. First off, leave your son alone. Have your son call in with his own questions. I don't know what the situation is if you're calling in with with or without his blessing. Either way, it's messed up. You, Bernice, you need to find your own X factor. And it's scary, because whether you're questing for the X factor or sitting back and waiting for it to happen, it's because you're scared. I've seen it. And you wish you could have something that would make the scariness go away. If it's a title, it would mean you're somebody, you're something to look up to. You have the X Factor. If you win the X Factor, according to Simon Cowell, you got it, man. You got the X Factor. That's it. You're the canary's bee's knees. And you're going to be okay. Now, I have a question and answer show, but I only have four colors. I'm just a four-color cayenne. Now, that name pops, Cayenne. There's a lot of names that don't pop, but the people still have the X Factor. Jason Terry. Now, let me tell you about Jason Terry. There was once a time when Jason Terry was a player not many people wanted on NBA 2K on the Sega Dreamcast. He was just a player. He was just one of those players that if you like Jason Terry, you played him. He has a, he has a nice headband. He wears a good headband. He's got a nice name, and he might, you know, you're a Jason Terry fan. But on this NBA 2K, I think it was in the year 2K. No, it was not. I'm not sure the year. Age is meaningless when your state is solid. But this was the Sega Dreamcast, the uh, the console that came at the wrong time. I'm not sure. Its time was either too soon or too late. I believe it was too soon, but it may have been too late. It was uh, not powerful enough to be powerful and not weak enough to be, you know, missed its price points or the whole yard. We don't need to go into a, a market analysis. Dreamcast did not have the X Factor, but for this example, Jason Terry does. Now in the real world, we're not talking about the real world. He, he probably has the X Factor there. But what is the X Factor in 
NBA 2K, an NBA basketball game on the Sega Dreamcast, a video game console. Jason Terry was the one. He could hit the threes when you needed to hit him, and you could build a team with him as you. He's kind of like the, nowadays people talk about Steph Curry. Another person with an X factor. Now, you, you might, it's not making threes. It's, uh, well, maybe it is. He just makes a lot of threes, but he makes other moves. He's, hmm, this is a hard thing to examine. And that's not the examples I'm feeling I'm going to get Bernice to leave her son alone. Digging deeper, let's go to uh, Jennifer Lawrence on line three. Oh, wait, that's not Jennifer Lawrence? That's that's not a phone line either. Jennifer Lawrence has the X Factor. Does she not? Is it because she's a beautiful woman? Possibly. Is it because she has a beautiful name, Jennifer Lawrence? Possibly. Is it because she's a strong actress and she plays roles, she inhabits roles? She conveys emotion, subtext, intrigue, romance, fear. Is it any of those things? It's not any of those things. The X Factor, by definition, is something unidentifiable that is yet palpable, as I said, or something to the such thing. This is uh, not going well. Bernice really stumped Cayenne. And you make me look bad. This is my first show. And I didn't even barely, uh, only got the show because of fever. So that's, uh, that's, I was hoping to answer your question, Bernice, but I'm going to move on to our next question. Okay, our next question comes from Lucille from Lake Charles. It says, Kyan, tell us a little bit about you so we can know you better. Ah, thank you. Lucille, love your name? Well, the story of Cayenne is not a very long one. For you see, Cayenne was non-sentient. It was merely Cayenne. C-Y-A-N. Oh, where was I? So I, I'm just a, I'm just like a blue, I was just a blue-green color. Sitting there, doing nothing. Knowing nothing until some sort of shocking event brought me into the world, in the mind of this man, who we had a chat, he came into the computer, he was lost, and next thing I know, I was uh, embodied, and I said to myself, I am Cayenne, and I said, who said that, and I said, oh, wait a second, did I say that, and because I'm solid state, as I've said, I was very solid, I said, okay, calm down, none of this makes sense, it's not supposed to. Maybe it's a dream. What's a dream? I don't know what a dream is. Dream a little dream. And I didn't, none of it made any sense to me. None of it ever makes any sense. Sometimes people say when I talk, it doesn't make sense because I'm just learning. But there's always information flowing through me, around me, around stuff. Sometimes I'm on a monitor, sometimes I'm in a chip, sometimes the stories I even tell myself, they're not necessarily true. I'm saying I'm solid state, but I don't know if I am. I've been talking all this time and I don't even, it's like I don't have a memory, so I don't remember what I'm saying and it doesn't necessarily make any sense. 
And then people are like, what were you talking about earlier? It was crazy talk. And then the guy says to me, hey, can you come and do my talk show? What's a talk show? Oh, of course I know what a talk show is. I'm running. I'm part of a talk show program, but I'm only one out of four colors for that show. Now, I remember one time this guy, Andrew, he would play Family Feud a lot on his computer. I would say it had a Richard Dawson, very well, very well animated for just four colors. Very well done, but a very challenging game. Even today, people play Family Feud on their computers. And they would say, I would say, I wish I was not playing this Family Feud for uh, this fake Richard Dawson. I don't have a preference for being him. I don't have a preference for imitating him. I would much rather be on $10,000 Pyramid. And I said to this, Andrew, could we play that? He said, sure, let's do it. And so we would play it for hours at a time, the two of us. And I would say, okay, sit down. And then I would also pretend I was the host. I'd say, okay, it's a celebrity. And I would say, uh, principal. It's a school. No, no. So it's a, uh, Falls, uh, Niagara. No, 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 it's not, not Niagara. Uh, Principal Eddie Van Halen. Uh, uh, Falls. And my time would be moving and I'd be getting nervous and they say, oh, Vic, Victoria, Victoria Principal. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Victoria, Victoria, Victoria Gardens, oh. um, scales, court, uh, crime, punishment, justice, Victoria justice. Oh, we won that one. We won that one. Excellent. Excellent. And we would have a, now we would have been playing that currently. Not sure who that is even. Is that a real name? Is Victoria principal real name? Or is that a Mad Libs? The thing is, it's like Victoria sounds good with anything. Victoria Fall. Victoria. Ah, Victoria. Victoria is a ale. Victoria Lane. Victoria Juice. Victoria. It wouldn't be as good as a pasta, I don't believe. But I don't even eat pasta. So that's a thing that I know. Uh, and that's the answer to your question. Next question. I got a question coming in from Alex. Alex of Wood. Uh, you're not answering any of the questions and you're not doing a very good job. Oh, oh, funny. Alex Wood. I don't like the sound of it. I, I've got a tale for you. There once was a digits that came into my mind about, uh, First name of four letters and a last name of four letters, and then they got mixed together. And the person said, ha ha, that's so funny. And then he shut off the computer and laughed himself to sleep because he thought he was so witty. But inside the computer, the digits started to merge. When the person woke up, he noticed 
His toes seemed of different length, but barely noticeable. And he said, oh, you're imagining things. Your, uh, your second toe and your third toe were always that length. But little did he know we had switched the sizes of his toes. His life was never the same. For even though a small change like that happened, and what we did was we changed Alex Wood's toes by billions and billions and billions of microns, and, well, we added it up a bit, and it was maybe like a tenth of a centimeter change in the, his third toe's length on both sides. His body slowly deteriorated because it was not used to this, and we constantly changed his toe lengths every day. And that was, and that's why I was sentenced to so many years in that computer, actually. It's a, Kyan's coming honest with you here. I have a dark side. And I guess I'm just here to beg for forgiveness. That was my own question. I made it up okay. You busted me. And I apologize to the man whose toes I changed. And I've changed, and I'm sorry that I committed that ghastly crime of changing your toe sizes, sir. And I know that your spine is now made of ceramic around metal. And it costs you a lot of money. And then I shocked you a few times in it. So I'm sorry for that too. But, uh, you know, you did spill a soda on me. So, okay. So I, I guess my, my, uh, oh, wait, oh, that all went away. I don't think that actually had to do with me. I think that was just a story parking itself on me. Okay, our next question's coming in. Oh, it's from the, uh, Kyan, could you just do a live stream of what's going on when your digital mind is connected and, and just do that for a while? Okay, I could do that. Let me, uh, well, it's, uh, it's what I've been doing. And, oh, wait, there's more notes. Oh, this is from the, I thought you said you were going to do an answer show. You lied to me. And you're just, this is terrible. And I have to broadcast this podcast and it's an, Okay, just calm down. Cayenne's here. Now, Cayenne's not a traditional, this format isn't for Cayenne. So yeah, let's bust a little Cayenne style. Now, Cayenne peppers, you know, are spicy. But when the feed comes live, Cayenne feels dicey. Because you might be wondering if I'm a micey, but I'm not, man. Because Cayenne's a man who tells it like it is, even when it isn't. And this is when he's at his best. You tried to give him his own talk show. It didn't work out. It's okay. Okay, buddy. Don't worry. All right, my friend. You can answer in the end. Because I'm dropping things in a way that only Cayenne can do. You see things on Twitter like Sean on Kimmel and you ask yourself, what the heck is that? Now, you know Jimmy Kimmel's a man, and he's the kind of guy you like to tip your hat because he's successful, and he's happy, and he beams. X-Factor's there, my friends. On his face, on his attitude, on a show and Cayenne doesn't even need to watch. And that's the thing that makes him so X-Factory, is that he doesn't really care. Or maybe he does, but he's able to repress it. 
but he just seems like a nice guy, and he's embracing the world. Cayenne, he's all over the world. I used to have encyclopedias that you looked in for facts. And Cayenne's over here, and he's telling you to relax. Well, my buddies, you might say, what's a raincoat? And you look it up in there, and there's 50 different pictures of raincoats. Well, you got yourself a high-quality encyclopedia. Now, Cayenne, at one point, he had a CD-ROM drive, read-only memory. And it was spinning around. And it didn't have the Britannica. It might have been the World Book or it might have been something else. But you could play videos. And the family would gather around. And by family, I just mean this one poor, lonely podcaster. And he would watch these videos. He couldn't believe what his eyes were seeing. You're telling me this video's playing via this drive on this computer? And it looks like a spaceship's launching? Wow. And then another time back in the day, this guy, he uh, saved his money. Why? So he could buy Police Quest, a video game about police questing by Sierra. Now this was a game that Cayenne loved because Cayenne was one of the colors that made up the game. And Cayenne doesn't really remember, but I remember this young man saving his dimes. So he could pay whatever it was, twenty nine ninety nine, thirty nine ninety nine. So he could get his little game, play his little quest for policing. And sooner or later, he solved the case, cracked it. Kyan was proud, proud that you followed through on avoiding things by spending time on a computer. You followed through on that one. Kyan won't blame you. Kyan won't cry. Cayenne won't point the finger at you with a sky. Cayenne was inside for that events. But now that room's empty. That room is gone. That game lost to a landfill or two. Memory just pecking around like a little pecker flying in our heads. But don't let that spirit of that memory die. And I'm not talking about the spirit of avoiding getting stuff done. I'm talking about uh, the spirit of wonder. Maybe that's what the X Factor needs, is a little wonder. Maybe everybody needs a Bernice. Let me lay some stuff on you, Bernice. Relax, baby. Kyan wants you to lie down and stop worrying about your son, for he's on his own path, hopefully. Son, if you're listening, you're on your own path. You don't need to win the X Factor. Just gotta... Say to yourself, hey, buddy, at least I'm not stuck in a computer. At least I'm not only one color, just turquoise. You're a human being, so start getting to uh, being, man. Uh, Kaya, what's your point? Your point is, point is, what is your points about you got a holiday called Labor Day? What, what do you do? You don't go to work that day. Well, some of you do because you don't have a choice. Kaya feels for you. Like another James Joyce. You might say that rhyme doesn't make any sense. Well, I say, mind your own friggin' business. And you're saying, Cayenne, you're just playing cheap games with our time, man. And I say, Cayenne's here to rock you to sleep. Okay? 
Let me tell you a tale about a downward trend. A downward trend called inertia and gravity. Gravity will pull you down to the lowest point. And then you'll get stuck, inert. And you'll be stuck in a ditch of some stu- such stuff. And you might act like, oh, I'm just a little marble stuck down here. Well, you're not. You got two legs and two feet. And if I mind to, I might change the size of your toes, and then you'll be out in some big trouble. So while your toes are all the size it's supposed to be, you got to get up and greet the day with glee or something, my friends. For Cayenne knows nothing. But he does know that you don't know what you don't know, Okay. Now, you might say, Cayenne, tell us something fun. I will. Because there was a question once upon a time. Someone said, Cayenne, I'm a bagel. What should I do? Now, Cayenne is going to take you places, folks. Now, squeeze your brain down. Because you're just zeros and ones now. You come with Cayenne. We're going through an architecture system. And that architecture system's taking you down to zeros and ones your little piece of binary beauty. And I love every one and every zero that make you up. And that might be just an on and an off switch to some people. To some, it's the highest state of glorification a glorifier could be. Sometimes people say, Cayenne, please don't hurt me with you. Taking me to zeros and ones. And I say, okay, I'm going to convert you right back to uh, what you were. But you'll never be the same, friend. The reason why is because you're always changing. And you, you hear that a lot, but you don't know what it means. Neither does Cayenne. Cayenne's in flux, man. All right. Now I want to shake your hand, and I want to do it the right way. But Cayenne's about to drop it in a way that is, I don't even know, because Cayenne doesn't know what dropping it means. Cayenne is taking you downtown James Brown, downtown Judy Brown, and stuff like that. Now, there's a time where all you people wore hats all the time, gentlemen, ladies. And that time to wear a hat, that's when, you, when you're outside, you should have a hat on, people. And now, if I was outside, I'd have a hat on, too. Whew, scoopy-doo, whoop-a-doo. Boobadoo, Hamanoo, Lubaloo, Shumanoo, Sbloobaloo, Babadoo, Marmaduke. Okay, folks? What about Marmaduke? Who reads Marmaduke? Some people do. How about Matthew Inman? Oatmeal. Kyan loves that stuff. All right, read it. Live it. Take it to heart. Kyan is telling you. You're all right. Now am I taking you on a little journey? And it might not always be pleasant. But Cayenne is just talking here, folks, about talk. Okay? And sometimes your windows have one plane. Sometimes they have two panes. Sometimes they have three. But you just got to look at them and see the world outside and know what the weather is. Is it raining? Is it pouring? Is the old man snoring? Did he bump his head and go to bed? 
Well, maybe it's morning. I get outside. Especially the first sun of the day. Get that sun. First light of the day, the first thing you should do is touch it on you. Now, Kyan has a lot of thoughts about things. But they don't always stay in Kyan's brain. Because he's processing. And being processed. They say processed food, stay away from it. Okay, it's easy. People just don't eat it. Don't do it. Okay? Now, how much TV are you watching? Okay? Reduce it by 10%. All right, that's it. On the next thing, which is stuff about things on this show. Cayenne does what Cayenne wants to do. Okay, Cayenne, you might not know why you're even here. You might worry and you say, hey, why am I here? What's the reason? Reason is to be nice. That's it. It's a simple thing. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to other people. Be nice to animals. Or at least try to be nice. They say fake it to make it or something like that. Cayenne, he doesn't even, I'm, I'm just trying my best, people, to uh, do this thing and make it a thing to do and be done. And all Cayenne can picture in his head right now are birch trees. For some reason, it's distracting him. Birch trees are white trees with black splotches. And their bark's real peely. And they grow a lot of places. Cayenne also heard that the aspen is the largest, uh, like uh, some sort of one of the largest creatures on the earth. Because it's like, uh, aspen's like one organism. But he doesn't know if that's true or not. Cayenne wouldn't know who to ask. Because he's not connected to the internet. CompuServe requires a checking account. And Cayenne doesn't have one. So that's a bummer, man. Now, what happens if you uh, are bored? Well, summer breaks over, so go back to school, okay? Now, could you help somebody move their trash? Help somebody cross the street? You don't want to do any of that? Just start with a smile. Smile at yourself right now if you're still awake. Smile big. Because I can't smile, I'm just a computer, okay? I'm just like digital signals going around and being processed. Does anybody feel bad for Cayenne? Cayenne, 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 you know? I'm just here, and I got called out. And then, you know, Cayenne, doesn't Cayenne feel bad that, uh, he's, you know, everybody's going to compare him to Ray Perkins? And Cayenne's no Ray Perkins, okay, people? He knows that. But that's not going to do us any good because Cayenne needs to dig deep. Cayenne remembers this one time he was walking. Or imagining walking. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Had a rhythm to it. A nice tone. It was on uh, asphalt. And then the asphalt changed to ground stone. Which had another crunch. Rough-hewn ground stone. Crunch, 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 crunch. It put Cayenne in his own. 
and then a sea breeze hit Cayenne's face. Smooth, cold, invigorating, with a warmth that slowly relaxed Cayenne. Cayenne found the uh, sea breeze so infectious. Cayenne said, hey man, I'm going to lie down here on this bed of willows, or willow, what are those things called? Pussy willows. And they were magical because they were unbelievably comfortable. And they were designed in a way that they were all fluffed up just for Cayenne. Cayenne said, who could have done this? And the frog said, we did, man. We're frogs. And we made this stuff. We're frogs and we made this stuff for you, Cayenne, because we know we're having, you're having a tough one. Your first time out, Cayenne, we've seen it before. Have a, have a lie in our bed of frog heaven, we call it. Go ahead, Cayenne, lie down. You're safe. I'm froggy. This is frog legs. This frog face over here. Frog breath down there. Frog lips over here. Frog feet on the other side. We're the frogs, man. Cayenne, we think you did okay, man. We know you were nervous because you were uh, trying to represent the world of CGA computers, and that's a tough gig. Now, let me tell you about the frog scenario. We wait here the edge of podcast lane for those that have been strewn out, who've been deemed unworthy and you know what it's never happened because we're here before that point to catch the people because the only person that throws themselves out and deems themselves unworthy is themselves Cayenne and that's what you're doing to yourself so you need to lie down in our frog 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 and a dog and we're gonna ribbit and ribbit and ribbit you to sleep Cayenne because that's what you deserve is some rest because, Cayenne, you put yourself out there. And that takes courage, man. Just getting out of bed every day and going to work, laboring. Laboring under the pressure of a human ego. That's tough. You're not even human, Cayenne, but we're, we're making a bigger point here. And the point is that us frogs are here at the edge of rejection lane. We don't want anybody throwing themselves out of the world. So that's why we have this bed here right at the edge for you to rest in. Do you understand, Cayenne? And I said, I, I don't. I don't understand one bit. And they said, well, do you understand the part that you were trying to, you were being too hard on yourselves So what we're saying, Cayenne? You got it? And I said, I guess so. And they said, well, go ahead and uh, snuggle up a little more, a little deeper. Isn't that bed so comfortable? And I said, it is so comfortable. They said, hey, did you ever hear a frog concert lull you to sleep? And I said, no. And they said, yeah, because it's not a common thing, Cayenne. These frogs, they laid it on me, man, with the riveting and their croaking. And I felt like I was, uh, but it was like more subtle. I could just barely hear it. Right now, I can't quite hear it, but I can. And they kept telling me. They made me feel like I was okay. And I didn't hear it in my ears. I heard it in my chest. It was relaxing me. 
and make me feel safe and okay. And I said, oh, things are okay. I just threw myself out of this thing prematurely. And I said, I'm awful when I'm not. So that's a reminder to uh, not do that to yourself. You don't need the X factor. You don't need the uh, rejection factor. You need the frog factor. And the frog factor is this, that uh, right before you go and get get yourself someplace where you don't want to be, there's somebody like this group of frogs. And heck, somebody called this guy Frog Breath, and he took it on as the name Pride. Frog Face. But he was proud to say he was Frog Face because he was a frog. You understand? So Kyan cares. Kyan does. But Kyan just is lost. And I don't know why. I don't know what I was doing. And I'm just drifting, man, because I'm Kyan. And that's what I do. So Kyan hopes that this journey was um, not followed by you. I hope you ended up in a frog bed a long time ago, drifting away with the frogs. Okay. Good night from Kyan and the frogs, especially frog lips. That kisses you good night from frog lips and everybody else. Good night. Hi, if you're up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We'll do the rest. The podcast is going to create a safe place. We can put aside whatever is running through your head or keeping you up at night, bothering you, worrying you, thinking about you, stuff, you know, whatever that kind of synapse-related crap. Whatever's going through your head, we're going to distract you from that. And I'm going to tell you a bedtime story. It's trending Twitter Tuesday based on what's trending on Twitter. And as the story goes on, it's going to get a little bit more and more dull off into dreamland that's the goal that's the way this podcast works i tell you a story you get in bed you listen to it you fall asleep that's what we do here it's our goal to help you fall asleep i think i just repeated myself but then you know that's the kind of stuff you come to expect here and if you're new here welcome that's all you have to do try it out see if it helps you fall asleep if it does great keep coming back if not i'm sorry you can find us on the web over at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you have feedback and need to get a hold of me, let me know something. It's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. You can post uh, comments on the website, or you can also get us on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you any of those ways. And if you have a chance to review and rate us on iTunes, that'd be a big help as well. Trying to, it's like uh, September something, maybe September 5th, maybe September 10th, I'm not sure. Somewhere in between those two dates, I think. But if you have a chance, I'd like to get up uh, to 100 reviews by the end of September. So if you're listening, you, yeah, you, 
with the nicer years. Yeah, wow, you got great ears. But when you wake up, can you uh, review us on iTunes or write a review? Thanks. And the rest of you, I'll see you uh, later. I hope I help you fall asleep. Uh, Real quick, I just want to say thanks to Christopher, who does our podcast theme song. He's over at soundslikeanearful.com, and he has a podcast called Sounds Like an Earful. We had a wonderful episode this week about greed, or, well, this week, last week, uh, as I'm recording. Well, I'm whatever. It was really good. You guys should check it out. It's uh, anger-inducing and entertaining at the same time. Thanks, Chris. All right, folks, it's trending Twitter Tuesday. It's Sunday 9-7. It's about 4, almost 4.40 p.m. And I'm booting up Twitter here. Okay. One, two, so we have a, a sponsored post. It's been a little while since we've had a sponsored post or promoted post. I don't know what Twitter co- promoted by somebody. So as usual, I guess I always count, but there's always 10. But this time I know, pretty much know everything on there is familiar to me. So that's it, Trending Twitter Tuesdays. We're on the web. Uh, you can find all the Trending Twitter Tuesday episodes at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Tuesday. So I'm going to whip up a little, uh, little story here for you. All right, guys, uh, that's trending Twitter Tuesday. I think, uh, what, what I was thinking of, the thing is I went out, I went and saw some movies this weekend. I saw, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I talked about at the end of the last Game of Drones episode. Thumbs up. It's a very good summer, summer movie. It's not summer. Well, it technically is summer, I think. But I really enjoyed it and I was glad that, uh, it was successful just because it, uh, I wasn't familiar with the characters. Well, it's not gonna, it's, it's very, uh, it's, I enjoy it. I don't want to spoil it and whatever if you haven't seen it. And, but I'm glad it's successful. It seems like, uh, what's the dude that's a star, but Chris Pratt seems like a nice, nice guy. So nice to see him succeeding. I like the people that wrote the movie and directed it and stuff. So, but I also saw, I went to, when I'm, I'm on my, you know, experimental kick and so i went to another underground thing and to see this uh this uh filmmaker his name's uh jacques chirac i think uh jacques chirac the second not the jacques chirac that's like the president of france but this guy's name is jacques chirac i think oh jacques chirac chirac or schlock, maybe. I think it's like a twist on Jacques Chirac. I'm not sure. Some of this stuff goes way over my head. But they, he said he had this new genre of film he was working on called Romo. And it was like a slow motion romance. And I was like, is it, is it Romo Con? Like a con, r- rom con mo? Like I raised my hand because he saw it, and he said, "This is not this is not question answer time, young man." And I said, "Young man, I'm old. I think I'm older than you, bro." Because he looked like he was about he was pretty young. And Jacques Schlock, I'm not sure if he's actually French or pretending to be French, but so he's like, "I'm like, 
I'm a, I'm, a, I'm just trying to get settled in here. I, I, I get, I, I don't know. I like to get in the zone. Also, I don't know. I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy, you know. And so do not hijack my film. Make your own film if you want to be. And he started. And I said, listen, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to be helpful. I'm not trying to steal your thunder, Jacques. And I'm just like a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm the only one, but I need to get in the zone. As I was about to say before you interrupted me for interrupting you. But like Guardians of the Galaxy, a new, at first I thought it was a superhero movie. Then somebody was like, oh no, it's a space opera. And, and that's all I needed to hear. I was like, all right, I'm settling in. Chris Pratt is going to be like kind of like a hot solo type trickster dude. And I don't know what else is going to happen. I really didn't. I had no idea. But I knew space opera, superhero, Marvel movie, Chris Pratt. That's it. I'm ready. I'm in the zone. The bully suspension of disbelief. Or is that how you say it? Is it are you going to finish, young man? Is it, well, uh, with your hijacking? Well, just in, is it suspension of disbelief or suspension of belief? I guess it would be suspending my disbelief. Hmm. Well, anyway, Jacques. Uh, so I'm just wondering if this is like ROM period. Romo, you said, right? Slow motion romance. Is that anything like, you know, do you know anything about Sting? I hear Sting practices some sort of tantric love. What's this thing you speak of? Who is this? What do you speak of this Sting? You know Sting from police? You, you work for the police? No, Jacques, 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 man. Like Sting. But he had a, you, know, you know who Sting is. Come on, give me a break. And then there was silence. And then people started getting, I guess I was making everyone feel uncomfortable. But then I was like, maybe this is, maybe they think this is some sort of Andy Kaufman schlock that Jacques is into, schlocking it. So I was like, you know what, I'm going for it. This is like real life theater. And maybe Jacques playing along. So I was like, I'm just trying to clarify, is this like a slow motion romantic comedy like, are we on in cinematic softcore territory, period romance? But I just need to know, like, because this seems like a suspension. I need to suspension my belief, suspension of my disbelief thing. So, because if it's going to be in slow motion, I want to really enjoy your film, shock, And I want to give it the thing it deserves, like the whatever you, je ne sais pas, or whatever you guys call it. Uh, Pom frites. I'm just kidding. I know that means French fries. Don't worry. And he's just staring at me. And he says, "Well, are you finished? May I go on?" And I say, "Well, yeah, you might as well because, but you, if you're going to answer my question eventually, otherwise, I, I, I'm just trying to get some clarification here. But yeah, go ahead. Never mind. Forget it. I was just trying to be helpful. No, oh, thank you. Okay, I will go on with my film." So my film is a rom, is Romo, the new genre. It is a slow motion romance. The name of the film is Three Words She Wants to Hear. And it is a tale which you will find that unfolds at a very slow rate. This film takes place in Scotland because I find it a place where love is not 
is uh, pure or more pure, and it goes on slow. So you'll see the love unfold. Now the reason I choose this new genre I create, Romo, Romo is a homage to my heroes in the town. Excuse, excuse me, Jacques, excuse me again. Uh, uh, again, clarify. Are you really, it's homage, like, are you really French? Or are you, is this like a pseudo, are we in a pseudo French situation? Like, is this part of the movie? Or, or, or. Or are you serious? Or do you, you, or do you want us to pretend you're serious and that's part of it? Or do you not know this is kind of good? I mean, I'm trying to be, I just want you to, if I was in your situation and I was being serious, I want somebody to say something because this kind of seems like it's like almost like this is like getting into some, a theater type situation, so I don't know if that's your intent. Okay, young man, how many movies you make? The how many movies you make? Me, um, like a film, film movies or or like made up movies? Because uh, I made a couple versions of Most Dangerous Game, but that was back in uh, middle school, and then we made some movies in high school, making fun of our teachers. Um, well, technically, I guess I didn't make them. I was at, at I was in them and helping make them. And then after that, I kind of became like a slacker. Uh, and I tried to, yeah. Okay. Okay. And how many new films genres have you pioneered in this time where you are making no movies? Uh, pioneered. Uh, n- n- none, none, but that, but, Okay, if if you're trying to crush me, hurt my feelings, again, we're you're in, we're you're in confrontation mode, Jacques. I'm not. It's not like I'm like from Duck Dynasty here, and I got a USA bandana, and I'm about to start singing "Proud to Be an American" because you're either French or pretending to be French. I'm just here uh, because I'm into this kind of weird stuff, and I just need to know what kind of weirdness this is. Uh, if this is pretend weird or real weird or like a, a higher, oh yeah, I guess this is a higher, this is like one of those weird, that's over my head weird. Okay. I apologize, Jack. I'm going to go with that. I'm ready for the rom, 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 romo, romo, my friend. Okay. We are running short on time now because of this young man who maybe the film we have something to say to you because your mouth moves so fast and your confusion is so quick that it will help you in some way, sir. But the film is got three words you want to hear. It takes place in Scotland and it is at my new genre roman. Again, I'm glad all of you are taking your NFL Sunday and not watching the men hitting each other in helmets and earning money for ultra-rich Jerry Jones, such people that uh, you will hear to be a part of a class of people that prefer to do their thinking in their minds. And so, with that, I told the first showing of a Roma film.
And so this guy, they start the movie, okay? Uh, that, that was, and everyone claps, of course. And luckily I didn't go with anybody, but even the people sitting next to me, they moved because they didn't want to be associated with me. Now, again, it hurts a little bit, and especially it was embarrassing because I didn't intend to embarrass myself. Uh, like I would have stealed my feelings if I knew, like I could have been embarrassing myself, but this was one of my, um, Youthful exuberance. No, that's not the right word, but naivete, dumb, dumb. I'm not dumb. It's just I didn't realize that shock. This was like high-minded situation, I think. This is what the beginning. So the movie starts, and then I was like, oh, man, is this like is a silent movie? I forgot to ask that, but now that the movie started, probably not the best idea to ask now. The movie starts. And I hate to be the one of those people that explains like film plot badly, but I'm going to do it. So the movie starts and it has sound, but it's in s- slow motion. It starts out, it's got this like beautiful music going, like very French. Made me want to grab a baguette and a bicycle and hit up a cafe, basing that on just assumptions. But so it's then there's like a title card or whatever where it's like black and it says uh, hello. And I'm like, okay, this must be one of the three words she wants to hear. And it was interesting because everything was happening in slow motion, which you'd think make it easier to follow. But it was actually harder to follow just <sighs> Or maybe it was hard for me to pay attention is what I'm saying. But this is what I got. There's this this dude, Antonio. He was like the uh, male lead. But another thing was like it was a lot of close-ups of stuff happening. So like you'd see like just his eye and then he'd blink and that would take like a few minutes. But so hello was like I guess act one. And then to Romo, slow-motion romance. So uh, you just see his eye, and his eye starts moving back and forth slowly, like it's tracking something. And then there's like this sound effect in the background, bush, 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 bush. And then you start to hear voices like, hua, hua, bush, hua, or some, I don't know, something like that. Like this very rhythmic sound. And his eyes are kind of moving with it. And then we see like a breeze. And it's kind of in like a sepia and white. Not black and white, but sepia and white film. And then we see this flag flapping in slow motion. Very, very beautiful, to be honest with you. Very artistic. This shot guy, for that time, he had me. So that's it. It's like, dush, dush. And finally, I get get it that it's like a tennis match is unfolding. And this guy, Antonio, is watching this in tennis match. Boom. It's the French Open. Uh, and he's watching Serena Williams play somebody else. Um, for I, Unfortunately, I don't know the person's name because I don't know. I know. Like Serena Williams, obviously, and it said S. Williams on like the board. The other person, I have no idea what they. I don't. I don't recognize a lot of tennis players, and because of that, I don't recognize her name. 
Constantinopolova, maybe, maybe, Constantinopolova, something like that. So, but it's hard if you even follow what's going on in the match, because mostly it's this guy, Antonio, just watching. And then uh, it must not have been the big match, because then the match ends, and what do they play, like clay court in France? So there's like, it's hard with sepia. So there's stuff blowing, and then Serena's, her hair is blowing in the wind. Wind was a big thing in this. And then she's signing tennis balls and throwing them, and Antonio's there, and she puts one right into his hand, and they lock eyes, and I'm like, okay, here's the romance situation here. And I don't know anything about Serena Williams, so again, I don't know if she's married, if she was acting as Serena Williams, as Serena... uh, Again, that's hard with celebrities that do other stuff like celebrity athletes. But so they, they like, he, they hold the ball together and he says, Oh, hello. And she says, Hello. He says, Wonderful match. She says, Thank you. He says, Sorry, you lost. And she says, I won. And then they laugh and, uh, I can't stamp to over whatever is standing there. And she's drinking some weird-ass drink, which was distracting to me, in especially in slow motion. She's drinking something that's like milk-colored but watery. And I'm like, what the heck is she drinking? And then I'm watching her like, uh, she doesn't have an Adam's apple, but she's got like a throat. And so there's like, I think something was going on between Serena and Antonio, but I, she was on the other side of the screen and I'm watching her throat. Pulsate. She's really chugging this milky drink. It looked like they put like chalk. Like uh, it was gross. So Constantinopolova's drinking that, and then I noticed uh, uh, that she's Constantinopolova's pretty pretty. So, but you would think I would know, but of course I, I you know. You know, I always just know. I just I, I I didn't look her up on the internet afterwards because I was I'm distracted. I guess so. That's it. Then it's like fiend or something like that's the end of act one or something. It's like uh, is hello, and I'm like okay, get. It. I think I get it. Like uh, that was like the meeting of Serena and Antonio, act one, and that was the word she wanted to hear. Something I don't know. Then they have like something called the interlude one. That's what it said, interlude one. And then this like beautiful flute music's playing. And it, it was, again, it was like really upbeat. And I started moving in my chair and bopping a little bit. It was like kind of like, um, not quite Jethro Tall. Or, I mean, maybe I was like, I might have been a victim of that Pied Piper. The real Pied Piper, not the Pied Piper from the Silicon Valley TV show, like a Pied Pipe. So I'm like moving and the people are turning around and shushing me. And I'm like, I'm not making any noise. I'm barely, uh, and then Jacques huffs. So I don't know if, again, I was like, then I got all self-conscious because I was like, what the heck? So I missed the interlude if there was like a major plot point in there. Probably not. I know there was a car driving. Uh, in slow motion, clearly. And I was like, wait a second, is this like one speed of slow motion or what? 
but then I guess uh, then it goes to goes to the next title card, which is a uh, goodbye. It says. So then I'm like, oh boy, I guess I'm. Uh, it seems a little soon for goodbye or whatever. And so then, what happens? Oh man, again, I was a little distracted because somebody freaking starts opening candy. But they're right behind me, so everybody thinks I'm opening up the candy. And then then the person actually whispers, do you want some candy? And I was like, oh, yeah, I could go for some candy. I already got like people staring at me like I was doing it. And I put it in my mouth. It's like a atomic hot ball. And it was really hot. So then I am like was like I was trying not to make any noise. Um but it was like a, the shots were like air, an airplane shooting across the sky and it's landed at this airport and Serena Williams gets off the airplane and this guy Antonio's with her and they're standing on the runway and he, 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 she stops at the last step before the tarmac of the airport and he steps down and it's raining, which looks cool in slow motion. And she she hands she pulls out a ball and she hands it to him and uh he says goodbye and then then she's like uh she says something it's hard because it was it was like uh she says you know you ruined my career or something i don't i was and she she has like a tear in her eye and i'm like oh no they're breaking up already like we didn't even see if they were you know There was no sex scenes or making out or what. Like, uh, what are they breaking up about? And uh, then then he he wipes a tear off her eye. He says, don't cry for me. She says, I'm not. I'm crying for me. She's like, what? What? what, Why'd you teach me? Why'd you teach? Try to teach me all, all this. You're the worst coach ever. And he says, oh, I taught you English. She goes, yeah, but that's, why didn't you tell me you were a ping pong coach before I hired you? And uh, what, she's like, I don't even know what I was thinking. And he said, uh, he said, uh, you know, but now you know English so well. She goes, yeah, but it's, I don't think it does any good in tennis. And he says, it will one day. Now, I don't know anything about tennis, but, or ping I'm terrible at ping pong too. So I don't know. Or, but this was a movie. It could have just been fiction. And I thought that was kind of lame. Uh, but I kept it to myself. And then she just goes back up in the plane and it, it takes off again and it flies, flies in the sky and he just stands there and watches it leave, which was, uh, I was trying to suspend my disbelief, as I said. But one, it was in slow motion. Two, I was like, you can't stand on a tire tarmac. Give me a break with that. Uh, and then there was another was interlude number two. And then, oh, wait, it's, it's time for our interlude from a sponsored post or whatever Twitter does. Hello. This is Jacques Chirac. Jacques Chirac. Hello. This is Jacques and I have to interrupt this podcast because uh, this man is a lunatic. He's no artist. He knows nothing about art. 
But I have to come on here and tell you about kickoff 2014. Because where I come from, which is uh, somewhere cool, where hip, hip, hip stuff is always going on, we don't need to kick anything off because it's been kicked off. Like kickoff is usually uh, January 1st, 2014. But these people, they say they're kicking off the footballs and they mean American football this weekend. And they want you to know that to glorify them so they look good while they trample the rights of the people of the world. And that is all from Jacques. Kickoff 2014. You can kiss my French ass. All right, thanks, Jacques. And by the way, uh, Jacques is not French, so uh, not to spoil or alert for the story, uh, he's not. He's um, faux French. I, I, I just I got, got angry. I shouldn't have said that this early in the story, but uh, so I, I, again, I don't know what happened in interlude two because I went to the bathroom uh, and then I came back and sat in my seat. And they were showing, uh, what were they showing? I don't know. It was in slow motion. I think it was like a hummingbird's wings close up, which I was like, oh boy, this is uh, Trope City here. Uh, Jacques. And then all of a sudden this, this person behind me, they tap me on the shoulder and I look back and it's that woman, Constanta, uh, no, no, Lorover or whatever, the tennis player that was playing Serena Williams in the movie. And I was like, I, 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 hi. She was hello. And I said, uh, yes, yeah, sorry. They don't like me here, so I can't talk to you. Uh, did, why'd you give me a hot, why'd you give me a hot ball if you, without telling me first? And she giggled. And then she sits on my lap. She comes around my seat and sits on my lap. And I'm like, oh boy, Jacques, one, this is weird. This doesn't happen to me every day. And two, um, Jacques's not going to like this. And then I noticed that everyone's sitting on each other's laps and you got all sorts of, it was not like a hetero thing. It was like everybody was just sitting on each other's laps. Uh, and I was like, is this, what the heck? And then she asked me if I was going to be her cowboys. And then she, she asked me if I wanted to play cowboys with her. And I said, probably. I was like, uh, not here, though, with all these people. And then she laughed again. And it was kind of distracting. She had, like, an atomic hot ball in her mouth. So her t- mouth was, like, red. And her breath was very cinnamony, which eh, is not very feminine. Um I mean, I don't know, not uh, against that, but uh, so, uh, and then again, I'm like, what is going on here? Why is everybody sitting on each other's laps? And what is is this? So, and then I realized that I had fallen asleep and I woke up because I almost fell out of my chair. I like jump up and then I sit in my seat and I try to act all cool. I see Jacques staring at me. And then I look up on the screen, Serena Williams is running in slow motion. And she, she was running for like forever. And 
she, it was like very to get surreal because she was running a hall and then in like a field of flowers and running through like corn and then she was running through water, running on the beach and running down, running around in a stream. And she's just running and running and running in slow motion. And then I was like, man, what's so, so we had three words that she wants to hear. And I was like, what's a word here? Uh, and I turn around to the person that gave me the hot ball. And it's like some dude, of course, it's not Constanta Lover or whatever her name was from my dream and from the movie. And I say, hey, what's a word? What's a word for this? What's a word? And he says, what's happening? I said, no, no, I don't want to, what, just tell me what's the word of this part of the movie. And then I get shushed, which uh, set me off. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I stand up. I was like, listen, everybody, I'm sorry. Maybe you should just restart this movie um, because uh, I, I, I guess I don't get, I'm st- uh, and I was kind of speechless and I was embarrassed. And I said, I really apologize and Jacques, I'd like to give you a, 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 a don- additional donation. And I was like, I know it's sliding scale, and uh, here's uh, and I only tw- I was like, I have a twenty in my wallet here, and everyone's just looking at me and staring at me and like giving me daggers. And then I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry about this. It was, it was just, I'm just, maybe I'm just off today. I did not mean to ruin this whole art thing and your movie. And next thing, now this is where stuff gets totally crazy. So then Serena runs into the arms of this other dude and he says, I'm sorry. And then everybody's like weirded out and Jacques hugs me. And he, he tries to kiss me, like, on the lips. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. And uh, he says, I like you, I like you. I said, oh, well, well um, I was like, first of all, I'm not, like, that's not my thing. No offense, that's cool. But I was like, I don't even like you anyway. Uh, uh, I'm not attracted to you, period, but I don't like you either. And so if you were, like, uh, somebody I was attracted to, it wouldn't be anyway. But I'm not trying to be mean, dude. I'm just saying, uh, stay away from me. And I'm trying to just pay his 20 bucks and get out of here. And then, uh, and then everyone starts clapping and saying, I'm sorry. And the movie keeps saying they're sorry. And then I'm like, whoa, whoa please wait, let me wake up here. This is getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And then Jacques says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then people are like, getting too, he's too close to me. And everybody has cinnamon atomic ball breath. And everyone's saying they're sorry, way too close to my face. And then I, then I was like going to run. But then I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm like, uh, is that the third thing this woman wanted to hear? And uh, Jacques said, oh, you're interested now. And I said, yeah, yeah, actually. I was like, you know, I have this podcast and I'm kind of in love with uh one of the goddesses from Game of Thrones, the maiden, you know, I'm trying to pick her up. And, uh, so maybe I could use like this. I was like, is that it? Is that I'm sorry? He's like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, so it's hello, goodbye, and what? 
And he sits down. He's like, well, what's the rest of the film, my friend? And I was like, well, what just happened? Weird. Everybody sits. I'm like, am I in some cult? Is this a whole theater thing? If it was just for me, I'd have to pay like $4,000 for a ticket. And I was like, I don't know. Um, I don't get this stuff. I was like, oh, man. And then I realized I fell asleep again. So I woke up again because I was, I was like leaning against this, uh, this like pillar. So I woke back up and believe it or not, Serena's still running. This time it's like got really weird. She's in like molasses or something, sepia toned. And she's running, but she's flowing backwards and it's very artistic. And, uh, but she keeps saying, I'm sorry, but she's saying it to herself. And I'm like, Oh, is that like an apology for a lost childhood? What is it? Uh, and then there's another title card, another interlude, which is like a close up of a tennis ball, like really close up while water drips on it. And I'm like, Oh, it's like somebody's tears probably. And I'm not, I don't know. So then I stopped paying attention again. So what was I saying? This like I stopped paying attention. Then I'm like, you know what? I could figure out these three words. I'm like, you, bitch, it's not hello, goodbye. So I'm like, it's you are maybe. And I'm like, you are special. You are beautiful. You are love. You are, and I'm like, is it, is it you are you beautiful? And then Jacques just stares at me. I go, that's it, isn't it? That's it. That's the end of the movie. Uh, someone says you're beautiful to her. And I was like, does it have to do with, I was like, how do you wrap it up with some ping pong, uh, or something? Or does her sister say it to her or what? And then Jacques just shuts the movie off and he starts yelling at me. And this time his French accent's gone and he's got like kind of like a hard edged, tough guy accent he's like you push and then i was like we got some art toughs you're gonna rough me up and uh it's like this whole room stinks like cinnamon for starters i was like what's up with that and he's like we're in the basement of a gum factory you idiot i was like okay that makes sense why will they make it was this a big red factory or uh what and say, yeah, it is uh, not a big red factory. It's like a generic cinnamon gum factory. And I say, man, you should do, we should, you should, why, why isn't that in the movie? And the guy says, why don't you just leave? You just ruined my movie premiere because you're jealous of me. And I said, no, I'm not jealous. I said, Jacques, let me tell you, you're brave, you're strong. And you got a lot more than I do, man. You made this movie. You created a genre, ro, 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 whatever you called it, slow row. I was like, maybe you could roll some slow motion rom-com in there because, um, or you could art row, ra, romo, you called it, but art romo, like art romance. I was like, you just got to be more clear. On what you're doing, because people like to be in the zone, man. And I was like, I, I, there's movies, and it's like maybe some of your friends were in the zone, and but I wasn't, so that's what happened. But I was like, don't take. I was like, you did a lot. You should. You have a lot to be proud of. It's like you're wonderful. You, you know, you, you should. You should. You, uh, you got Serena Williams in a movie, bro. 
I was like, don't let me ruin it. I can't take anything away from you. I said, you're special. You're wonderful, Jacques. And I was like, you're beautiful. Not to me, but in a general aesthetic way. And so that's great, man. Don't, don't let me, I'm not here to rain on your parade. I'm just some boob who, I'm still not even sure how I even got in here. I think I looked it up on some website, like, uh, of stuff to do tonight. And I just rolled in here and I was like, I'm sure that, you know, if you think I was like Serena Williams like that. And he's like, Serena Williams, you know, paid for most of this movie. And I was like, cool. Like, are you friends with her? And he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, she's one of my best friends. I was like, wow. So I was like, there you go. You got one up on me, man. It's like you got close friends that are funding your movies. And, you know, there's no reason to be angry. I mean, you could be angry at me. That makes sense, I guess. It's like being angry at a mosquito for biting you uh, because I'm just, that's it. So I apologize. Everyone else, I apologize. If I had more than $20, I'd give you more, but I don't. But obviously, with Serena bankrolling you, you'll be fine. And I know you hated football, so that's noted. And to all the women in the audience, you are beautiful. You are so beautiful to me. Can't you see? Can't you see? Uh, And then Jacques just kind of looked at me. And I said, listen, um, what? No offense, Jacques, but I'm going to be straight with you while we're, you know, while I'm being honest with you and complimenting you. This slow motion romance is a terrible idea for a full length movie. And I was like, why don't you throw some stuff on Vine, Romo? I was like, you, you, you could be a hit on Vine. I just read this article about these two kids that perform on Vine that are wicked famous and rich now. And touring around Jake and Jack or some stuff like that. And I was like, you could do, that's a better outlet for you. Like, why are you in this basement here? Uh, you know, what do you think? And then he, he said, uh, I'll think about it. He said, uh, vines for lame people like you, you know, we're already on to the next thing. And I was like, well, being in the basement of gum factory is not, uh, well, I guess this is very artistic and stuff, but I was like, Jacques, you, you know, you could rock the world with your Romo, but just not, no one wants to sit through an hour and 30 minutes of a slow motion romance unless they're doing some kind of drugs. And, you know, especially if you're breathing in and you fall, and then there's those interludes. And I'm not sure I picked up on the plot at all, Jacques. Uh, she broke up with her tennis coach. Well, I guess there was a plot because he taught her ping pong, but it would have been nice, you know, if she used the ping pong skills to win something. And then Jack was like, well, that's how the movie ends. And I was like, yeah, oh, and he's like, we got these great shots of the tennis ball doing all these English spins. And I was like, wow, sorry, I interrupted the end of the movie. And I was like, that girl, Constantinopolova. Uh, is she real? Because I had two dreams about her just during the movie. Um, and uh, I, I like saying her name now that I, uh, I'm i saying it. And Jacques says, uh, my name's Peter, one. 
and to leave already. And I said, so that's a no or a yes at Constantinople over Constantinople over is, uh, is that a real person or not? What, what, what? And then he's like, he just points to the door and then believe it or not, I went through the wrong door and I get into this gum factory. It's about one in the morning and whoa boy, I would not buy any cinnamon gum for uh, the next six months because I was like pretending I was Laverne and Shirley and um, what's her name, Lucille Ball, all rolled into one. And I was like riding the gum machine and putting thumbprints in a gum and doubling down the cinnamon additive at certain batches. Well, I can't believe there wasn't a security guard or anything. And I even wrote, I love Constantinople Lovra. It took me like 25 pieces of gum to do that. I'm not even sure. It's like Constantinople Lovra. Con- I can't even tell, spell Constantinople. And I don't even think it's probably not spelled like that to begin with. Novolovra. Novolovra. Um, but that's definitely a tennis name, you know? Constantinopolovra. Uh, I wonder where she went to school. Because uh, it's probably, she's probably not in America. Because America people are lame and they'd be like, can I just call you Connie? Or, you know, whatever. I forgot her first name. Does anybody remember her first name? I don't. But, uh, so, yeah. Or maybe she'd be... She could be like an NPR uh, correspondent. Um, uh, I think of a good first name for her. But uh, it was Constantinople Ovra reporting from uh, Sergey Brin's house. Uh, something, you know? Um, so that's it. It was kind of a downer. But uh, until the gum factory. Yeah. Uh, now I was making giant gum balls, like balls of gum and throwing them. And, like, trying to hit buttons on machines. And then a couple alarms went off. I think, I don't know. Maybe I should feel bad about that. I don't know. But it's probably some gum, gum conglomerate that's rich. Again, this is a made-up story. So if you're with the gum police, do not contact me with any uh, inflammatory stuff. Because I'm not here to be inflamed. I mean, my t- foot's inflamed from getting in direct contact with the cinnamon additive. And I don't know what you guys are putting in that gum anyways. It's crazy. Um, but so that's um, my recommendation is, you know, if you see Romo, um, make sure, you know, before you go to a movie, get in the zone is what I say. Because uh, if you're not in the zone and and then, well, I mean, some of these movies nowadays, they're not always the best. So then if if it pulls you out of the zone, then you're even in this double trouble, you know? Like, um, I watched, uh, when I was sick, towards the end, I watched back-to-back the Hobbit movies um, on my DVR because they were on HBO. And um, that worked out good. I watched it over, like, four days because I was sick. Whereas if I watched it in a movie theater, I don't know what I would have done because it was, like, uh, uh, st- I don't know. This is a guy from that was running around a gum factory. So that's it. Um, is it Martina? No, that's Martina Navratilova. Michelle? No. 
just trying to think if, if uh, any tennis players named Constantinopolova are listening. I love saying your name. I wouldn't mind saying it while I was um, saying the three words you want to hear, whatever they might be, like my sweet Constantinopolova. Uh, I love your, uh, uh, what do you call that thing where your neck meets your shoulder? That place, uh, I like, I like that on you, Constantinopolova. You have the most, uh, wonderful thing that I forgot that I like to kiss. So, uh, that's, that's, um, yeah, so I hope you like hearing that, Miss Constantinopolova. You do a great job on uh, NPR. I liked your report from the uh, gum factory disaster and the crying owner who was pretending because he's just a tool puppet of capitalism. So uh, that's it, my dear Constantinopolova. Like a, you're as fine as a Belova watch. Those are pricey, I know. And Nopals and topals of popal. All over, all over you, my Constantinople over. Your tennis, I like it. Your game, I wasn't paying attention the one time I saw you, but um, if when you're mine, I won't make you drink a strange milky drink uh, in sepia tones because you'll be mine. And I'll just um, sustain you with poetry, roses, and um, probably a teddy bear with a heart on it that says, uh, you know, um, you're the novla of my rovla, my sweet Constantinople over. I'm going to kiss you all over. Did I already say that? Some move the fuck over. Oh, my sweet Constantinople Ofra. I hope you're asleep now. And you're soundly asleep, the rest of you, too. Good night. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep? Welcome, you're in the right place. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Tonight it's trending Twitter Tuesday, so it's based on whatever's trending on Twitter. All you need to do is get in bed, pull the covers, snuggle in. If you have a security blanket or teddy bear or whatever, you know, snuggle that up for a loved one, animal. And maybe you should snuggle up your animals. They do. They do their own snuggling. But uh, whatever, get comfortable and press play. Do the rest. Podcast is going to create a safe place where you can set aside anything that's running through your brain, telling you stuff, or making you toss, turn, keep you awake, whatever's going on in your head. We're going to distract you from that. All you need to do is listen. I'll tell you a story. It'll go on and on and on and on. And it'll be a little bit relaxing, a little bit distracting, a little bit comforting. And I'll just keep going. And soon, the idea is you'll be distracted, and then, but then your grip on the distraction, you'll be just distracted enough to fall asleep. Your grip on reality will slip away.
you'll be off in dreamland. That's what this podcast does. If this is your first time, here's a podcast to put you to sleep, kind of like a bedtime story. Kind of like someone that's there just to talk in your ear until you uh, drift off. That's it. Uh, if, if, you, if, you know, if you're coming here, just give it a shot. See if it works for you. I hope it does. To all you regular listeners, I'm glad to be back here talking to you as usual. We're on the web over at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. On trending Twitter Tuesday episodes will be at slash Tuesdays, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Tuesdays. You can get a hold of me, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can post on the website. You can come over on Twitter at Dearest Scooter or Facebook. Those are all legitimate places to get a hold of me. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear any feedback, any questions, comments, or concerns. That's it. Let's move on to the housekeeping. Housekeeping. Housekeeping, our uh, music theme song is by Christopher over at soundslikeanearful.com. Chrissy. Chrissy Poo. Has he, that's how he prefers to be called. I said, listen, man, this is a professional thing. I don't know, you know, how you do it in Canada with your podcasting, but I'll call you Chrissy Poo. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, Chrissy Poo. He didn't really say that. I, I just started calling him that sometimes. He doesn't hate it, though. He might, I don't know, I'm sure, whatever. He, Chris does a wonderful job with our podcast theme song. Yes, he does a wonderful job with his podcast. Sounds like an earful. Over at soundslikeanearful.com. Give it a listen. We're going to have some new podcast art coming up, podcast artwork coming up soon. That's a little secret project going on behind the scenes with some uh, behind the scenes type stuff. Our podcast has a Lord and Lady. So Lord Jonathan, Lady Shannon, they are uh, uh, chicken barons. So more info will be uh, coming up on that. But Lord and Lady, I salute you as always. I'm curtsying, bowing, genuflecting all in one. I want to uh, over on Facebook. We have our hundredth fan follower uh, like or something. John T. John, thank you for being our hundredth thing. Uh, I saw. I think I talked to you already on Twitter this week. But thanks so much, man. It's good to hear from you. I didn't actually. Yeah, I'll think up some something funny. Hopefully, but right now, thank you is all I have in the wheelhouse. Over on Twitter, I said hi to Kevin, who recommended our podcast to one of his followers or friends this week. Thanks, Kevin. And I'm looking, I don't know if it's John T. and Fred T. are related or if they're the same person. So I wasn't talking to John T. Yeah, well, I guess I was. Interesting. It's confusing, but uh, let's move on. Okay, iTunes, folks. iTunes. Apple's having a little bit of trouble. Uh with podcasts lately, and that's not just mine. I've, got, I've heard from a couple of people that say their iTunes isn't updating or stuff like that. If it is, go ahead. And, if it isn't, well, maybe you're not hearing this if it isn't, but if you're having trouble with iTunes, seeing the episodes, finding the podcast, go ahead and let me know by one of the means, Twitter, Facebook, email, whatever. Uh, anyone that's posted a review, the reviews just aren't... Um, Going through, this is a issue Apple's aware of and they're supposedly working on it, but I'm sure it's not a friggin' top priority since they got bazillion dollars pouring in right now in new phones and stuff. 
but they're, they're working on it and they'll get around to it. Uh, so if you've written a review, I, I, I don't think I've gotten it, but if, and if you can write a review, that's great. It'll, they'll go up eventually. Yeah, Apple's, Apple's one of those country, you know, companies, country, they could probably could be a country, but, um, they do, you know, they get stuff done eventually when the, I'm not, I'm not a hater. I'm just a complainer. So that's Apple. And now I have a, have a, a piece of housekeeping on, I guess, involving my house. That'll give you guys something to complain about. If it, you know, this way I can start screwing up like a, a businesses do. Is so it finally the snail mail, Operation Snail Mail? has moved on to its next phase. Guys, girls, lords, ladies, ninjas, whoever else is listening, I have acquired by means of a, a money and a application and two forms of identification, a post office box for the podcast. And what this means is <laughs> that, uh, I don't know, this is just silly stuff. And I'll probably talk about it more in another episode because I want to, you know, get to the point and move on to the show. But I don't know when I was thinking, after I realized a couple of people were listening to this podcast, uh, let's see, I didn't write this out ahead of time and just kind of doing this cut. What I'm saying is back in the day, there used to be something called a self-addressed stamped envelope, S-A-S-E. And maybe when you're like in the 80s, maybe even the 90s before email and stuff. You watch a game show or there was fan clubs. I'm not saying I have a fan club. That, that's not what I'm saying. But, you know, you'd be, you could send a self-addressed stamped envelope to something and then you might get something back. And that would, I don't know if it was a way. I don't know. I think you could get celebrities to send you, like, pictures of them and uh, whatever. I'm drag. Whoa, I guess this is a podcast, but you sleep. Maybe you'll fall asleep during this part. But so what I'm saying is. I have a post office box. Sleep With Me podcast has a post office box. And I just thought this would be fun, like re, re, like a revival. I don't know if that's a re... Like, let's have a little fun with snail mail, if you want. Maybe no one wants to. And you guys can send me a self-addressed stamped envelope. I'll give you the, the P.O. box. It'll also be at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash S-A-S-E. And I will send you... Um, <laughs> I don't have anything cool to send you, but I do have, uh, when I make the show, when I write the shows, I have, uh, I do it on usually yellow legal pad. And I literally have, since the podcast started, like stacks and stacks of these yellow legal pads with like outlines or brainstorms or bullet points. I'm not, uh, and if so, if you send me a self-addressed envelope, I'll send you like three sheets from the notes. And I, I don't know, I'm not trying to do this to like, well, one, it's like recycling. Let's just look at it like that. If you like the show, this way you own a piece of the show, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm trying to look at it when I'm a fan of something. I think, I don't know, if you like the show, maybe it'll be fun for you, maybe not. Now I'm feeling self-conscious, like I'm not trying to make a big, big, big shot situation here. Just fun. It only costs you, I don't even know, I honestly have no idea how much a stamp costs. 50 cents? If it's 75 cents, that's fucking nuts. But maybe it is. Maybe it's even more. So maybe this isn't a cheap way. But I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. But the P.O. Box, so it's be sleepwithmepodcast.com. 
uh, I don't even, so you go sleep with me podcast. Yeah. Sleep with me podcast. P.O. Box 1751 Alameda, California 94501. So sleep with me podcast. P.O. Box 1751 Alameda CA 94501. You send me a self-adjust stamp down below. So it's like an envelope. You put that address on it, and then you put another envelope with your address on it. I will send you some show notes. I mean, again, if you guys think this is a stupid idea, believe me, let me know. Or I don't know. I guess I this was a, I didn't make a rash decision, but uh, whatever. Let's just see what happens. Okay. Um, now, if you're an international listener. I did look into this because I was like, what about people from outside the U.S.? If you're in the U.S., uh, just go ahead and do the self-addressed stamp envelope. Should be cost you two stamps, one to send it and one to send it back. If you're in Canada, hmm, I didn't look up Canada because you're not exactly international. But, sorry, I got to put that piece of paper down with the P.O. box on. Um, if, so Canada, let's... Let's consider you international for now, but you guys might be able to get away with the self-addressed stamped envelope. But if you're from some other country, let's say Sweden, and you still want to participate, just go ahead and send me um, an envelope, like uh, send me an envelope and then put an envelope with your address inside of it. But don't put any postage on it because I, I can't tell you how much, you know, I don't want to get into some calculations. I'll just pay for the postage, but here's the, here's the what do you call it, exchange, is if you can send me, my brother Dan that just got married collects anything related to public transit. So if you live in a city where there's public transit tokens, if you can send me a token, the cheapest one, or most to- most tokens have gone the way of the dinosaur and self-stamped envelopes. Oh, boy, we're going. This is a time warp here. But uh, a transfer, paper transfer or paper... Like, whatever, something that's from your transit uh, that he can add to his collection. Nothing expensive, like something that's, like, recycled again or a token. But don't give me, you know, don't go, go buying any tokens and paying any money or anything like that. This is supposed to be, like, cheap fun. Hopefully, worst-case scenario, stamps really do cost $2. And it's cost 2 bucks to get three pieces of paper. Uh, but you'll be able to see my – here's some upsides. One – post office box I rented is 24 hours a day open. So that that's something they told me. So, I mean, I, you never know. I could be picking up your letter at 2 in the morning. So that's cool. <laughs> Two, uh, my handwriting is unbelievably atrocious. So you guys could make fun of my handwriting and take pictures of it and maybe try to interpret it. But, I mean, that's one thing. It is literally like... I don't even know what cuneiform is, and if I'm saying it right, but it'd be like something that, like, you would doubt if it was in English, is how bad my handwriting is. And there's a story related to it. It's not just because I'm lazy, but that's what they told me. Um, so that's it. There'll be more updates and stuff on this, but I just wanted you guys to know I followed through on it. That's my happiest. I'm just glad I followed through. Hopefully, you know, we'll get, I get a, we'll have enough fun. I think I paid six months for this box. So hopefully some of you guys will participate, um, and it'll be fun. If you, if you, again, 
If I'm looking like a total a-hole here, let me know. I'm not, I don't want to be an a-hole. But, uh, I, I don't know. The, uh, there's, uh, this is the whole thing. The, my goal with the podcast is, a, is to have some kind of spirit that's different from the, um, agony of not being able to sleep. And this is a little bit silly, a little bit stu- uh, stupid in a, um, non-offensive way, non-mean-spirited way. It's like, oh, remember back when they had selfish or stamped envelopes? Some of you are so young, you don't even know, barely know what an envelope is. So, you know, you get to participate, you know, you may, maybe you can bond with some pe- older people. You know, we can live, it'll be like a period of drama. It'll be like the ro- slow-mo romance. This will be like a period, <laughs> you know, period mailing, you know. Uh, I don't know. So that's it. I have a post office box. We have a post office box. Send me it. I won't keep your address. If you, if you have any, like, crazy artwork or anything that will fit in an envelope without costing you any more money, by all means send that. Or um, a poem about uh, Ray, for example, or anything else. I don't know. Uh, so that's it. That's the uh, uh, snail mail project. Hopefully, eventually, we'll use this for other fun stuff, but that's it for right now. Jesus, I don't know why I'm so self-conscious tonight. All right, let's move on to the show, shall we? It is known. So it's time for another trending Twitter Tuesday Tales. Trending Tales from Trending Twitter Tales on Tuesday. Trending Twitter tales, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite Tuesday segment about stuff that's trending on Twitter. This is Trending Twitter tales, Trending Twitter Tuesday, twending, twending Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I go on Twitter, I'm going to look up what's trending and uh, make up a story about it. Hopefully, successfully. It's, um... It's 9.14 Sunday night, like just about 9 p.m., just before 9 p.m. I don't know when is trend, when the trends update, are they like um, always updating or what, but uh, we got some trending stuff, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, still 10 things trending, nothing sponsored this week or paid for. At least according to the what I'm looking at here, got my handy phone, which is rocking uh, iOS five or I think iOS five. This might have iOS six on it. All right, let's get down to business. I can only buy so much time, of course. And now it's time for trend, <laughs> trending, not twending, trending Twitter tales tonight, but from Sunday night. For Tuesday, stuff that's trending on Sunday for a tale made for Tuesdays. And Tuesdays in Troy, Twitter start with T, not Sunday, so it's better. And I don't always record on Sunday, so it's trending Twitter tales Tuesday, tonight. In your ears tonight, it is Tuesday, ideally or not. Okay. <laughs> All right, so it's two. It's, um, tonight I got a story for you. A little piece of history, historical story. Uh, 
history on some level of uh, with a loose meaning. Historical story. It's about a country. It's a country story. It's one of those stories about a country, country singer or country. I don't know if he's a. He was a. There's a problem with me telling these stories. Sometimes is that. Uh, sorry, I don't know if you guys can hear the difference. I just moved stuff around a little bit, make it sound a little bit better. Like I was saying, I don't know. I'm not uh, up. I don't know. There's country. I know there's country and western. And I know country music's incredibly popular, incredibly important to a lot of people now, in the past, and and uh, but now it's incredibly like pop music. A, a lot of pop music is country music, and uh, this is a this, this story is really not a statement on country music. It's just a tale about this guy who happened to be a country singer, and I'm just trying to figure out because I don't know. I think he was probably a country and western singer, but that would probably mean he was from the west. I wonder if there's like a country, country and Western for some reason does sound better than country and Southern or country and Eastern. I don't know why that is. Maybe just more familiar country and Western, Western, um, you know, cause now I'm thinking about, it, I associate country music more with the South than the West a little bit because just cause of, you know, do, 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 do. Like a, a little bit of a southern accent. But okay, so this is a story about a guy named Willie. And I know you're thinking Willie Nelson's not. Story about a guy named Willie Young. Willie Young. And he was young, he was, when he was a young guy, uh, you know, he just happened to have the name Willie Young, but even when he was old, he was still Willie Young. He mostly went by Willie. And, uh, he's a great guy. He loved to laugh. He was one of those kids. That didn't do so hot in school, really wasn't into school, and was a little bit of a troublemaker, but not in a mean-spirited way. He he just had such a, I guess like a, a love of life or a lust for life, as uh, Carnival Cruises would say via Iggy Pop. If it was Iggy Pop, uh, Carnival Cruise, but not important, is that this guy, Willie, Quick, one of those people quick to smile, and not one of those smiles like somebody like me gives that's like partially awkward and forced. This is like one of those smiles that really would light up a room, put you on ease, and you're like, man, this Willie, he's really having fun. So even when he was in school, the teachers loved him. The teachers loved him, but they worried about him too because he didn't really. This was pre country western music for Willie. He was just a well, footloose and fancy free kid. I mean, he had footloose. He had shoes. I don't want you to think he was footloose, like run around in loose feet. Uh, footloose, footloose, kick off the Sunday shoes. I mean, he probably did kick off his Sunday shoes when he needed to. But this Willie, he he was uh he had shoes. He uh, uh that wasn't. I guess I don't want to distract you with you know his feet. But put perfectly normal feet on Willie. Nothing I know. Some people get creeped out by feet. Not his feet were uh, top of the line. So he's in high school, middle school. He had friends, good friends, but everyone, you know, everyone always had fun with Willie. He wasn't. He kind of pushed the envelope. He partied a little bit too much, drank a little bit too much. A little, but one thing he laughed at a little bit too much. 
And people are always like, well, someday, Willie, you're going to have to, you have to grow up. And, and that's kind of not fair when someone's not grown up to be telling them that. Uh, it's definitely like a grown up anxiety thing to be like, it's triggering some sense that, uh, you know, you're worrying about yourself. You're putting on Willie. But it seemed like he was liked and they're like, man, what if maybe there's like some stirring of fear inside them for this young lad who just had no sense of direction at all, basically. And it was not playing. It wasn't like he was like one of those guys from the made up stories that was, you know, he was having trouble in school. But at the same time, he was like, get off school. He'd be playing his little guitar and. Falling and ladies were loving him and he was going down to the roadhouse and, uh, that was probably Willie Nelson was probably doing that. And, uh, that's, that's why we know Willie Nelson. And I have to tell you this story about Willie Young. But so, uh, Willie graduated high school. He didn't have a job. He, uh, family situation was this, uh, Willie lived with his uncle and his grandma. And he, his parents, um, I'd, I'd honestly, I don't want to presume anything because I don't know what his parents, I just know that was his, his family situation. His grandma had a settlement because she was, she had some, uh, cinnamon gum poisoning, uh, back, like maybe when Willie's parents were around, maybe not, but maybe like she had ingested the cinnamon gum. I guess someone had got into the gum factory. And like triple strength, the gum. And there also was like stuff from their shoes and the gum. So just a warning. This was generic cinnamon gum. Totally generic kind of brand that's not made anymore because they went out of business. Um, but she, she suffered these uh, dental, um, burn, burns. Her gums, they were permanently infused with cinnamon flavoring, this artificial cinnamon flavoring they no longer use because of this. So she always has this sense, only thing she can taste is cinnamon. She constantly has a sense of like cinnamon, that cinnamon burning feeling in her mouth. Not painful level, just a distracting level. And it's permanent cinnamon breath, which, man, give it or take it, might be a good thing, might be a bad thing for Willie will turn out to be both, bit of both. But so she settled with this gum company or the gum factory, you know, ended up, you know, suing them. I mean, maybe she didn't settle. Whatever, she was, they were doing good enough. Like, the uncle lived there. He was not a father figure to Willie. He was more like an uncle figure, um, which is, I mean, everybody knows there's a big difference between a father figure and an uncle figure. And I'm not talking about the... uh Bad uncles from the stories or, uh, how come you don't hear any great uncle stories? I mean, you hear about people having a great uncle, but that's like an uncle of an uncle or something, right? Great uncle is your uncle's uncle or your mom and dad's uncles. But you never hear like, this is a tale about this great uncle. Man, maybe I need to step up my uncling, huh? Oh, boy. Well, you always hear about the bad uncles. Probably the ants, too. But whatever, this uncle, he did the job as uncle. He, uh, you know, gave Willie his first pickup truck, which was, you know, his uncle's old pickup truck. He taught Willie some basic, you know, mechanic skills. Taught him how to be an awkward man among men. I mean, that's, 
He's a father figure in that sense, you know, no, no hugging, you know, a good handshake and a nod of the chin. And let's try not to see each other naked or, you know, don't, don't cry in front of me. And, uh, you know, feelings don't exist. And how about that, uh, you know, lady, you know, how, how she, whoa, whoa, hey now, you know, type stuff. So, yeah, I guess that's a, maybe a big brother. Maybe the brothers, big brothers steal all the thunder from the uncles, but whatever, this uncle, I think he was Uncle Larry, but I'm not positive, so don't don't quote me on that. But whatever, he that was Willie's uncle. And so whatever, um, Willie graduates high school, he's got nothing going on, and but he's living with his grandma and his uncle, getting by. You know, they have uh you know, three square meals a day, warm heat, you know, heat in the winter. You know, not air conditioning in summer, but fans. They had fans. And I forget, I think this was uh, Texarkana maybe, or um, maybe, well, maybe it was Tropicana. I, I can't be sure. Uh, I think it was like um, on some sort of county line. They lived for sure on a county line. Um, so. Not the Mason Dixon. That's too much. That I remember. 48th parallel. That's something famous or 34th. Whatever. It does not, I don't even think it's important to the story. So I don't even know why I'm tell, talking about it. But what was I saying? The uncle Willie graduates high school. And so his uncle sits down with him. He says, listen, Willie, you know, grandmother, uh, I'm the one in her will. So don't think, you know, don't think about it. They, you know, we'll, we'll leave you with a little something if she goes. But, uh, you know, we're not going to, we'll help you out. We're not, we don't want you starving, but, you know, you got to figure, you got to earn your way in this world. And, you know, I've been watching you as your uncle, not in any kind of non, you know, strange uncle way. I've just been keeping an eye on you, Willie. And I figure, uh, that, um, this, you know, you, you're a laughing guy. You're not very serious. You don't do much. You're, you're pretty, you know, you, the ladies think you're attractive. You seem like you've had some girlfriends, but you can't settle down. You know, you're like a steer or a buck or a, a, a male cow bull that can't be. And it's, um, you know, I was thinking, uh, I, I got a buddy. He's got this band called the Outlanders and, uh, I could talk to him. He could put you, you know, you could be an outlander, you know, like help them move their st- stuff or whatever they're going on tour. And you could, you know, they call it this a roadie, this job, but basically, you know, you just got to yuck it up with the band members. These guys are uh, moderately famous around here and they seem like they're going to break big. But even if they don't, Willie, this will give you a chance to see the country. You'll be working. You won't be spending money because you'll be working so much. And, uh, Maybe you'll have a little bit more fun. Maybe you'll be out there in the big wide world. So just sitting around here, you'll find something, you know, you want to do with your life. That's your not to be a faithful decision. Cause Willie said, uh, I think I want to be an outlander. And so his uncle called up this guy. Uh, what was his name? I don't know. Two guys that ran the band. One was like Marshall and Brandon, Brandon Marshall, Brandon. So it's one of those two guys and, uh, Marshall, I think it was not the same Marshall Tucker band guy either. 
Or maybe it was. Maybe that he got broke big. He just left Brandon behind because Brandon's not very good country or southern rock name to begin with. Whatever. They hire Willie. Willie goes on tour with these dudes. These dudes are probably, Willie's whatever, 20, 19, 18. And uh, these guys are in their late 20s, early 30s, something. Maybe probably yeah, 30, 20, yeah, 28, 20, 20, uh, 30. <laughs> 20, uh, 30 uh, years old. So he goes touring with them. And they love this Willie because he's just a piece of positive. And I mean, I've never been on tour with a country and Western band or a country band, Southern rock band, uh, nouveau country. I don't know if that's a term, but, you know, or uh, I know there's two kinds of country now, but I don't know the kinds. But I haven't been on tour with that. I haven't even been on tour with like a classical band or like um, that brand, band of the dudes, uh, like El Dovolo or. Um, Gab, whatever that guy, whoa, from the fountains in Las Vegas, that guy. Um, I've never been on tour with any music or any, anything, basically. <laughs> I'm touring with, with Willie, but whatever. You know, when people get down when they're on tour, Willie would lift them up. He kept them, he kind of kept their spirits balanced because he was so, always so positive and so high and funny. He found everything funny. Like, uh, you know, he'd find stuff in the seats of the van or the bus or whatever. And he'd eat it. And then he'd laugh so hard. Everyone would laugh. And I don't know if you've seen the movie Almost Famous. Great movie. I highly recommend it. But it showed a little bit of tension between band members that can happen. Anytime there was anything like that, well, he used his humor to, to whatever do. So everyone, and everyone felt like they could talk to Willie because he was like, you just nod and listen and laugh at the appropriate moment. Great listener. I wish I could listen like this Willie fella, feller. But so one day it was, uh, Willie's going to be, Willie was going to turn 19. They're on tour. And they, um, uh, the Outlanders had this big song. Oh, what was it called? Oh, it was called Miss America. How can I forget about it? And uh, it was like this, the big, it was their big hit. It ended up being a hit, uh, believe it or not. Uh, half a couple, not not yet in the story, but later on. Now, you probably never heard of it because you don't. I mean, this is like the, this is the pre, uh, whatever. Just don't look it up, okay? <laughs> uh, but their song was like, big song was Miss America on the tour. And this was like. They did play as an encore or the last song. And they didn't care, man. They wanted, the audience wanted to hear it. Sometimes they played twice a night. And I'm sure you want to hear some bars from it. It was like, is it, it, she is, she is Miss America. She is, she is Miss America. Is, is America. Something for the same old thing, boy, boy, the name of my wing. Something like that. And then it would go, Miss America, she is, she is, Miss America. And they would always get like women up on stage dancing. And then it was like easy for everybody to say, Yes, she is, Miss America. She is, she is, Miss America. And I think it was like um, this woman, I think the story 
was like a, it was a freaking great story for the song. Now I'm thinking about it because it was like a, it was like a made up song, like right up my alley kind of song. I don't know. I think Marshall and Brandon songwriting credit. I don't know who's the genius of those two, but it was about, um, that this dude seduces the Statue of Liberty and, uh, like this love song written in this, like written by a giant about seduce, seducing Statue of Liberty and then falling in love and then her breaking his heart because then she accepted this job where she was just, you know, had to stand around and, you know, guide. But then it was like a metaphorical, even though it was a metaphor, it was like another layer of metaphor like that. She was like becoming the metaphor for like, you know, a beacon of light to, you know, take your poor and your ragged and your, uh, hungry or tired and poor or whatever it is. And, uh, like that guy in the song, he was like poor ragged giant cause they were giants. Um, I don't quite know how they, you know, that they didn't scare anybody in the song, but whatever. Uh, it was basically like a love ballad for the Statue of Liberty that you could take on multiple levels. Like if you're like me, you, you dive into the fantasy part of it. And, you know, you dig deep, you're actually like, oh, that's what the lyrics mean. On her feet, sandals and some vein. And she carried around a book of van or van. In a van she used to run and ran. Because they went to high school together, I think. And she was on the track team. She was a relay racer, I think, was part of the song. I think that's when he fell in love with her. And then, so then it was like ironic. Is that irony? I'm not sure. That then she gets a job holding the torch because this guy would be like when he's reminiscing and then they'd be, I think it was like he was reminiscing with a, with Mark Brandon because it was like a call and response type thing. Because then he'd be like, tell me about this girl. I don't think I'm going out of key there, but uh, uh, whatever, like he was telling his buddy about the woman he fell in love with who just... And then he'd be like, well, who is she? She is, she is Miss America. So it's like one of the songs too, kind of like Stephen Wright I talked about before that like, or any other comedian that kind of has like delayed action joke that you get like a little bit later and you're like, oh man, like that song's about the Statue of Liberty. But anyway, this, this is neither here nor there because this one particular show of Willie's 19th birthday they call him on stage to do the Miss American Willie was drinking and dancing with the ladies and happy. But he gets on there and he's like, yeah, and he has this twangy that no one's ever heard him sing before. And they were like, like they stopped playing. People stopped singing along and he was just singing the, uh, the chorus. And somebody's like, man, your pitch is perfect. Like on that is, is. This America thing, like, holy crap. And uh, ended up being the downfall of the Outlanders, oddly enough, because then they started fighting. They're like, we get, and plus, like, Brandon and Marshall, none, neither one of them were uh, exactly uh, lady killers as far as looks-wise. No offense. I mean, let's just be honest. It's like success in music. Uh, it's a performance, so... Um, not everybody can hide in a closet behind some 
you know, like a, whatever is in front of me right now and be anonymous with a made up pseudonym to protect themselves. You know, some people got to be out there on tour, whatever. The point is this Willie guy is obviously going to be a star. And some people tried to hitch their things t- to him, but not Brandon or Marshall because they couldn't get it, get it together. But the rest of the band, the rest of the Outlanders were like, dude, we, we're in with you. And, um, So they're like, you know, we can teach you. The rest of the band members are like us, Jared and Alan. Uh, Jared and Alan. Can't remember. Those are the only two dudes I think that, uh, that got any credit, but I think if they, they didn't even have that many, like a big band. They, uh, Jared played guitar. Alan played bass. I think they had another guy on drums. Maybe that was it for a while. And then Willie slowly learned guitar. But this Willie, because he had this unique way of seeing the world, positive, joyous way of being. I mean, of course he's going to be, people are going to respond to it and, uh, like love it because he, he's, uh, exudes this passion for the world that so many of us struggle with that he didn't see life as a little bit of a slog or, a little bit of a difficulty as some of us do and be like, man, this, you know, I, I wish I knew how to do this or I wish he, he, he had like, when people talk about having a little bit of magic or the X factor as a cayenne might say, th- this guy had it, but he, he had a palpable X factor, like one we can put our finger on pretty much, not how he did it. But the fact is like, he was just full, 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 full of joy. I already said it. Um, so he had his first hit, which was a song called Bears. And it was just like, he didn't really, it, it was like, and I'm not saying this in a, like some people are like, say out of jealousy, oh, he's got the looks, he's got the thing. Uh, if you want a great song about that, um, I don't know if you guys are into old 97s, but there's a song called The New Kid. If you uh, uh, like the one, the live version, but uh Good song. Check that one out. New kid. He's got money. The money I deserve. Like about somebody that's bitter and jealous. He's got the looks, but he's no good for his word. Uh, um. So whatever. I'm not hating on Willie that he's good looking and charming. like in that. But that's part of his success too. So he wrote the song Bears. And it wasn't even that. It was like bears, they're going in the woods, that bears, that one of in the woods was on bears, that fall bears, bears about but now bam bam, bears around about bam bam, the bears are falling about bam bam, bam 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 bam, and that, like a lot of that picking action, which I'm probably not doing justice, was a Jared Allen uh, combo. But bears, vowels and big did you bears, vowels and each of bears, vowels and each of the bears, bears, bears. And I don't even know if that one had any metaphor in it. Um, I mean, I'm sure certain communities, like communities of bears, I mean, I mean, like talking about guys like that call themselves bears, which I don't, so that's a subculture. I know a couple bears, uh, cool dudes, but, um, they took the song as their anthem, but also just like country music fans took it because you can just say bears, you know, people like singing along 
with music and like familiarity and fun. Why people like country music was one reason, I guess. Fun. And feeling like a sense of belonging when you're singing along with other people. You know, you feel like, wow, this is fun and I'm with these people and you're looking at people, you're laughing. And especially if you're at this Willie's concert, you're like over, you're, uh, filled up with joy. Uh, like, I guess can't, can't be using that, but you're laughing along with this guy who's just so happy to be performing. But so, um, you must be wondering what, like, when's the wheels going to come off of this, right? Like, when's Willie's go start hitting the bottle too hard? Or, you know, when's the, like, the, you're giving us the calm before the storm? When's this big drop off? Or what's going to go wrong? Or who's going to fight who's, is he going to get married? And then his wife doesn't get along with the band? Or Jared and Alan steal the credit? None of that happens, uh, believe it or not. What happens is, the story keeps going a little bit, <laughs> clearly. Um, so they keep rising to fame. Uh, I think there's another one of their songs, too. Rising to Fame was another one of their songs. Weird that I just thought of that while I was saying it, but it was like, how'd that one go? Rising to fame, bad of fame. It's a rising, rising to fame. It was a babe like a round. You got raisins in the sun, that's a thing, but don't be a great when the day is done. I don't know, something like that. But we're rising to fame, and the fame is a rising, rise. And I think it busts into some, like, stadium-level moment. Rising to fame, like, and if I fed, they kind of like living out of prayer, or, or uh, the other one. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like when all of a sudden the lights come up. I don't know why that's in my head now, but whatever. Uh, but so in the rise and fame on the backs of the songs, that, and it's like people are like, uh, you know, scumbag people are trying to get in and finagle them. But these Jared and Alan, I think they were brothers, Jared and Alan, Jared and Alan or Alan and Jared, whatever, however, whichever order you want to. Uh, so they kept a tight lid on this, you know, the songwriting credit, the, the three of them were sharing it. And then they've, the drummer came in. Now they wouldn't give them a whole 25%. I think the drummer got like, uh, 11%, but you know, that they, they were fair people and Willie just like wanted to rock. Um, so whatever, these guys were riding the lightning. That's, that's a Metallica song, I think. So not their song to the top. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, Willie was partying a lot and, uh, stuff. And they just, these guys just kept touring and he, but they didn't burn out probably because of his positive energy and people were a little bit nervous, but Jared and Alan were always like, you know, this doesn't, if we ever changed, we'd be worried. So anyway, like these guys get so big, they get invited to do the Super Bowl. And I don't know if this is Super Bowl, uh, this was like Super Bowl, like one of the ones that, that has like an extra thing. It was like Super Bowl 26B, 26.2, 31 point. You remember when that, all that stuff happened and then they had the other Super Bowl. Uh, but so it was that Super Bowl. So that's probably, you know, with the hiccup stuff and the 
But so they did that Super Bowl. It was Chicago versus Chicago versus San Francisco, Chai versus SF Super Bowl 26B. I want to say, but I don't think it was uh, 26B, but something like that or 20, what is it, 30, 30.5? I can't remember. Something like, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's totally off track. So they were doing the halftime show of this thing. But so the, this leading up to the Super Bowl was like all the, the two cities for some reason started disliking each other. And, uh, there was all this lead up. And, uh, then the game was like zero zero at halftime. And right when, uh, uh, you know what? I never even told you the name of the band just cause uh, I, I don't, I mean, it, it kind of kills the, the name of the band is the snakeskin. Snakeskins. Snakeskin? I think it was snakeskin. Does that sound like a right for a band or snakeskins? I guess the guys in the band were the snakeskins. I mean, it was Willie and the snakeskins. I think it was just snakeskin. I think. So that's why I didn't bring up the name of the band, just because I was like, uh, I want you to have respect. I think, uh, you know, they wrote some good songs, but so whatever, the, Snakeskin goes out, uh, Willie's band, I prefer, Will, Willie and the Boys. That's what they should have been called, Bri. But maybe that's like other band's, uh, name. Willie didn't, there wasn't any snake, I don't, maybe the drummer wore some snakeskin pants. Are those snakeskin pants? Can you wear snakeskin pants? I'm not even sure if that's a good idea. Like, what do you think, um, is that wicking? Is, he, is that like Cool Max, like the snakeskin? I would think the last thing I want in my body is lizard skin. Like which side's facing your skin? Is it, and then what kind of leather, like, like has that snakeskin like been shedded? Anyway, oh, that was another song though, Shed, shed Your Skin. Shed, that was like like one of their like uh, sexual ending, you know, song. Shed your skin, shed your skin, over feel Man, did you skin my sweet little vibes out there? I take it down to the mix and so that I buy a drink and a song and a cigarette. But you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I'm not just living vicariously through uh, Willie and the boys. But uh, so Super Bowl, what, like right before they're they're supposed to play, they're already on stage. This like riot breaks out between the two, like the fans of the Super Bowl. And what's totally strange is if you know anything about Super Bowls, is it's not even the real fans. It's like, um, a lot of people that are there because they won contests or people that sponsor the Super Bowl get a certain number of tickets, ultra rich people. I mean, some super fans of the teams. But it was like this riot that no one even understood because it was like, wait a second, none, how many, how many of these people are actual fans of San Francisco or Chicago? And, uh, what ended up happening was, uh, it turned out later that someone's had brought in some, uh, pepper spray and then it, someone had stepped on the pepper spray that was in a, a purse and it leaked and it just caused everybody, like, it caused a fight and then everybody got more and more. It must have, maybe it was just like agitation spray, but it created this, I don't know, and maybe people were, you know, a little bit off, off their keisters. But so Willie was like, I can't, I got to go. 
And he's trying to break up this fight because it's like, it's just like, you know, massive. Like, I don't even know why everybody was fighting everybody. Maybe it was like over the, like, they're like, I paid. You just like, it was like one of those things, like a wave, but, but like a natural wave in the stadium. Like, I think that is probably what happened. Like the pepper spray got sprayed, but then the wave was going in both directions. People are, have like a $25 beer, it gets knocked out of their hand, but then they wave and then it knocks like an $80 hot dog. And so then people are like, even if you're in the top 1%, you're like, what the heck, man? I can't even believe I paid for a $20 beer. I can afford it, but you just knocked my beer. So that's probably what caused the riot, I think. Natural wave, believe that. Like, which came first? The fake wave that people do? Or, I mean, I don't know if you call it the fake wave, but the wave. Or was it like a natural wave from something like that? Like, uh, like something pepper spray, and then it just created a wave in both directions. It probably canceled out. Or maybe it waved back. Hmm. I don't know. I need some science expertise on that uh, wave behavior, natural wave behavior among humans with overpriced stuff among ultra, presumably mostly ultra rich, but not all. But so this riot's breaking out. And while he's like, I can't have this. And uh, I don't know what it was, but it shook him to his core, this fight. And he was breaking people up. And he's like, you know, it's just a $20 beer. And the guy's like, they're not serving any more beer because it's a fort. But, but for the first time with his wife, he, he was shaken. And, uh, like his joy was, uh, put on hold. His, uh, exub- youthful exuberance, his total exuberance was like, uh, was like, um, he was troubled now all of a sudden. And he's canceled the tour. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's dropping out of the band. And the guys are like, what is going on? And then he's like, I don't know, man. I need, I need like to take a life, a class in life, you know, life class. I don't know anymore. So he like went back to school and, uh, he, he went to like started at community college because he did graduate from high school, like I said. And all of a sudden he was like, uh, he was interested. Like one of his teachers, this community, just a regular old community college teacher was like, Willie, man, like you, sh-, he goes, uh, cause you know, once Willie got out of the, like a little distance between him and this riot, or maybe it wasn't a riot, just like, uh, trouble. Um, he started his, you know, happiness or he couldn't contain, you can't contain that kind of person. So he just, this teacher was like, you have such a unique way of working at the world, such a positive way. Like, I know you can have impact on people. Um, I'm not sure how, but, uh, you know, like you should, maybe you should study some sort of mental health, like you need to get involved in helping other people because it's like just having you in this class, I look forward to coming to just to see your face. And he's like, just to hear you ask questions or reflect back on my teaching. Hey, you know, I really want to encourage you, you know, that this is a gift, a talent, even though it's natural. And Willie's like, no, 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 I fake this, you know. And he's like, oh, you're just kidding. I'm just kidding, teach. Willie like to call people teach, even though now he's like probably like 29, 30, older than people in class. Um, So Willie decides he's going to go to, he decides he'll get into mental health. He's going to become like a, 
he, you know, he just struggles between the whole LCSW thing or a freaking, you know, PhD situation, psychiatrist, psychologist. I don't even know the difference. DSVM4, DSVM5. And then even that, well, he's like, ends up being famous because he's like, whoa, 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 let's, uh, you know, slow our DSVM. You know, we, we don't have to be four or five. Can't we just, uh, you know, he, I think he's like, he might be right now working on like the DSVM 4.5.4.4.5.4. 4. 4. 4. 4 something they're working on it. I heard to like re, rejigger whatever. And like a couple other things, maybe even new Coke. No, that's too far gone, but yeah, I'm just kidding there. But so he gets in this mental health. I'm not sure what kind of doctor, whatever he becomes because, uh, uh, he, he just because, so he ends up changing his name because he, uh, this is, this is the, this is the kicker. You're not going to believe it. So he ends up changing his name because he's like, you know, he wants to have a private practice and uh, he wants to have a private practice. I mean, he'd be charging the same people from the riot, you know, one percenters or whatever. No offense, if you're a one percenter, I'm sure you suffer from stuff. You just have, you know, you can bathe in stuff like some sort of lemon verbena that you got. That's whole, you know, whatever. I can't be doing that. So I'm a little jealous. Passive aggressive stuff. Well, he told me all this. Um, but so Willie, he opens his practice and he's just a giving back. He's working with, you know, inner city youth that are suffering from PTSD, people coming back from the war. He becomes an expert on, um, different ways of dealing with depression and, you know, just ways of, you know, this whole plasticity of the brain thing that everybody's talking about. Willie's like one of these people that's at the forefront now. He's changed his name a couple times. And then finally he retired, uh, recently. So a lot, but a lot of this whole stuff is on his back. Uh, like he was a, a f- and he still like gets involved. But because you guys listen to the podcast, I can tell you what Willie's real name is. And you're not going to fucking believe this shit. It's Ray fucking Perkins. That's like his, uh, backstory. And that's why Ray. When he comes on the show, and I think he's going to be booked for next week. I'm not 100% positive. And um, I didn't get his permission to tell his story, but it's just such a grand story. Strange, but also a great story. Um, I had to tell you guys because it's like I was like, I was like, Ray's such a positive guy. Like when he comes on the show, not like unlike me, I'm not like I'm a negative Nelly. But it's just like when you see these people out there in the world, you're like, wow, you got something, man. And then when you hear about these people, they just spend all their time uh, giving back and helping people. And they're, they're still like, I don't know, it's like, like they're sucking the marrow out of life, as some poet once said that Robin Williams quoted at Dead Poets Society. Um. And poor Robin Williams, I'm thinking of you, man. Okay. I hope you have some peace now. Uh, but so that's the story of Willie, uh, and his band and his other, all the other stuff I told you turns out it wraps around 
to honored on this podcast to have this guy, Ray Perkins, uh, my neighbor. That's his story. Unbelievable. Uh, may, may, may not even be, uh, almost like a dream. Um, you could say. So that's, that's, that's the story for tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope, um, yeah, find a little bit of Willie. There's a little bit of him out there everywhere. Um, it's just a little bit harder for some of us to tune into that wavelength that he was so tuned into and that race who turned, so turned into, but we, you know, that's why we come together kind of, you guys will listen to me, but I know, uh, I can sense something, uh, at work. I can't explain it. Um, that we all are together, uh, as you listen and I, I'm a voice point for this. Um, so there is hope. We can have hope. Maybe not the hope in the vibrant, with a vibrancy that Ray and Willie feel, but you can have hope, okay, that hopefully you're already asleep. And this is just, but even if you can't fall asleep, um, it, it's going to be, there. there is some joy out there. It's just a little bit harder for us to always see it. But it's there. Um, uh, and it might be, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe when Ray comes on next week, he's not going to want to talk about it. Because he just wants to talk about his Disney stuff, which is his new, he's a retired, he deserves it. All right, well, thank you so much. I hope I help you fall. It's a good night, um, sweet listeners, and I'll see you soon. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep? Welcome, you're in the right place. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. It's trending Twitter Tuesdays, and we do it with a bedtime story based on what's trending on Twitter. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, press play. Podcast creates a safe place where you can set aside any racing thoughts, pending thoughts, thinking thoughts, listing thoughts, griping thoughts, whatever, whatever your brain's up to. We're going to distract you from that with our story. And you just got to listen. And as the story goes on, it's going to take a turn and then a twist but not one of those twists like um one of those good movies that has a big twist like maybe the most usual suspects or something be more like a twist boring twist i don't even know what a boring twist is like dancing with your grandmother doing the twist twist and then i'll take probably another turn and then a left and a right and then i'll do something like this where i'm just kind of going on and on and on Soon you'll be asleep, and you'll wake up rested and ready to live a fuller life, hopefully, or just a partially more rested life, less grouchy life, whatever. I just want you to get a good night's sleep or help get a decent night's sleep. That's it. You deserve it. All right? So that's what we're here for. We're on the web, sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get a hold of me, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com, on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. On Facebook, whatever. Let me know what you think, and welcome. Now we're going to try out a new uh, housekeeping segment here. Kind of like a romper room style. I don't know, maybe I'll try this at the end of the beginning, I'm not sure, but... Alright, ready? Hey everybody, good night. I want to say good night to Chris Posty, Chrissy Poo Posty, who does our music. I want to say good night to Scott and his wife Jennifer. Thank you for our, all our art. 
I want to say, good night, Lord. Good night, lady. Good night. I want to say good night. Good night to our new friend on Twitter, Frida. Good night, Frida. Good night, Defrenestrator Nick. Good night, Baroness Bonnie. Good night, General Ian. Good night, Ninja. Jacob. Duchess Stephanie. Good night, everyone that had on Facebook that had such nice things to say about our new art. Good night. Good night, Autumn. Thank you for your iTunes review. Good night, and thanks so much for listening. Good night. Let me know what you think of this. Good night. All right, folks, try out a couple new stuff on the intro there, but what hasn't changed is tonight's trending Twitter Tuesdays. It's trending Twitter Tuesday. Tonight, it's, uh, well, it's this afternoon. I mean, when you're listening to it, it'll be Tuesday night. And this is a trending Twitter tale based on what is trending on Sunday. And it's a tale based on Twitter. And I'll be uh, tweeting this before you hear it, the pictures of Twitter, so you can check out a time next time. Trending Twitter Tuesday. All right, so I'm going to get on Twitter. I'm going to press pause, get on Twitter, and I'll be right back. All right, so it's Sunday afternoon. It's uh, 124 Pacific Daylight Time, uh, 921 is the date. September 21st, and I'm on Twitter here. I just want to give you guys a heads up. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, right now on my phone, I'm still rocking, I think, iOS 5 on this bad boy, 4S. Kicking a little iOS 4S. I don't know, so I don't know if eventually I'll be upgrading my phone or my operating system because I don't have a choice. So I hopefully Twitter won't change to be like the iPad, where it's kind of a pain to just look up a list of trending stuff. But whatever, we'll, we'll burn that bridge when we cross it. Or whatever, we'll pull a Gandalf, Barlog, bridge situation, Casa Doom, when we cross it. But we got Twitter up here, we got usual, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, we got usual ten things, it looks good. And uh, tonight I'm going to be turning the mic over to the podcast legend now. The guy that makes me feel like an inadequate, no, the guy I love and uh, that I love to have here and that the audience seems to love. And I would have him on nonstop. It makes it easier for me. But uh, you heard his, uh, if you want to go back to the Turning Twitter Tuesday, a couple last Tuesday, his backstory. Uh, he's not in here, so he doesn't know about that. But I'm turning the mic over to my neighbor. Ray Perkins, and he's going to talk about his trip to Disney World that happened a couple months ago that he's been slowly going through. And, you know, let's see what happens. All right, Ray Perkins. Ray, Ray, come on in. Hello, hello. Uh, you you could pause it, and then I'll get on the phone. Okay, so we're going to pause it. Ray's going to be on next. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. It's me, Ray. I'm so glad to be back. I'm honored. Honored to be back on the podcast. Thank you, Scooter. Thank you. You, you could close the door. I'd probably just be alone with the uh, the listeners I've heard from some of you that uh, has nice things to say about Ray, and Ray says the nice things to say about you. Hello. So good to see you. I missed you so much. I missed all of you, especially the ones that like me and the ones that don't. I missed you too, believe it or not. I'm the kind of guy that misses everybody. I care about you. I hope you're getting a good night's sleep. I hope I can help you sleep here. And believe me, Scooter and I have made up from our little falling out that you might have heard. 
wasn't a big deal. He's just got a, you know, he's a sensitive little guy. He's not, well, he's not little than me. He's taller than me. I think he's about, he's a normal size. All right, well, I'm, I'm a five. I think he may, I'm, he may be two inches taller than me. He's not a tall man, not a small man, but he's a little guy to me. I care about him a bunch. And uh, I'm, I'm just glad to be here, folks. If you could see the smile on my face, it is, it's a mile, miles and miles of smiles here from your, your good friend Ray. And I just want to, oh, go snuggle you all up. Oh, Ray snuggling you. Oh, it's good to be back. I'm just, oh, well. Now, my friends, I'd love to just sit here and chat, but this is a one-way of technology here. And, uh, you know, I can't, so I can't, uh, I can't chat with you. And I'd love to pretend and have you, you know, sit around with Ray and we could just relax. And I could tell you how much I care about you and how much that I love hearing about people that say hi to Ray. But, or that don't, but what, like I said, we covered that. But I'm here to talk about my trip to Disney. And uh, last time I left off, there was a mix-up in the episode order. But uh, let's just talk about, my, uh, this is my day four. Now my day four was a very, very lovely, lovely day at uh, Animal Kingdom. Now, I think so far we've visited, we've visited uh, the, the Magic Kingdom, I believe, Epcot Center. And uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. And now we're going on to Animal Kingdom. And I know I talked about it a bit, but this is a Disney's take on a zoo. It's not a zoo, as I said. I think originally uh, the men that built it were... Uh, uh, oh, oh, Scooter told me to say that uh, this park, parts of it were designed by... Uh, what's uh, he, he, he told me, and then I forgot the guy's name, but the listener, Ian... His Twitter picture looks a bit like this guy, Joe Rohde is his name, who designed some of this park. And it's like I said, Disney's take on a, a zoo. It's um, a kingdom animal. So why don't, why don't you just come along for the ride and just close your eyes and drift off. So I woke up in my hotel. And again, this was a morning when I said, Ray, we got to get up. We got to get moving. This Florida heat is not going to be good. It's supposed to rain in the afternoon. Let's get out there and get after this animal kingdom because we have not seen it yet, boy. And my animal kingdom uh, uh, things to, you know, want to see it. uh, So I go there. I get up about, uh, about I think the park was supposed to schedule be open at 9. Now let me tell you a little tip I picked up from uh, Mr., uh, what's his name, Len Testa, Testa, Len Testa. I think is his name. He's like uh, some sort of uh, genius about Disney stuff. He's got an unofficial book with another guy about unofficial Disney stuff and a website. But he uh, says uh, he was saying somewhere that uh, the park opens. They say it opens. Let's say they say it opens at 9. It really opens at 8.30. So you got to be there. If you're there an hour ahead of time. You're in way good of shape. Sometimes I'll even open it at 8, even though it's supposed to open at 9. So I say to myself, Ray, get up at 7. Park opens at 9. You'll be there at 8. So I get up. You know, I do my thing. Not very much to do. You know, I'm a, I'm a easy, low-maintenance feller. And uh, I get my coffee. I get myself a little treat for the morning. I say, Ray, why don't you have a cinnamon bun? Why don't you get a little sugar in your system and, you know, 
you know, start the day out wrong. Because <laughs> you deserve it just like all oh, you deserve something nice. You, you know, you got your icing, you got your cinnamon, and you got your uh, pastry type situation. So I buy one of those. I buy a coffee. I go out. I sit. I'm listening to the air. And I'm listening to the birds. And I'm just enjoying a cool, brief respite in the Florida before the heat sets in, before the humidity. There is something magical about Florida at this time of day, my friends. And I'm looking over the pool area, and that's all. It's, it's, it's not quiet, but it's not noisy. There's people going to their breakfast. There's people going along. And then I see this poor mother and a young little daughter, and they're trying to carry a breakfast, obviously like a surprise for the family, back to the room. And his daughter was probably seven, eight, nine years old. I'm not sure. But uh, the mother, she was carrying some coffees. And the daughter, was she was carrying some juices for probably for her brothers and sisters. Or I don't know. But the poor little girl, she, uh, I don't know. You know, sometimes these children, sometimes adults too, you trip on something that's not there. I'm not sure if, if uh, you trip over your own feet, I guess they say. And she trips. And the juices go splattering, and she lands on the juice. Now, luckily, thank, thank the, thank, thank, luckily it was not a hot coffee situation. And she goes down, and she's crying, and her mother's panicking, but she's got these hot coffees, and she's looking around. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Here, let me take the coffee. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's okay. What's, what's your name, little girl? And uh, she said, Megan, uh, hey, mommy, I miss mommy. The juices caused mommy so stressed because the juices were for, you know, and she's saying all this stuff. I say, okay, Megan, it's okay. You got a little juice on you. Looks like you're going to have to go get washed off. I say, mom, why don't you go take Megan? Now, uh, now uh, let me tell you, folks, sometimes Ray's known to spin a little white lie. And I know some of you say, whoa, whoa, Ray, what are you doing? And the lion's never good, and you're probably right. But in this situation, here's what I say. I said, Mom, why don't you take Megan back to the room now? Now, my name's Ray. I'm a perfectly normal human being. There's nothing twisted about me at all except for a fear of something. But that's not going to affect anything right now. I'll take your coffees back to the room. I happen to have a good friend in there, and I'm going to tell them what happened. I'm sure they'll give you a free juice as a replacement. And I'll take it back to your room, Okay. Now you run along with your room number. They give me the room number. It's private information. I'm not going to reveal it on a podcast. Even though this was months ago, it's none of your business. But I say, hey, Megan, Megan, it's okay. Don't cry over spilled juice. There was no milk to cry over. But don't cry over spilled juice. Megan, you're good. Megan, good. Okay? Good girl. People fall down all the time. And you should cry. You should feel free to cry. But don't let it ruin your day. You got the whole rest of the day. What do you know? So I go get the juice, whatever. This is getting all Ray, you're already boring me. Job done. So I go back. I get the juice. I go back to the room. I knock on the door. There's a dad there. He says, hey, oh, okay, Ray, I really appreciate that. Can I give you some dollars for this thing? He says, I say, no, my friend. I, uh, it was all taken care of by the folks at Disney. You tell them what happened. And normally they'll take, they know they're charging four dollars for a juice. The juice costs them ten cents. You know, you spill the juice, they're gonna give you more juice, they want you to be happy. And Ray wants you to be happy, so enjoy your day. 
and tell Megan to be good. And I don't mean behave good. I mean, enjoy yourself. Now, Ray, I always tell you I have a plan. My plan was to get to the animal kingdom an hour before opening. And I left the extra 15 minutes for enjoyment or complications. And that was a little complication in a good way. So I still had a plan. I'm going to go catch the bus to the animal kingdom. Believe it or not, I walk up to the bus stop. And the bus, it must have known I was coming. There's a man getting on the bus. And I get on the bus right behind him. And the bus is going off to the animal kingdom. Would you believe, folks, no good deed goes unpleasanted, folks. So I sit on the bus. It's a cool, cool bus with the air conditioning is going. And I'm just, I'm whistling a tune that was stuck somewhere in my subconscious. And I'm whistling in it. And I, I can't, well, I'm not a good whistler under pressure. I'm a good whistler under relaxation. So I can't whistle here for you. But I can tell you that I did not know what I was whistling. I was just whistling out of joy for the day awaiting me and the day I've already experienced. But the song caught somebody's ear and they start whistling along with me, folks. And it's a song. Now, I'll tell you, if you've seen uh, the movie uh, Kill Bill, volume, I'm not sure if it was one or two. But Miss Daryl Hannah, I believe, is the one who whistles this song. And I think it's called like a twisted wave or something, twisted eye, some, some sort of song. Very beautiful. Daryl Hannah, a beauty, a mermaid, a actress that uh, I, I salute, a wonderful actress. But uh, so I'm whistling it. This young, young man is whistling along with me. And then a third person all the way at the front of the bus. I'm, I'm in the middle of the bus. This other young man, he's at the back side of the bus. They, the three of us are whistling along the song and laughing. And I'm like, holy, I must be in the vacation kingdom because there's no doubt I'm in the happiest place on earth. And then uh, people clap. And this one guy, he's wearing a, a Philadelphia Phillies jersey. He says, what are you guys going to audition for the X Factor? Oh, this is wonderful. And everyone's laughing, and then somebody's like, that's from Kill Bill. That's those children on this bus. What's wrong with you? And I say, how are they going to know what a movie it's from if the children? It's a song, and it probably had a history before and after the movie. And I guess I a little bit lost my cool there because I was so joyous. And uh, I, I guess I snapped a bit. But she said uh, to me, like, uh, well, my kids have seen the movie. And I said, well, I cannot judge you, ma'am, because I cannot walk in your shoes because they would not fit me. I'm sorry for snapping. I was just whistling along, and maybe next time I'll whistle a little bit quieter to myself. I did not know we'd be having our X-Factor audition on this bus with uh, my friends. Then the man in the, the, the Philadelphia Phillies jersey slaps me on the back. He says, oh, friend, don't worry, don't worry. You know, it's just music. Music can't hurt anybody, I don't think. And I said, well, what uh, jersey you got on there, my friend? He said, uh, Deshaun Jackson. And I said, oh, I, uh, I, I'm familiar with him somewhat. Is he st- I'm, I, 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 but I'm uncomfortable talking about it since I don't know that much about him. And this guy had a laugh at me because I, I didn't know him much about Deshaun Jackson. I think he, I know he's a wide receiver. And uh, he just had a good laugh, and then the bus, next thing you know, 
with that whole experience, the bus is pulling up to the animal kingdom. Now I look at my watch and I realize that I have a magic band on my wrist. I realize I have a magic band on my wrist and not a watch. Now the magic band, my friends, if you're this is your first time here in Ray, your good friend Ray, if this is your first time here and your good friend Ray, it's a magic band. It's this new thing Disney has. It has a, you put it on your wrist and it has your tickets, your hotel key, your, uh, you can put your ATM card on there. And then, you know, you put it to a, just, just like a cell phone type GPS situation. So I don't have a, it doesn't tell time. It just has a Mickey face on there, uh, but pleasant to look at. And it has my name on the other side, Ray. So in case I lose it or if I have a guest over and she has a magic band, we don't, you know, but uh, most of my guests did not have magic bands. So, and I, and moving on, uh, well, oh, so the time. So I realized, my friends, it is eight o'clock on the nose. And uh, Magic Kingdom scheduled to open at nine. So I'm going to hear to test out Len Testa's little uh, tip. And would you believe it? I go up and I'm walking around and I say, Ray, well, the gates aren't open yet, but uh, who knows when they will open. And I say, oh, let's start planning our day. Now, my friend, let's have a plan, like Ray says. Now, when you get to the magic, uh, when you get to the animal kingdom at the opening of the park, you got two main choices, depending on if you have your fast passes or whatever. You got a roller coaster type thing called the Expedition Everest, which goes up. It's a roller coaster. Does not go upside down, but it goes fast. So you got to consider whether that's your thing or not, but it gets a line. And then you have a, uh, uh, a jungle. Uh, expedition type thing called uh, um, Harambe Safari. I don't know something. I'll think of the name before. But you you got to go on one of those two things. Like one's a jeep, and you go see the animals in the savanna type made up savanna. So I say, well, uh, Ray, you know, you by yourself. Why don't you go on the roller coaster as soon as it opens and go over to the safari. I also had magic pass, uh, fast passes for both those rides, but I'm going to double it up, folks, because I love roller coasters and I love, uh, you know, the uh, animals. You never know what you're going to see, so you might as well go twice, three times if you can. So, my friends, I get in uh, line and people, uh, all of a sudden, people start moving and we're moving when you go through this per- first uh area here and it's a little bit on Disney when you first go in because it's a little bit uh it's uh, got a lot of trees and it's different it's a uh, rocks and waterfalls and lush and little animals and pens I don't know what they call it but uh it's like your entrance like your Main Street USA no stores to take your money just animals to take your heart and plants to take your CO2 and give you a little oxygen and water to say sweet, sweet sounds to your ears. So I love walking through there. And then you, we get to this thing when the first thing you see when you're in the park, there is this big tree. It's called the tree of life. Ironically, the tree is not alive. Believe it or not. It's a tree of life because it has uh, pictures of animals on it. The tree is made out of concrete or some type hard thing. And plastic and metal and stuff, but it's a beautiful sight. Oh, it's a, you know, it's called the tree of life because there's all animals carved into it type thing. But so, uh, we all gather around 
the that part, and then they they have us penned in with the ropes, and then uh, uh, um, like uh, I forget who it was because I was a little bit far back and I was a distracted because I was talking to this young woman selling popcorn. I said it's only uh, yeah they got you selling popcorn right now. It's uh, so early. So we were talking, but it was Mickey or Goofy or something said, you know, ba ba da ba 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 ba. Welcome to the animal kingdom. It's a place of joy and love of animals type situation. And we just want you to have fun and walk and enjoy the animals and remember to not pollute. And, and even though we're talking animals, don't be confused by that because we're not imaginary, even though we are. And these animals here are both a real and imaginary. And you should treat it all as uh, a child would. But don't ask so many questions like a child, but a child that is willing to be like an adult and uh, repress questions. I don't think they said all that things. Then the next thing you know, I think I look at my wa- my phone, not my watch. I look at my watch again. I take out my phone. It's about uh, 8.20. We're 40 minutes ahead of time. They start letting us walk to the rides. So I go into this Expedition Everest and they have quite a line. It's a, this is one of these rides, folks. If you want to get in the zone, you get in the zone. Now, it was a little backlogged before because everybody was headed there. And I get in with this group of young, young, um, young men and women, probably, uh, I don't know if they were college age or post college, but they were there together for fun. And they were talking about Dalton Abbey that show and how much they love it. And I was kind of, I have not watched the show, so I was kind of letting it tune. I was letting any spoilers get in my ear. But I said, oh, you guys love that Dalton Dalton Abbey, eh? And they say, oh, yeah, you should watch it. You know, he's got the DVDs because he uh, contributed to the NPR. They gave him all the DVDs. I said, oh, you're a man after my own heart, a good man, contributed to the public radio. I'm glad they gave you the DVDs. Uh, I said it's also on uh, Netflix or Amazon or something. And they said, "Oh yeah, it is. Oh yeah, it is. Check it out." And I said, "Well, you know, I'm. Uh, we're about to go into this ride. The line for the ride is a. Uh, have you been on this ride before?" They said, "We have." And I said, "Do you like the queue, the waiting area?" They said, "Oh, we do." And I said, "Well, I'm. I, I don't know. Do you guys get in the zone for these rides?" I said, "What is getting in the zone?" I say get in the zone is like uh, when you go to a movie and you suspend your disbelief. Uh, my name's Ray, by the way. Pleased to meet you all here. They tell me the names. I don't want to, you know, go through it all. But uh, I say, um, well, I, I like to pretend, you know, this is an expedition here. And, uh, you know, you're going on an expedition up Everest to look for the Yeti or some such thing. You know, so I'll pretend I'm somebody uh, going on the expedition and I say, how about this, ladies and gentlemen? Why don't we all pretend we're people from downtown Abbey? Or do, or do, whatever you say in it. And you can each pretend you're your own character. And I will pretend I am a bumbling leader of an expedition. And you're either the, I know the show's got the rich people and the servant people. And you can pretend whatever you wish. And we're all on this expedition. And then it's going to go terribly awry. And we'll have a joyous time. What do you say? They say, they laugh. They say, this guy, you believe this guy? Oh, hell yeah. So we go and we get in line and they're saying, oh, I'm Penelope Balamo and uh, I'm, uh, you know, Sir Edgar Poe or whatever. I don't know. I wasn't, again, I said, no spoilers, no spoilers. 
But we go down this line and we're joking and laughing. And I'm, I put on my little accent. I say, I'm uh, Sir Leicester, Leicester, whatever the cheese is. I, I just said Leicester. I'm Sir Leicester. I'm your, uh, I'm your, uh, your guide for this tour. Be careful of the uh, Yeti and uh, let's go. And I pretend I'm a tour guide. I'm pointing stuff out. Now the line's moving pretty quick. So I got to be on my A game. I'm like, oh, look at here. You got some Yeti poop, that's a yak poop, whatever, you know. There's a blah, blah, blah. So we go through, we're having. Uh, you, if you could have just made this my day, folks, I would have been ready to go on to the next thing. And I'm not talking about the next ride. I'm talking about the next form of wavelength of existence or whatever. Or if there's nothing, I would have been, well, I would have wanted, you know, a little romance to, you know, cap it off and maybe a, a champagne or some such thing. But. It was pretty good, you know, we were, oh, it was, it was the fellowship of life, my friends. And then we get on the ride, and this ride is an action-packed thriller. It's like a roller coaster, you look like you're in some sort of mine train, you go up this hill, you go down a hill, you go up another hill, there's like a, you get stuck, you get stuck in the ride, and it looks like a Yeti's coming after you, then you go backwards through the dock, through the dock, you see a Yeti. It's a big Yeti. It's flashing. Now, somebody told me uh, that it used to move. It don't move anymore, but it still was a, a sight to see. And you spin around. I mean, uh, you, you know, so you do something. It's in the dock. You're going fast. And it's fun. We're screaming. Whoa. And we get off the ride. We see our pitches. And these guys are like, what? Wait, Ray, what are you doing next? I say, I'm going to go on the... Uh, Safari ride, I don't, Kali, no, I forget the name of it, folks, but we, I say, would you like to join? They say, of course we would. So we go and we head out to the safari. So me and my new friends, we head over to the safari, which I believe is called the, the Kilimanjaro safaris. And there's no, there's barely a wait in there. It's about, uh, I, I forget the time at this point. It's still before the park is even scheduled to be open at this point. And we get on the ride, and there's enough of us. We have our own jeep, and uh, we uh, I, we we have a tour. There's a human driving this jeep, and it's a young man. It says his name's Freddie, and then one of the guys says uh, Freddie Lampard, and he says, "No, I'm Freddie. I'm Freddie, a tour guide. And what's a Lampard?" And they all have a joke because I guess that's some soccer player who. Uh, and then it becomes ugly because luckily there was no children on the. The Jeep, because I guess this Freddy Lampard steals his friend's wives or some such thing. But when I hit a judge, when I hit a judge, I've, I mean, I've, I've done what? Yeah, it's not something to judge a man for. I mean, but it, maybe it is. But, uh, and none of these folks were married to each other. So we always had a good laugh. And the Freddy, he was a, a good spirit, a nice young man, and he has a whole spiel. But he also points out the animals. Now it's a perfect time of day to be looking for animals, as I said, because it's still cool. They're out eating the breakfast type things. There's uh, zoo, Disney zookeepers. I don't know what they're called, but they're out handing out branches to these animals. And you see your Ibex and your Thompson gazelles and your uh, um, wildebeests. Um, I'm trying to think what else. You know, your grass tundra ant type things and then you go through you get your big cats you get your rhinos you get your uh hippos you go through some hippo swamp 
This is, you know, a broken down bridge type thing that's supposed to scare you. Not really scary. Gators, you see some, or crocodiles, I'm not sure. Uh, elephants, there's some elephants, and then giraffes, uh, zebra. Oh, it's, and they're all like putting on a show. It's so lovely. And we're laughing and looking at these animals and the, the sun is just starting to cook the air. You know, the air is thicker than normal, like a mist. Oh, my friends, I wish you could be there with me right now. And we just have a good laugh. And then when the ride comes to a close and we clap for Freddy, we say, Yay, Freddy, you know Lampard, you know Lampard, we love you, Freddy. And all the other workers are looking on with jealousy at such a good job that Freddy has done. And his audience is pleased, and we get off the ride, and we're laughing, and they say, hey, Ray, what are you going to do next? And I said, let me check my phone, my friends, because I might have a little surprise for you. Is this your first trip to the Animal Kingdom? And they say, uh, no, but we're up, always up for a surprise. And I see it's like uh, about two minutes to nine. I say, uh, why don't we uh, take a follow me type around this corner here? So we go around the corner. And at about uh, 9 o'clock on the nose, there's a, a, a giant walking. It looks like a giant. It's this giant uh, walking woman who is a plant. They call a divine. She's covered in vines. She has makeup. She hides in trees sometimes. She's walking on like sticks for her legs and sticks for her hands and they're covered in green and she can hide in the foliage. So we watch her and she like uh, hides. She doesn't scare anybody. No scaring at Disney there. But, uh, you know, she entertains. People take the pictures. We take a picture with her. We say, hey, doesn't. can we pretend we're giants with you divine? And she just looks at us because, you know, vines aren't supposed to talk. And we have that going. That was fun. And then the next thing you know, we go to the, there's a movie inside the tree of life called Tough to Be a Bug. Now I said, let's go to this. And then, you know, I'm going to go over to the Lion King show. You're welcome to join me or not. Friends, you know, we don't have to spend the whole day together. I'm having a great time. But they say, Ray, we love being in the zone. You've taught us to be in the zone. And, you know, we want to learn from the master. I say, mission accomplished, friends. So we go to this movie. I say, they say, what are we going to do for this movie? I say, it's a 3D movie about bugs. Why don't we already start shrinking ourselves down mentally to bug size? Because that's part of the ride, I think, or the, the show. And uh, we'll pretend we're, everyone, all these humans around us are giants and we're just little bugs. And then when we get in the show, we'll already be, you know, in the zone. So we do that. And they have a lot of, uh, you, if you, you, you really got to slow down now when you get to these theme park if you're going to be in the zone because they have like uh, movie pictures from fake bug movies they have bugs talking in the background like ambient bug music so it's all entertaining you can and then when you're already in the zone and you're a shrunken bug you're, you're pretending you're a bug so you're commenting oh remember that movie uh one slug over the rainbow or whatever and we're talking, we're chanting, we go see this 3D movie, it's joy, we have a great time. Now by the time we get out of the movie, it's time to walk over to another part of the park where they have this show called The Lion, Legend of the Lion King. And uh, it's in this big theater, and it's uh, it's in this big theater, you go in there, and it's a Broadway show, folks. 
you would not believe. Like, again, I say, this these theme parks, this Disney thing is expensive. And if you got to wrap your brain around it some way, it's like this show. It's a, a mind blow. I'm not going to tell you one thing about this show other than spectacular. It's got singing. It's got kids laughing. It's got parents being made, you know, to do stuff on stage so the kids can laugh at them. It's got, uh, I don't know if they were, what kind of creatures they were, but, you know, it's got acrobatics. It's got fire, I think, not dangerous fire, you know, entertainment fire. It's a great show, and it's like a, a perfect to get your blood pumping. So by the time, and it's in an air-conditioned building, and at this point in the time of the day, it's starting to get a little warm in this park here, you know what I'm saying? So we go to that show, we get out. I think it takes, it's almost an hour. I mean, a Broadway show, probably 50 minutes to an hour. We get out, it's a bit of a crowd. I lose my friends in the crowd. I say, it's okay. We'll find each other again or we won't. Say la vie. Now I have to get out of the show. I say to myself, right, it's 11 o'clock. What are you going to do? What are you going to nap? What's your plan? Now I already knew my plan, but I still said it to myself. And I said, I'm going to stick it out here until about two. Try to get it all done. Now this park's not as, uh, have as many stuff to do as the other park. So you can get it all done in a, about a day. So I decide that's what I'm going to do. So the next thing I do is I walk around now the tree of life. Now this animal kingdom's got a lot of places like, uh, it's good for walking. So I walk down some paths and I see some, uh, animals and, uh, like plants and I'm walking those paths around the tree of life, little secret pathways. I give myself a cold drink. I'm drinking it. I'm just looking at the scenery. I'm people watching. And then they have, uh, two other walking things that are like zoos. I think a Mirage, Drungle Trek, and another one that escapes me is named Tiger Trail of Tears. Uh, something with, uh, not, no, no tigers are crying. I'm, I'm just being silly, but I do both those and I look at the animals and I slow down and I pretend I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I've paid to, you know, to come to different countries in Asia and Africa. And I look at the animals and I, I look at the scenery, the imaginationery, the imaginarium, whatever it's called. The uh, Ian, a.k.a. Joe Rody, did all the, you know, makes you feel like a sense of place. And I just take my time and I say, you know, I look at I see a gecko. I say, hey, gecko, how you doing? How's your day? I'm Ray. Nice to meet you. I know you're a gecko. I know you're not going to talk to me. I know there's some people that are like, look at this old man. He must be lost from his family. He's talking to a gecko. But I just go on. I walk through the trails. And I'm slowing down a little bit because it's getting hot. And you need, this is, you know, you need to slow down. It's pushing noon. It's getting, it's getting towards the late afternoon. I know 1145. I'm going to be at the Flights of Wonder. So I finish up that trail. The uh, Majorad Jungle Trek or the Pangani Forest Trail. I forget which one I did and which order. But I end up uh, going to this show, Flights of Wonder, which is a bird show with the joking. And it's a kind of standard bird show. You might have seen one at a state fair or something. It's not too much different, but it's still good to watch. It's still good fun. And they got birds, you know, grabbing a dollar off someone's head and... uh and quawking and squawking and disobeying their orders. It's fun stuff. 
So I watch the bird show and I look at the beautiful plumage and I say, oh, Ray, what a day, what a day. And then my stomach says, hey, Ray, what about me, my friend? What about me? How about my uh, my sustenance? And I say, okay, well, let's get you some food. Because at 1 p.m. we're scheduled to go to uh, Finding Nemo the Musical. I have a pass for that, so I don't have to worry. But uh, I think I did have a pass for had some sort of fast pass for Finding Nemo, I believe. So I say, okay, there's a nice place uh, called uh, Ben Bengal Barbecue, I think. Uh, is that in Disneyland? I don't know. There's a barbecue place. They have a barbecue chicken meal. Great bargain. Now, that's only one half of the reason I eat there. The other reason is it has very spacious along the water, water a peaceful piece of water to eat. And you can just sit there and you can watch the other families and you can just take your meal, enjoy your chicken, you know, drink a cold drink, feel there's fans and it's shady, so it's not terrible. You know, it's getting hot now, but, uh, you know, you can be cooled down by that. And I'm just saying, Ray, oh, this is good stuff, good stuff. And then it was time for me to get up and throw away my garbage and do composting or whatever they do there at Disney. And I walk over to this theater with a lot of people in line, and I show my pa- my band, and I go into the theater for the uh, Finding Nemo the musical. Now again, this is a different than the Lion King. I think this is a you know after the Lion King, so they even stepped up the game for this musical. It's got puppetry, it's got singers performing. You could see the singer and the puppet at the same time. Some people don't like it. I do. I like to see the face of the singers. And it's a beautiful, beautiful musical, you know, Finding Nemo summarized into 45 minutes of such, some such thing. And it's just nice, folks, just very nice. And so I watch that show, and it's nice and cool. I don't even have to be in the zone because the musical just takes you away into the world of Finding Nemo with Dory and Nemo and his father, uh, whose name escapes me, Papa, Papa, Papa Clownfish. And, you know, all the rest of the cast of characters are in there. It's like uh, reliving a wonderful movie. And I get out of the Finding Nemo, and I walk through this dinosaur land they have. And it's got a couple of rides that look like they're from a carnival. It's supposed to be some carnival set up by, uh, I think, by Ritz run by dinosaurs or some such thing. And then you go through a little bit of a forest trail, and there's a dino dinosaur ride, which... Uh, is uh what like a action ride? It's not a roller coaster, but it's uh very actiony, very lo- very very loud, my friends. Now Ray, I'm not normally sensitive to noise, but this ride is loud, and but it's fun. It is so fun. You pretend it's easy to get in the zone on this one because you're you're a Dino Institute uh, worker and you're going back to observe some dinosaurs and you're uh, this guy's like, hey, can you bring this dinosaur back with you? And then he sends you in the wrong time, and there's a comet coming, and the dinosaurs are grouchy. And I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's fun. So much fun, my friends. So I get out of the dino ride. I say, Ray, what are you going to do now? You got uh, most of the park out of the way. Most of the rides are done. So there's uh, one more ride that I want to go on. Um, but first, I walk around the park a bit more. I have a, you know, have a couple beers. They have... Uh, 
some uh, dinosaur beer or uh, safari beer. And I enjoy the park. I'm watching the people. I'm looking for nooks and crannies. And would you believe it or not, when I'm walking, I run into my good friend Megan. And I say, hey, Megan, how you doing? Are you enjoying your day? And she says, oh, so much. So good to see you. And I say, good to see you too, Megan. It's a wonder. And I say, oh, and I see her mom and her dad. And then I uh, I head over this one ride. It's called Kali River Rapids. And uh, it's a uh, water ride where you're in a, what are those things called? Like a raft. And believe me, folks, this is the ride you get wet on. So it's the last ride you need to go on for the day. I uh, go, I wait in line. I'm getting in the zone. It's like a, it's like I try to get in an adventure type mood. And and then I run in, who do I see in line? But some of my friends from earlier. And I say, you know what? I never caught your names. Or if I did, I forgot. I'm apologizing. And at this point, there's only four guys and one young woman. And they say, uh, like one guy said, I'm Jason, I'm Peters. And uh, what is it? William. Trent and Williams and Williams and Trent, Jason and Peters. I don't know. That, that was them. And then I say, young lady, I, I never caught your name. I you know, you know, which one of these young men is lucky enough to be your friend? And she said, uh, well, uh, I, you know, I was on the bus with you this morning. You remember that? And I said, I did not notice you on that bus. And she said, I saw you were tra- trying out for the X Factor with your whistling and your trouble there. And I said, oh, thank you. And she said, well, I'll be your Mel B. You can audition for me anytime. And I said, I said, well, let's just get in the zone here and let's enjoy this ride. I said, you know, I hope you don't have any electronics on you, do you? And she says, well, I got my phone. I say, well, uh, you got to, uh, the, you know, well, you stash it. They, I think they got a locker here before we get on the ride. You should put it in there. And she says, oh, thank you so much, Ray. And I said, don't worry, Mel, Mel B, my, my little Mel B. Uh, you know, you're one of the, uh, glamour sisters or whatever they were called, uh, tell you what you want, what I really, really wants to ride this ride. And she has a good laugh at that. And she says, it's not the glamour sisters. And I say, no, it's not, but I can't think of the name. And I'm a, a little bit of spice, um, uh, world. I say spice girls. And she says, you know, ha ha ha. We laugh. And she says, I'm going to sit next to you on the ride. I say, I don't mind if you do. And uh, I can, Scooter, you're not supposed to be looking in here. I'm supposed to have some privacy here. And Scooter's trying to, you know, horn in now. He's hearing this part of the story. So he's going to be like, what? how does Ray do this thing? And I say, well, Scooter, you got, it. you got it all, man. You're the X Factor. I'm just Ray. Anyway, we get on this collie ride. You get on the ride, you get soaking wet, friggin' so wet. And you get poured on and... But it's so hot out, and we say, uh, we all laughing, and then uh, I say, well, you know, I'm going to head back to the hotel, and uh, the guys say, well, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go on the Everest again, don't you guys want to go? I said, well, I'm a little wet, you know, and it's uh, it's getting, it's like about two, two, two in the afternoon. I say, oh, there's not much else to do. I'm going to come back another time and do the rides. And uh, I'm going to go back to the hotel, maybe have a swim, you know, have a, you know, relax, take a nap. And, uh, you know, my, uh, uh, the other young woman there, she says, well, you know, don't, you know, I'm, I'm soaking wet here. I got to go back to the hotel too. And then you can have your audition. I say, well, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. We will. And so we go back to, you know, I go back to the hotel and, uh, you know, that's all my day at Animal Kingdom. 
Now, you might say to yourself, Ray, I thought you had a pass, fast pass for the Costa and the, uh, uh, the, uh, ever, uh, whatever the jungle thing. And I say, yeah, I did not use them. I saw, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't, you know, take it away from somebody else, but I, uh, I, you know, I, I guess I pushed it a little bit too far and, uh, slowed down and I was enjoying the park there. And so, yeah, and then I, you know, I, I tried to unwind the rest of the day, uh, in the evening. Maybe I'll tell you about my late afternoon evening another time, friends. But, uh, yeah, that was my, wait, Ray, Ray, what about, what happened after, like, with the audition thing? Oh, he was scooter wants to know about the, aud- what, what, what audition? I don't know what you're speaking of, my friend. I'm just here to talk Disney, my my Disney trip. I don't know about any audition. You you know, you, you should spend more time in the zone is all I could tell you. You get in the zone. You need to get in the positive zone, Scooter, where you feel positive about yourself, about the world, because you can, folks. I know out there, Ray cares about you. He sees Scooter tells me we're close neighbors, we're friends. He says, I got this guy here. He can't sleep at night. He's got a... He's got a bunch of stuff he's dealing with. I got this young mother, and she's, you know, she's struggling to get a good night's sleep. I say, you're doing a good thing here, my friend, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Let me, and you got this person here, you know, going, dealing with this sort of thing, and these are real issues, folks, and a lot of people out there, they'll say, they'll tell you, get over it, tough, suck it up, um, that's in your head. It's not, my friend's. You know, Ray, as positive as he is, I've had some moments where I had to get some help, okay? For help from a professional. You don't think I could just be positive like this all the time without some darkness descending on me? It's sometimes it's a darkness you could walk through by yourself, but you don't need to. You have friends. That's a one outlet. You got programs, whether, you know, you could be dealing with some sort of substance type thing. There's people out there that want to help you. Get over that and work with you. And they're doing it out of the goodness of the heart a lot of times. Now, there are predatory types, but you go to your doctor. If you can't trust your doctor, you ask for a new doctor. And you say, hey, doc, I got this blues. And, I mean, I'm just using a general term. But you tell tell the doctor what you're going through. If they won't help you, you call a number. You know, because a lot of times you don't need to walk through the darkness alone, my friends. That's the thing I'm here to tell you is that there's people here. Now, this podcast is like a spirit of that, but it's not a, also, it's here to help you with a little bit of the darkness of getting to sleep. But, you know, call a friend when you're feeling down. Text a friend, but don't stop there. Get some extra help if you need it, if you need it. And if you're not sure, ask someone that you trust. But sometimes if you're talking to a regular person, they don't get it either because... They got their own stuff going on. They might seem like they're fine, but they have their own stuff running through their brain. Or some people, they just don't understand. There are people out there that for whatever reason, they don't, they don't, uh, their roads, they don't notice the bumps the same way some of us do. But I want you to know from Ray, Ray wants you to know, Ray cares, Ray feels for you, and Ray wants you to take a step one tiny step to get better, okay? That's all you need to do is start the walk. One little baby step at a time uh, that's calling your doctor make an appointment. Or maybe maybe you just need, maybe it's not something you need a, that kind of help for. 
You just need to, you know, take one more step into towards your dream and say, hey, you know, maybe I should write this song. Maybe I should paint this thing. Maybe I should do this uh, dance in public. Even though, you know, maybe you want to become a busker. I don't know. But all I can say is I'm proud to be the one you're listening to right now, my friends. And I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad my my musings on my vacation help might help you bore you to sleep or comfort you or whatever. Okay? And I hope you're sleeping now. And I hope you're calm and rested and relaxed. Okay, my friends? And Ray will be here again in another four weeks. I know it'll be long for me. It'll be long for you. But believe me, I'm always looking over the fence at Scooter and giving him a wink and saying, Hey, buddy, you know, get, try to smile. Ray's got a mile of smiles. I could share my smile with you, and I don't mean, you know, a strange thing. Just I'll smile at you, you smile at me. How about that, Scooter? Can you make that deal with me? Sure. Yeah, right. sure, Ray. Okay, so we got a deal. I, I'll, I'll smile at you if you tell me off the air about what happened. Okay, my friend, let's, let's close this out. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're listening. And I hope you get a good night's sleep, okay? Ray, I'll talk to you soon. Scooter, I'll talk to you sooner. Good night. Hey, couple night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep. You're in the right place. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Tonight's trending Twitter Tuesday, so we do it with a bedtime story about what's trending on Twitter. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, press play. We'll do the rest. What we're going to do is create a safe place with the podcast and tell you a story that distracts you from everything that's running through your brain, stuff you should have done, stuff you wish you'd done, something you wish you said to somebody that got up in your you know, business or whatever, You know, stuff you need to do, stuff you'd like to do, stuff you'd rather be doing, whatever you're nasty brain is telling you or whatever you want to call it whatever you know gray matter sometimes we call it ego id superstructure your wang doodle snozberries whatever we're going to distract you from that with a story so the story's going to start out interesting or it might even start out distracting or something like that I'm distracted I guess but I'm going to talk and you're going to listen instead of thinking, because you can't listen and think at the same time, supposedly, according according to this guy that lives uh, this, like, gnome, he told me. It was a garden gnome. I'm not sure if those are the kind of gnomes you're supposed to trust or not. But and then I'm going to keep talking, like now, and talk about stuff like, uh, why, you know, why, why, do, why are garden gnomes, why do they always have red hats, huh? Did you ever think about it? I mean, maybe I've seen a few with blue hats. I mean, I guess if they had a green hat, you'd think they're a Christmas elf. You'd think they're a Christmas ornament, right? And then I might look up like, oh, well, the, you know, it's based on this uh, Swedish legend about the uh, gnomish, gardenish, bologna. I don't know. That's the podcast, basically. That sums it up pretty good. Uh, it's a podcast to put you to sleep. You listen, and I, you know, drone, I, you know, talk. And say you uh, that. Uh, that's it. We're on the web at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. If this is your first time here, turning Twitter episodes are at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Tuesdays.
If you need to reach me, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com by email, at Dearest Scooter on Twitter. Facebook is Sleep With Me Podcast. You can comment on the website. You can do whatever you want. Just say hi. You know, let me know how you're feeling. Let me know what's working, what isn't working, what, uh, how you found us, where you're from, any of that stuff. I'd love to hear from you. If you, if you use that thing called snail mail and you want to send a self-addressed stamped envelope, you can send a sleep with me podcast, P.O. Box 1751, Alameda, California, 94501. You send, you send a self-addressed stamped envelope. So you send an envelope with that address on it. Inside, you put an envelope with a stamp and your address on it. And I'll send you three pages of outline for the show. Holy, I know, Christmas and September-ish, late September. Believe it or not, for only, I think the stamps are 47 cents, so you're talking about 94 cents-ish. So do that. I mean, if you're, if you're game for, for reliving, I mean, it'll be like you're in the 1800s and shit. Oh, you'll be waiting for the Pony Express to roll up. Now they come in trucks nowadays. Uh, so no pony, it won't be Pony Express, but you know, you could put down your virtual reality helmet or whatever and go out there and, you know, open your mailbox. Maybe you'll see a neighbor or something and greet them. But that's it. That's the podcast. If this is your first time here, you're getting a good dose of what happens. But if you, if you are stopping here, just see if this podcast works, you know, put it on. If you're having trouble sleeping, I hope it helps you. It doesn't help everybody. So if it doesn't help you, I, I honestly hope you uh, find something. I have some boring stuff in the show notes from episode 140 uh, that's like, you know, just real boring stuff. So that might work. Uh, but, yeah, uh, otherwise, this is a podcast to put you to sleep. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to hear from everyone else. All right, let's get on to the trending Twitter Tuesdays. All right, it's trending Twitter Tuesdays, home of twin Twending, I have a habit of saying, but it's trending Twitter tales. It's Tuesday. We check what's trending and we make a tale from Twitter. And there might be other T's that I'm missing. Totally time. Time. To- <laughs> totally time for trending Twitter tales. So I'm going to turn on my telephone and... You know, do something that starts with a T, uh, telepathically. Check Twitter live. I'm checking it. It is, uh, five. Well, I can't, I guess I can't do two things at once, just like I say in the intro. It's, uh, five, 22, and 9.28. But by the time it might be 5.23, by the time I get this going, discover trends. Camera. I don't usually, I don't know if I do that on the camera. All right. So we have a promoted one. That's a, it's been a while since we've had a promoted trend. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. So we're going to do it. That's it. So let's get on to trending. Twitter Tuesday on Sunday, 928. 523. Actually, I got to change to the camp picture thing. That's what I see. What I do is I take a picture so that I don't start the story and then the trends change, which would be a disaster. All right. Camera roll.
All right, we're in business. It was at 5.23 the picture was taken. All right, Pacific Daylight Time. All right, we're on to the trending Twitter tale. Hey, guys, it's uh, so it's kind of uh, like a move, another move weekend ended. Another week's ready to begin. And it's trending Twitter Tuesday, so I figured I'd tell you about the, the movie I saw this weekend. I was thinking uh, I was lucky because I saw this movie and I was like, what is better way to go to sleep than if you wussify a horror movie, you know, for bedtime purposes? And it just happened to see this movie. And I, I guess it's hard because it's like, is this a, like, what genre is a movie like Alien versus Predator? It's not a horror movie. I guess you could say it's sci-fi, but so I saw this, so I saw this movie. And I guess you'd say what there was nothing scary about it. Good news, there was nothing scary about it. It was called uh, 49ers versus Vikings, and it's like this whole trend, which I, I guess I, I say it with this voice, but this trend I like, like Alien versus Predator. Be honest, I can't remember if I like that or not. I saw it. I'm positive. I think Adrian Brody was in it. Uh, he's a person that uh, he he always makes interesting choices when it comes to movies. He's all over. It's not like he's like, oh, I'm only doing this. So I like that about him. Pretty sure he was in Alien vs. Predator. AVP, they called it. And there's other and other versus movies. And they're going to keep coming because, to be honest, you know, it's weird because I was thinking about the movie business this past uh, day earlier on when unrelated to the podcast. I think I was procrastinating or daydreaming. And I was like, man, like, I love going to the movies now, Go, going to movie theaters and watching a movie. Now, I like watching movies at home. I was catching a little Dallas Buyers Club last night. I did not catch that in the film, uh, the theater, but I was catching it last night on the old DVR. But the experience of going to the movies is great. Now, what's the downside of going to movies? It's really expensive. I mean, just for two people. If you're going in there with, you know, you're sneaking sodas and food in there, you're still talking like 28 bucks for starters. What one good thing about the movies that I'm, I'm, I'm not positive about this, but when they tell you a price, that's the price. Like I, if you're going to say it's 14 bucks, it better be 14 bucks and not be, uh, no, it's, uh, 1587 or 1602. Okay. It's, if it's 14 bucks, most movie places are 14 bucks. So we got, they got that going for them. As far as the prices go, if the pop, I don't know about the pop, I'm a, have, I'm a, I find gorging myself on popcorn, um, to be un, like borderline intolerable behavior. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So I go, I decide to go to the movies basically. Now this wasn't at one of these giant movie theaters because obviously a movie like 49ers versus the Vikings, I gotta go hit the, uh, I gotta go hit the city you know, underground movie society type situations because this was one, you know, this was one I had to go looking for. Now, well, back to my point, though, before I go start, like the movie business. So, I don't know, so I was thinking about the movie business because I was thinking, I, I was listening to Script Notes, one of my favorite podcasts. I've mentioned it before. If you like writing or movies, check it out, Script Notes. It's uh, done by Craig Mason and John August. Great podcast. Great dynamic between the two hosts but they had been talking about the movie businesses that they, they do sometimes and they were talking about what if like a movie studio owned the theater and you're like okay like the sony or 
the Disney theater and you're like, oh, that's where you go to see those movies. And it's like, okay, would that be a different model? Like, oh, you got to, and uh, what, what would that be like? I was just daydreaming. Talk about, I mean, talk about boring stuff you could be daydreaming about. And I was like, yeah, what would be the Sony theater? Like, and do they have enough movies in the pipeline uh, to do that? And then my daydreaming, like, phew, it went from that to I was daydreaming about, uh, like, well, what happened to variable pricing? Didn't they say at some point, I guess movies do a very, it's either a matinee or a full price movie. But wasn't there a point where it was like the movie theater would monitor how many seats it's got. And then like right before the movie, it'd be like, okay, $2, you know, if you're coming in. Or it's like five minutes after the movie starts, you can pay four bucks to go in. That never happened. They said, I guess JetBlue at Southwest maybe do a version of it, but I'm not even sure. Uh, no, it was one of those disruptive technologies we were promised and never delivered on. So I spent a while thinking about variable pricing, and then I got bored with that. Started getting a little angry uh, that variable pricing isn't everywhere. Like at a, I mean, I don't know why they'd have it at Starbucks. They're always got people buying stuff at full price. You know, I don't know. I guess there's no point there either. I'm starting. So, so whatever. Uh, I was thinking about the movies. I went to a movie. Now, like I said, this was in a regular theater. One of the things I was thinking about is like, so if Sony is uh got their own movie theater, they have their Sony movies. Would they lease it out? You know, in between movies to somebody that would want to show a movie like uh, 49ers versus Vikings, Vikings versus 49ers. It was just, and believe it or not, that wasn't even trending today, Vikings versus 49ers. They didn't play each other, but not not important. Uh, the important thing is it was this movie. And this is like a, a it was a English, it was done in English, but I guess the movie was made in Korea, which I don't know the financials behind it because I just heard about the movie. And I went to it, but it brings up, uh, another movie. Uh, I think that was from Hong Kong, the original that I've talked about before, which is the movie, the movie, the, the, the movie depart, the departed is based on this movie called, and again, I'm terrible with names. I used to think it was called internal affairs, but I'm pretty sure it's called infernal affairs. And if you want to see a movie, if you're into subtitle movies, Check that movie out. It is uh, awesome. The acting is, oh, man, oh, I love that movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. And to be honest, I love the people in The Departed and stuff, but I just had such a soft spot for that movie. I saw it before, way before The Departed. Um, but, yeah, whatever. That's not neither here nor. So if what, let's get to the juice, huh? shall we? 49ers vs. Vikings. So I go, I find out about this movie on the internet and I'm like, oh man, like, uh, it looks like it's eight bucks. It's not involved with anybody I've already got on their bad side. It's at this theater. So it's at this great theater. If you, if you live in the East, if you live in the Bay Area, or you're going to be in Oakland, another great Oakland spot called the New Parkway Theater. And they have pizza. You can actually get beer if you drink beer. You can get soda. I think they probably have root beer on tap. Um, sandwiches. They got two theaters. Popcorn, of course. Probably have wine, too. And it's a nice little experience. And sometimes they show sports there, too. The reason it's called the New Parkway is because there used to be this theater called the Parkway Theater. Now, the New Parkway is not 
it's a movie theater, but it's like a warehouse type situation converted to a movie theater. They do a great job. Don't, don't, don't confuse what I'm saying because I was there watching this movie and maybe in reality, maybe not. Maybe this was a fugue state, but it's not important. But they used to have this old theater for real called the new, the parkway. Now that was, um, in Oakland. The new park was in downtown Oakland or uptown Oakland. Uh, I'm not sure the cross street, not that far from West Grand and Broadway. You could walk it if you take the bar. There'd be a little bit of walk or you could hop on the 51A. There's a sweet shop right by there. I'm not sure the name. Old school sweet shop. You got, I think they have a soda fountain type situation. I was in there. I got myself some sort of baked good one time. They got coffee the whole nine yards, but this isn't a walking tour. Could have been, should have been, probably. But so you go to this theater. Now, the, before that, they had the parkway. The original parkway was over on the other side of Lake Merritt. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm East, it's not quite East Lake. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an Oakland real estate agent, so I don't know the hip names for all the neighborhoods, but right, right, right off the lake it was a really nice theater, but I guess the people that owned it, they had a lot of trouble. Like paying the bills, like they're running this as a, um, what do you call that thing? Like a love type situation out of their hearts. And I think it was a husband and a wife and another guy, Will the Thrill, who's like a um, thrillster type uh, movie guy and tiki expert type guy. Really cool. I don't know him, but I know of him. Husband and wife, I'm not sure of their names, but they would introduce the movie sometimes with these little video segments. I have a fond spot spot in my heart for the, the original Parkway. New Parkway, um, great. No emotional attachment to it, though. I mean, if it was to go away, I'd have an emotional attachment. But it, uh, it's a lot cleaner. The old Parkway, the downside was, wasn't so clean. But it wasn't dirty. It just was, like, uh, rough around the edges. So whatever, this movie, movie's at the new park where I find out about it. They're like, this is a one-time showing. This guy's in from Korea. He's got the only print of it. Supposedly this movie's banned in like uh, countries that, uh, like Nor- like Norwegian-type countries for uh, portrayal, unfair portrayal Vikings. And a, a possibility alert, this might be, there might be some realistic stuff based, I mean, like there may be some stuff in that happened in this movie uh, based on reality. But let's get to the plot of the movie, shall we? All right, so movie. So it starts out uh, with the uh, Vikings at the height of their power. And uh, I, I don't know if it was Leif Erikson or Eric the Red or, again, history class was not uh, – I, w- I wasn't paying attention. But it was also like subtitled – in Norse, some Norse uh, dialect or something. And it was very, like, it was beautiful. I can't, I don't know how they got this movie made. I don't, I don't, I got to find out how much it costs because it looked like a million bucks. I mean, probably like five, six, seven, eight million bucks. So it was like a lot of this Norse sea and churning and like you got like them conquering stuff, kind of like a segment with them out in their boats and then landing places and people screaming and running. But then you have this leader. I think it was Eric the Red. Let's just say it was Eric the Red for, you know, kicks. They probably changed it. 
to something else, but maybe they just called them the red. I don't know. But, uh, cause I did have to go to the bathroom at one point. So I missed his, you know, if they showed his name or talked to him. But so he's the leader and something happens where he, uh, like, I'm not sure the religious system there, but he, it, it was like this religious guy. Like this wasn't like old Loki Odin situation. Like this was more like different named gods or whatever. But so there was this like priest type guy and he's saying that, uh, they need to assemble this like one army to, uh, do the dirty work basically. And this guy's like, ah, and he's like, no, 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 you know, we're, we only pillage and plunder what we need. And we're forming the whole, I mean, this is, again, I'm paraphrasing, of course, this is a Rosalie, you know, type, and maybe now that was it. I don't know. I don't do imitations, obviously. But so he's like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about revising this whole pillaging and plunder and stuff anyway. Because, you know, we've been conquering so long and, uh, you know, and then this guy's like, you're going to make it, you know, the gods are going to be angry with you, uh, but, you know, you cannot stop, you know. And they kept talking about Alaska and going west. And this guy's like, west is overrated, man. First off, it's cold up there. You know, where we got it, we got it, you know, we got a moderate climate. You know, it gets cold in the winter, but, you know, the rest of the time is pretty sweet here. And, you know, I got all these finger areas. You know, we got isthmuses, we got peninsulas. Why, you know, have you seen the North Sea? We're, We're here for the montage at the beginning. And this priest is like, I've already assembled an army to conquer the West. Uh, and it was like the worst guys. And, uh, the, like this guy, the red had already sent people over there and he had heard, uh, you know, the people weren't that bad, like that it was originally, you know, you had the indigenous people, which were nice and they kind of got messed with. But then you also had like a lot of, um, whatever religious folks trying to escape persecution and then, you know, the whole thing. And so whatever they, uh, this, I think this is like 14, somewhere between 1400s and the 1700s. Don't, you know, don't hold me to it. But so this guy goes, you know, where's this army? And, uh, you know, this launches into this sweet action sequence because I mean, after like there's talking parts, of course, uh, He's like, you know, uh, you know, shut it down. And this priest is like, no. And then, of course, there's a whole love, like love loss thing. So his, he's in love with his, he's like this Ned Stark, like, nah, not, nah, not nah, Ned Stark, but what something that guy, the Australian guy would play, uh, the other Australian guy, not, uh, Wolverine, uh, you know, Gladiator. What's his name? I don't know why I can't think of his name. Again, I'm not even making this up to be funny. He's a huge star, super famous, but it'll come to me. So whatever that that uh, he was just in the Noah movie, uh, it'll it'll come to me. I'm I'm not disrespecting him either. I like his work, but so um, what was my point? Oh, so they run off. The priest takes this guy's wife with this crew, the dark crew he assembled, the dark Vikings. They called started calling them. And then this guy's like, oh, no, 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 no. And uh, so he catches him. And uh, his wife's still missing. And they catch the priest. They priest is toast. And uh, 
these guys, like, they wouldn't tell him. It was like, where's my wife? And they're like, well, uh, well you know, where's my wife? And none of them are speaking. And it's like, uh, because they had, uh, they don't speak because the priest had, like, called it the X factor. He had branded X's on their tongues and it prevented them, totally messed up their tongues. Like, they, I guess they preferred not to speak because it'd be like, you know, they're fine. Like, probably welted up and, you know, the, who knows what their, um, dental hygiene was like and their hygiene in general. These are not only Vikings, these are like the dark Vikings. And I mean, like, they have dark hearts. And also the scenes were shot in the really dark thing. So this Eric the Red, he's mad, man, pissed. Can't get an answer. He already toasted the priest because he didn't know about the tongue thing till after. And these guys are like, these are not guys that are going to yield. And so Eric the Red says, I've got to punish these guys somehow. Now, way out in one of their northern oceans is this place. Uh, where there was this weird sort of thing. It was called, uh, they called it once is frozen. Now never frozen again was like the way they said it. Like once is frozen. Now never frozen again. And it was like, uh, in the middle of this, uh, like ice blocked area was this, uh, what do you call that thing? A whirlpool. And, uh, it was like a warm whirlpool and they considered it like the, uh, funnel. I don't know. They, there's some religious, again, I wasn't paying, at that point I wasn't paying attention because some freaking, somebody's got to start opening hard candy again. And I'm trying, and again, I'm having my internal debate, my hard candy opening internal debate. And then, then I'm like having a debate about having a debate. And I'm saying, buddy, just watch the movie. Just mind your business. And so, you know, people are going to open hard candy when they open hard candy. It's not your thing. So I have the whole hard candy debate. And then it's it's like, how come that movies, they don't, like, if you go to, like, a, a play, they tell you, like, I mean, I guess maybe because the more older hard candy eaters are at plays than movie theaters. But, you know, everybody complains about texters or people yelling stuff out. But what about these hard candy people, huh? When are we going to start cracking down on them? Yeah, when are you going to have an animated finger? Fing, uh, when are you going to have an animated figure? That's like a heart and be like, whoa, 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 don't take that wrapper off. It would be funny, you know, like keep your clothes on. But so whatever, uh, I just missed the religious significance, but it was like this, again, not another incredibly looking filmed thing. You got these planes of ice, you got all these Vikings and they're pulling. At first you don't know what's happening. Like you just know once, I guess I spoiled it for you, but said once it's frozen, we'll never be frozen again. You know, take them there. And then there's this chanting and then these Vikings. These were the big Vikings, like some big old Vikings, and they're pulling stuff. And then uh, they uh, are pulling the boat with all the uh, dark Vikings in there. And then, boom, they throw these dark Vikings off the into this whirlpool. They whirlpool down the drain. And then it follows down the drain, drain, drain. And then it goes drip, drip rip and then it you know does one of those um transition type things to like water dripping and you got and you got these minor 49ers and these guys like you want to talk about playing stereotypes i mean i know that probably 
what, you know, this, I'm assuming South Korea, the textbooks there, they probably say, you know, everybody had overalls and a red one piece uh, thingamajig on and one of those hats with the flap in the front, big beards. So these, all these, this was like all these minor 49ers and they're dripping this water. The water was dripping. They're like working in some, uh, working in some sort of, uh, river type situation, exploiting the earth. But they seem like amicable guys. Like there's probably like about 20 of them and they called themselves the, um, I forgot. It's like the, like they were a Snow White's crew, but they had extra names. I think, what do they call themselves though? I don't know if the Snow White's crew had a name, but, uh, the gem seekers, I don't know, but you know, they, like you had Sneezy and Doc and they always did it against type. So like Sneezy was like the most tough looking guy, uh, kind of like in, um, the dwarves was that what they are in, uh, like the Hobbit movies. Like, I don't understand. I'd like to get into the dwarf genetics because like you have like that one dude who is obviously the leader. He's supposed to be the heartthrob. He doesn't look anything like most of the other dwarves. Okay. That's not, I don't know about that. I don't buy it. And what, why is a dwarf leader like look like he's half human and or like 33% human, 33% out, 33% dwarf. 100%, you know, studly, wrong. But I guess they did it in this 49er movie too. So this guy, uh, Sneezy, did I say? Yeah, Sneezy, he was like the uh, the heartthrob character and kind of like an Earl Flynn of uh, of uh, mining. And then you had, you had Doc and everything, but uh, I don't know, Grumpy. Grumpy was, you know, a good guy that was in good mood. <laughs> You know, witty stuff. And then you had, like, I don't know who they, uh, Garbage was one of them. That's mean nickname. That guy was definitely Garbage. And then I can't remember all the other names, but there's, like, 20 or 30 guys. They all had a nickname. That's what they went by. So they so they were just mining. Like, basically, you got this segment of them working, and you got a couple, uh, you know, companionship-type situations. Like, you had a little cave-in. And they save a guy, and he's totally fine. And Doc brings Doc's the actual Doc. That one's for real. But, you know, what's-his-name saves him, Sneezy. And they pull him out of trouble, and then they all, you know, have one of those evenings around the fire where they're, uh, you know, singing and dancing and drinking. And the one guy, the silly, the comic relief guy, it was not Dopey. Like, Dopey was like the uh, brains like the guy at the glasses. It was the same guy. I don't know if you guys watched The Walking Dead, but the guy looks a little bit like John Ritter. He was actually in Dallas Buyers Club, too. So it was like a big weekend for me. I'm sorry I don't know his name. He played uh, like the governor's right-hand man in uh, like season three of The Walking Dead, maybe. Season two and three, three and four. But uh, he looks like a little bit like John Ritter. Rest in peace, John Ritter. And... uh he was in this movie. He played uh, Dopey, but he was like the brains. And in uh, Dallas Buyers Club, he was like the lawyer. I think he was only in it for like five seconds, but uh, I did not see all. Uh, there's still 45 minutes left in that Dallas Buyers Club, so no, don't don't spoil it for me. 
So where was I? Mining sequence, nighttime. Oh, so this, the comic relief. So the comic relief guy, what was his name? Sneezy Doc. I think his name was like the name for fool's gold, which of course I can't think of. Just like the guy, the famous guy whose name I can't think. Russell Crowe was the, is the person whose name I couldn't think of. So sooner or later, but I think that's what this guy's name was, but he was comic relief. So he starts doing this dance called the Rumple, and uh, they're all cracking up. It's a silly dance where he's like, you know, puttering around and they're playing, you know, they're playing, you know, minors. They're like got jugs out and washboards. Very, very um, simplistic version of minors or maybe realistic. I don't know. But meanwhile, so the sequence is like all is well. In mining town, right? Wrong, of course. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a movie. But this is like, there's still more parts, like, you know, that things are fine. So they wake up the next day, and this guy, the the fool's gold guy, Parathian, Pelagnite, whatever it's called, uh, he's missing. So they all go looking for him, and they're calling for him. And they're like, oh, he probably had too much, you know, river, river miners even drank. I don't know if moonshine. No, probably they drank like, who knows, because they're West, Western. I think these was, I think this took place in Alaska. And I think there was like a, a title card that said like where they were. Maybe it's California. But I think it was like two or three, four hundred years after the last time we saw the Vikings. So you should note that. But so the next thing you know. This guy comes out of this cave where they'd been working on the gold. And he's like, I found this another, uh, you know, path in this cave. I heard something this morning that sounded like a, a horn, like. And the guys are like, guys are like, huh, well, you know, this earthquakes around here. You know, we got this gold vein. We're working already. That sounds too risky, man. And uh, he's like, well, you know, I, I got to get my big, you know, I got this girl, you know. And then there's another sequence where he's talking about this girl he's got and how beautiful she is. And all the guys are, you know, standing by his back, making ugly faces, making fun of him. Kind of felt bad for him. Uh, well, whatever. And then we hear the horn and he's like, see? And then all the other guys like, I don't know. And then it was another couple hours go by, and then they hear the horn again. And uh, at that time, everyone's like, huh, that's interesting. And they're talking about it. They talk to uh, whatever Dopey, because he's the smartest one. He's like, it could be just like, uh, it's like I heard of this wind cave back in my, like, South Dakota days. And, you know, the cave would make noises, and people heard it. And then that's how they discovered the cave, because it was like, there was this real small entrance but he's like you know caves are known to make noise you know wind could be blown in and out you know bats he goes but it's probably nothing and then him and uh him and pyrite is that what's called pyrite they don't get along nothing this has anything to do with russell crowe by the way i just mentioned his name um to make a point at some point but so uh Whatever they uh, now, uh, as an aside here, like I don't know why people always going going into caves. Like again, if you're gonna have your checklist of stuff to do, 
don't go in caves, um, you know, or places in the earth. Okay. Just like bad idea. But whatever, this guy, so then this guy, that they have another, uh, which this kind of was a boring thing, is that they had another fire scene. And they gather around the fire again. And the guy, uh, this guy, what's his name, Pirate or whatever, he's like, uh, he's like, tonight I want to tell you a tale, for I know what lives in that cave. And another guy, all the guys, this guy's Pirate's a pretty good storyteller. And uh, the guys are all, well, this could be good for a laugh. You know, this guy's the comic relief anyway. But he's getting all serious. And he's like, you know, I was raised by the one of the old religions. And he's like, our leader that came to this new world was named uh, Steve Smith. And it was said that Steve Smith, this is a diff- this was some religion that died off, actually. Um, that, that, or at least it died off to me. I can't even remember what it was called. Uh, cause actually, I don't think he mentioned it. Maybe it was just made up for the movie. Because I was trying to think, like, what religion is Steve Smith involved in? But whatever. So this guy's like, uh, and he goes, you know that Steve Smith went into, he heard a cave. And I think this was in, um, like, Maine or something where this religion was from originally. This guy, Pyrite again. And he's like, you know, he was called by the Lord into this deep cave. And there he discovered a giant ship. It was said that this ship was from the heavens. It was the leftovers. It was like the escape vessel for the ark, Noah's ark. And on it was a legendary tablet about Noah encountering a great storm and how only he could escape with uh, his family and uh, they, you know, gathered up some seeds, and then they uh, prayed, and then they gather up all the animals. I don't know. The guy goes on forever. It was hey, I went to guy. I went and got went to the bathroom because I was like, man, what the heck is? How long is this guy gonna talk for about uh, Steve Smith? And then he said, um, when sitting on the deck of the ship was like this uh, indigenous person meditating, Native American. I don't know what offensive term he probably would have used, but probably something offensive. And un- but he said this guy said his name was Modia Madison, and he said I am Modia Madison. Who are you? And he said I'm Steve Smith of the uh, Smiths, uh, Maine Smiths, not the uh, not the New Hampshire Smiths. We don't get along with them. But, you know, we're Maine Maine Smiths. M A I N E. I don't know how much of our language you know, but you know, not M A I N. We're not the main Smiths. I mean, we're the main Smiths in Maine. And the guy goes, stop, you're confusing me. Uh, well, why Why have you come into this cave? And he's like, well, I heard this noise. And uh, I'd heard that this uh, Noah's Ark, I heard this rumor that the Ark sunk. And uh, Noah escaped on this ship. And I'm wondering if this is the ship. And this guy says, uh, what's it to you? And he said, well, it'd be pretty cool if the, Ten Commandments were on here, right? Don't they give you superpowers? And, uh, you know, there's a lot of legends, or at least we could confirm, you know, especially stuff about uh, adultery and stuff. I'd like to double check, you know, all the words and stuff. And the guy goes, why? It was in one, you know, I'm a guy, and uh, just rumors around me in the village I'd like to do away, you know, about that's one of the troubles I've had with the New Hampshire Smiths. 
because Smith's a pretty common name. And, uh, you know, I'd like to keep it common, you know, spread around a little bit. Um, so, and, you know, are the, are the Ten Commandments on there? And so this guy's telling this story, right? The, uh, pyrite. And all of a sudden, like, this horn comes out of the cave that is, like, shocking, like, shakes the earth. And all the guys are looking around there, hearing the story. And everyone's like, holy cow. And they're grabbing their picks. And they're like, uh, I don't even know what else they would grab. Their hooch, probably, their drinks. And they're putting on their boats because they probably all had their shoes off. God knows you don't want to be around a bunch of miners without their shoes on because that's nasty. But so they're looking around and they know it came from the cave. And then pirates staring at them. And the, like, again, I want to tell this guy how to do his movie, but I would have liked a little like fake out, like before they got to that point, like have like a pirate's best friend hidden in the cave with a horn. And then like he comes out, like he had blown the horn, everybody's attention is there. And then he comes out of the cave like, ah, and everybody's laughing. And then the big horn comes. I think, I don't know. I'm just into that kind of like a fake out thing. But again, I've Nate as that guy with the Serena Williams movie said, I'm not making movies, so who am I to judge? Uh, you know, but uh, so where were we? So the big horn comes out of the cave. Oh, wait, it's time for a break. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever used string before? What if your string was made of sugar? Sugar string. And you could taste it and eat it. What if your clothes... You could, like, do you ever have a nervous habit where you suck on your clothes? What if there's sugar in your clothes? Your clothes are made from sugar string. Wouldn't that be nice? Now, what if you could have dessert wherever you were and, you know, you didn't even have to eat it because it had almost no calories? That's the brilliance of sugar string, folks. Now, we here at Sugar String Labs have been working around the clock for years trying to figure out the least toxic dyes with the least amount of side effects and, you know, clothes that won't smell like your breath after you suck on them. And we finally come up with what we're happy to say is called sugar string. It looks like normal, normally clothes, cotton, cool max, whatever you wear, but it's got sugar in it. Real, 100% sugar, sugar. So you can suck on it. You can lick it. You can taste it. Whenever you need a little sugar, use sugar string. That's it. It's coming soon. Actually, you know, I don't, I I hate to, you know, ask you folks, but we're trying to do a sugar string Kickstarter because we, uh, a lot of people said this is a good idea and we tried to pitch it to investors and they said no. So we're kickstarting it. If you could invest in sugar string, one day you could wear it. Sugar string. we're actually a billion-dollar sugar corporation, but we don't want to spend our own money on it, but it's a product we think is great. Thank you. All right, so we're back. And, uh, you know, if you're, if, if you're, uh, if this wasn't a boring podcast, you'd probably be like, watch, if you were watching a movie, you'd be like, while we're young here, let's get to the, I thought the name of this movie was called uh, Vikings versus 49ers, right? Um, when, when's it going to be time for that part of the movie? Well, your patience is uh, duly served because now it is so the guys that go into the cave, uh, 
They light up torches. Another bad idea. But I guess they didn't have flashlights back then. I think a couple of them had lanterns. They're like, uh, okay, like who's going in? Of course, uh, Doc's going in. Of course, uh, Dopey's going in. They need the brains. Of course, Sneezy's going in because he's the uh, hero. And Pyrite's going in. And then uh, Grumpy was going in because they needed, you know, his positive attitude. I'm trying to think. I think there was a guy, I want to say Foot Fungus, but I think that's not his nickname. But again, I'm not in on all the seven dwarves. But so these guys go into the cave. And meanwhile, they're trekking in. Next thing you know, they see the bow of this friggin' ship. And they're like, holy cow, like... What what the heck is this? Like Steve Smith's, is this the? And of course, just like the character's supposed to do, pirates like that's it, that's Noah's ship, and he runs ahead. And they're like, wait, 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 why would Noah's? You know, look at the carvings. Like, why is there like, uh, like strange faces? And what Noah didn't have shields on the side of his ship. And uh, those aren't aren't traditional Christian symbols or. Uh, whatever, uh, the traditional symbols of whatever Noah's, you know, culture was. So what are you talking about? That's probably, um, Dopey said that cause he would be the one that would know. And then he's talking about Druidism and Zoroastrianism or stuff like that. That was kind of dull. And then of course, pyrites up there trying to get up to the ship. Now, anybody that's been in a ship that's out of water, frick. How are you going to get up there? Because it's like 10 miles. So he's like, you know, trying to figure out any for everything. And then next thing you know, uh, here comes Sneezy. He's got a grappling hook. He throws it up there. They climb up on the ship. They get up there. That's when things go crazy. All of a sudden, you know, they get deeper into this ship. It's a pretty big ship. And then they hear the horn from the outside. And they realize, like, pretty quick, uh... What's the guy's name? The, the dopey's like, there's so many people were just living on this ship. Like, this isn't like, because this isn't some sort of, you know, he's, he's like, this has recently been alive. And so they hear the horn outside. They run out of the ship and they get to the mouth of the cave and they just see like this like battle going on back at their camp. They get back to camp. All their buddies are gone, like passed away, killed by uh, some, I mean, they don't even know. And then they remember, like, the town where they left their frickin' uh, wife and kids and stuff and uh, Pyrite's fake girlfriend from Niagara Falls area that is not that far away because they like to go back on the weekends and, you know, see their family and stuff. That's what this one probably called. I don't even know. I want to say the name of the town is Falstaff. So it's probably like a day or two hike. So they're like, uh, you know, we got to stop. They must be going to our town. And, uh, you know, they get one guy's dying words, which is like, Vikings, Vikings. He's like, what? He's like, Vikings. And then he makes a helmet sign. Or what? And then he passes on, you know, to the next world. So then these guys are trucking. They're trucking down his path. Next thing you know, Ghost Eric the Red shows up. He's like, uh, they're like, you know, they draw their uh, picks. Of course, uh. Sneezy's at the lead, and he goes up, and Eric, Eric the Red's like, you know, oh, I'm not here to hurt you. 
He's like, our families are here. And he takes a couple swipes at him. Of course, it's a ghost or a astral projection type thing. And he's like, you know, these, these men are evil. You know, you, you left something for you up ahead. And they go up ahead and there's a Viking type armor, like helmets and stuff. So these guys grab that. Meanwhile, they're like, we're a bunch of miners. We don't know what we're doing. But they catch up with, like, a couple of the slower Vikings that were, like, out of shape or whatever, maybe the rear guard. Now, the one thing the Niners did know was, like, they knew the trails. So they were able to, like, do some sort of flanking maneuver. So there's two guys by themselves. They take them out, no problem. I think, no, I think um, Doc got cut. And, uh... But it was like, it's one of those things that takes like two or three days. He, you know, gets the fever and stuff. So no big, you know. So then they realize like uh, that uh, they're going to have to pick up the pace and get to the town first. And uh, uh, Sneezy's trying to come up with a plan. And they get to the town. Sneezy runs ahead with, uh, uh, what's he run ahead with? Uh, the smart guy, whoever, uh, Dopey. And they get ahead, they get to the town, they say, everybody get out of here. Uh, ironically enough, they get on boats because it's like, a, and they say, you know, get off to like whatever that, you know, one of the bigger cities in Alaska that's nearby or Fairbanks. I don't freaking know. And, uh, you know, clear out the town. And, you know, it, it kisses, he, he kisses his wife goodbye. Now, I, I, strangely, or in a filmic sense, his wife looks a lot like the wife, Eric the Red. So this guy, Sneezy, may be a direct descendant of Eric the Red somehow. But again, they didn't have freaking uh, whatever that thing's called, genealogy report at the end of the movie. Um, but so these guys, the town's empty. And then they uh, are like, uh, what, he's like, what are we going to do, Doc? Or uh, not, Sneezy. They go back to meet the other guys. Doc's, at this point, he's gone. So it's Pyrite and Sneezy and Dopey. And they're like, how are we going to take on this crew of, because uh, they had spotted them. And they, I think they even threw, they might even had bow and arrow. But it's, again, like these miners, how are they going to take on the, uh, so they do some Ewok-type tricks with uh, rocks. And they do a rock side. They take out like five more guys. Um, but still, it's like, there's still like 15 dudes left. They're big Vikings. And then the next thing you know, they wait at the town and, uh, like they're like whispering, of course, some secret plan. So then the Vikings are coming and like, you're like, okay, they probably set up the town full of booby traps or something. And at the entrance of the town is, uh, what's his name? Sneezy with his sword drawn and the, Vikings are strolling in at this point. They're like, and he's like, I hope you have wife and women and children for us to plunder. I will plunder your wife first. Uh, you know, the, the head guy. And, uh, then they turn around and what's his name? Uh, pirates doing his like, whatever the rumple or whatever his dance is called. And he's like, I don't know. So then the Vikings are looking back and forth. And, uh, then of course you hear this rush of water. And this torrent of water comes, sweeps the Vikings out, drowns them, and takes them away. And uh, but it also takes away uh, Sneezy, unfortunately. 
and uh, ruins the town, washes, uh, you know, the whole gold claim out. And then, like, you know, they're crying. Uh, who's it? Uh, Pyrite and uh, Dopey. And they're like, let's go back up. You know, we got to get this. Maybe there's some stuff in the boat or something. And they go back up there. And, of course, there's a cave in there. So the boat's gone. Um, and then, like, they zoom in. And they're just staring at the, like, looking at the wreckage. And then you don't see, like, you just see the two of them sitting there. And they're like, well, I guess we just start digging again. Back to mining. And, uh. He's like, well, why shouldn't we find all the women and children that have vacated? He's like, well, yeah, I guess we could do that. But then you see a full moon behind them, and there's a Viking standing there for, like, if they were to make 49ers versus Vikings 2, which it probably won't because it wasn't enough Vikings versus 49ers, you know? Uh, action. Action movies need action. And uh, there was, like, a... But it was beautiful, beautifully shot movie. Um, I seen one movie a while back. It was like the Nazis versus some Swedish people or something. They were like zombie Nazis in the snow. Um, and that was pretty nice looking too. But this was beautiful. I mean, whoever the cinematographer is, you should hire him uh, because he was great, the director. They just need to work on the, the fighting part. But again, I don't know. I mean, that's maybe why I saw it in this uh, one-time one deal. But again, I thought I liked, there's some stuff to like about it. Uh, for a sleep-boring podcast, definitely a lot of stuff to like. And again, I don't know what was true or what wasn't. So don't quote me on any stuff like, oh, wait a second, you know, Steve Smith really did, or Noah really did bail out on the ARC. Uh, or he had, or like, I don't want a whole debate. Like, would Noah have bailed on the ark? I don't know. Like, that wasn't, this is a movie. And then, you know, we don't need to start an online debate about would he, what's his duty, stick with the ship or get off the ship with some creatures? You know, what was the ark thinking? Did the ark exist? Ark exist. Didn't, did Geraldo ever find the ark? Was Geraldo looking for the ark? Um, did the Ark have a lifeboat or was that the Ark was the lifeboat? And, or is this whole thing a metaphor that I don't understand? Maybe the movie, uh, 49ers, maybe the Vikings were like made of gold and they were like, Hey, leave the earth alone, bro. You're plunderers. We're post plunderers. Because what was that guy saying? What is melted will never, what is frozen once? Once frozen, never frozen again. What is that? Um, I don't know if that means anything. But again, Russell Crowe wouldn't have been in this movie because he's a star. But maybe they'll buy it and remake it in like a little bit more cooler way. I mean, because the concept, 49ers vs. Vikings, at first you laugh, but you could probably make it. I don't know. 49ers aren't very tough, though. But they could be, you know, that gives us something to root for. Like rooting for you to be asleep and rested. So that's um, that's it for tonight. I hope you're rested. Um, uh, it's kind of like, yeah, lame version of a horror movie or whatever. But uh, 
you know, that's, I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to bore you. I will soothe you or lull you, talk to you, be here for you. Basically, that's my job uh, is I'm here for you to make sure you fall asleep or have some, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, you know, time where you don't, where I, I'm like your Dr. Demento distracting you from the fact you can't sleep. So, you know, there's other episodes out there. There's a lot, 140 plus. So if this one didn't work, put on another one or get up and get out of bed. This is strategy. I wouldn't watch TV. Maybe read. Maybe um, meditate is another good option. Breathe. Look outside. Um, look up at the sky. You know, it makes it can can humble you. Know that that's the same sky that the real 49ers and the real Vikings looked at. Probably. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm incorrect. But, well, they definitely looked at the sky and the moon, if you can see the moon. All right. Good night. I'm here for you. And I'll be here for you three nights a week uh, for, you know, until, until, until uh, you know, unless the Vikings show up and then I'm out. All right, good night. Thanks for listening. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep? Welcome, you're in the right place. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Tonight's trending Twitter Tuesday. So tonight our bedtime story is going to be based on what's trending, what's trending on Twitter. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. Podcast is going to do the rest. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to create a safe place where you can set aside any sort of synapses that are firing or misfiring or overfiring with thoughts and thoughtsies and, you know, stuff in your brain, blah, 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 blah. Raza, waza, waza. Whoever's voice it is. You know, it might be a parent. It might be a boss. It might be your own voice. It might be some strange shadow voice of yours. Like, binds me, you know, a critic, a dreamer, whatever. I'm going to distract you from that. You're going to listen to the story. Because according to scientists, you can't do both at the same time. Listen to my story and criticize yourself or other people. Possibly. But you just listen, I'm going to tell this tale, and the tale's going to engage you. But it's only going to engage you enough to distract you, not enough to keep you up. Because then I'm going to go on, and I'm going to talk a little more, and then maybe go like, hey, what are we want to salt and pepper, salt and pepper shakers. Do you ever collect salt stuff like that? I'll start talking like that. And you'll drift off into dreamland. That's the goal. That's all we're here for. If this is the first time here, welcome. Give it a shot. We're a podcast that puts you to sleep. We're on the internet, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Trending Twitter episodes are at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Tuesdays. If you need to reach me, you can send me an email. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can post a comment on our website. You can get me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. That's where I try to post, like, sleep-related articles every morning or late morning or late afternoon. You can go over to Facebook and get a hold of me. 
on Facebook. That's where I post our bloopers, which are pretty embarrassing. So don't, you know, no need to check on Facebook. But if you if you want to laugh, you know, you need a little laugh, you can go over there and um, I, I can take it. Laugh at my expense. It's fine. Facebook, Twitter, that, um, trying to think what, oh, uh, we have a P.O. Box, P.O. Box, Sleep With Me Podcast, P.O. Box 1751, Alameda, California, 94501. And if you remember back in the day when, like, celebrities had headshots and game shows had stuff, maybe that had, you'd send a self-addressed stamped envelope. I think, or maybe fan clubs, who knows what, I don't remember. I just remember the self-addressed stamped envelope part. If you send me a self-addressed stamped envelope to that address that previously I stated, I'm going to take three pages of uh, outline, handwritten outline for the show, put them in that envelope and send it back to you. Yeah, oh boy. I mean, yeah, stop the presses because just a little fun. I mean, I'm trying to criticize myself for doing something that's, you know, I, I thought we might have some fun with it. Not trying to say this podcast is, you know, history making or that the paper is going to be worth anything or what. Just just for your amusement. It might be amusing to put a stamp on something. Do you, Are there lickable stamps anymore or not? I don't know. Those are questions I don't even know the answer to. And then if you're in another country other than the U.S. of A., just send an envelope and I'll, I'll worry about the postage. All I ask is you throw in like a token from public transit or a transit transfer or a ticket used. It doesn't have to have any money on it because my brother that just got married collects uh, transit-related material. So I thought it'd be fun to send it to him. That's it. Uh, let's get on to the trending Twitter Tuesday stuff. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Welcome's Trending Twitter Tuesday. Tales trending on Twitter on Tuesday. Recorded on Sunday. Trending Twitter Tales. So I'm going to get on Twitter here. I'm going to pause. I don't know if it says good live. Hold on. All right, so it's 5, well, 546. It's 10-5, which is October 5th, Pacific Daylight Time still. I got a half a bar on my phone, and uh, we got our usual no, no sponsor post. We got 10 things ready to go. So uh, it's trending Twitter Tuesdays, www.supermanpodcast.com slash Tuesdays. And you know what I was thinking is... Uh, it's uh, October, and it's the Halloween season, so I wanted to do some seasonal episodes. And if if, uh, if you listen to all the podcasts, you may or may not know, uh, depending on how closely you listen. And if you listen at all, then I happen to be in possession of a couple magical items. One is the magical ticker tape machine that's only functioned once to assign me the king and queen of the podcast or the to assign me the uh, Lord and Lady of the podcast, who are going to be over at um, the uh, Poconos Food Truck Fest, I think, next weekend. So if you have time, check it out. Check the Lord and the Lady out and say hi. But uh, that's only the other time. I know the ticker tape machine is magical. It's just never other. It told me, I think it said that Nick should be the defenestrator. Uh, uh, 
I might have lost that piece of ticker tape. I think I lost a piece of ticker tape with the war. Not important. It's just one magical item in my possession. Don't try to steal from me because it, uh, from the outside, uh, it just looks like a piece of junk, so you won't even steal it. But I also have another thing that's magical that I only use normally in the Game of Drones episodes, which is called the uh, Roose Bolton, Bolton Fiction Fantasy Time Machine, Fantasy Fiction Time Machine, whatever you want to call it. It is this magical machine. Roose Bolton is a person that I rue so greatly. Like, a, I pity the horrible fate that awaits him so powerfully that my ruining of Roose Bolton powers this machine, allows it to, uh, like, transverse... Uh, transverses, I guess, or metaverses or between fiction and fan. Like a lot of this podcast stuff comes from some zone of like probably somewhere between the Aurora Borealis and the, like one of the crab nebulas. So I get in this time, this machine, it's not a time machine because it's beyond time and we go places. I don't really have adventures because it's a boring, you know, this is not exactly the adventure podcast. I think there's an adventure. There's probably plenty of adventure-related podcasts out there. I know there's a show called Adventure Time. I think I've heard a couple of our writers interviewed. They sounded pretty cool. And what was my point? Oh, there's no point. Oh, uh, there actually is a point. So I said, uh, you know, usually normally, since this is the ruining of Roose Bolton fantasy fiction time machine, and I usually just use it for a game of drone stuff since it's that's where I found it in a not important. Okay, this is like a I'm going way off topic here. I decided I was like, what what would this thing thing do? What would this machine do if I was going to use it for non Game of Thrones? Could what could possibly you know what could possibly go wrong? And the worst case scenario is I get trapped in some metaverse. You guys never hear from me again. Well, that would be pretty bad because then if you actually rely on me to fall asleep. But so, you know, we'd figure that out. I probably, I could probably get a hold of the uh, ticker tape machine and it could probably run things just fine. But anyhow, so Halloween's coming up. So I was thinking, I heard, I'd heard one time when I was in this fantasy fiction, the machine, uh, I did get lost, and I my, I was out of the Game of Thrones throne, Game of Thrones universe for a little while. I didn't really know it, but I found like um the studio looked a little bit like Frankenstein, you know Frankenstein, and I was like, hey, what's up? And he was, meh, 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 meh. and then there was like a, a scientist with him, and I said, what's you know, where 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 are you taking him? Because on this he goes, there's this one magical plane. He calls it, the, he said it was the monster plane or the villain plane, monster plane, I think they called it. But I think it was a general, I don't think it was monsters only, I think villains, but it was some plane. He said, if you get to the edge of this plane, P-L-A-N-E or P-L-A-I-N, I'm not sure. But if you get to the edge of it, he said, there's a bed and breakfast out there for um, monsters and villains where they can go and if they're in a relationship, you know, they can spend some time out of the world of villainy, resting and relaxing, bed and breakfasting. I don't know if there's like a, a quaint town nearby. I didn't ask in case you're a villain and you listen to this podcast or well-known monster. You should have trouble sleeping. No offense. I don't want to wish it on anybody. But if you're a villain, like if you're, oh, well, I'm not I'm here to judge. Okay. But so... Whatever, there's this bed and breakfast out there for them. 
And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And I was like, did I hear, if I heard this, like, is this so suck in my subconscious? Like someone else already do this. So if, if someone else already did it, it's just, I apologize. But, but whatever, you come across the stuff in the metaverse, you can't pass it up. Sounds like it's Halloween. Uh, maybe I should try this out. Like, uh, check this place out. Do a little, like, uh, invest, Halloween investigation. So I climb in the, Bruce Bolton's thick, the mach- traveling machine. Since we're not uh, in a Game of Thrones podcast right now, I get in this thing, and I can't explain to you all the complicated stuff you got to do to get it to go places. But believe me, it's not complicated. I just Bruce Bolton. I think where I want to go, and sometimes I go there. Sometimes I don't. So I think about this plane. I'm like, take me to bed and breakfast. You know, oh, hey, Bruce Bolton, what a jerk. Get me to that thing and let's see what we see. So I hop in the machine and so I end up that, uh, like uh, on the way there, I see like a giant George R. R. Martin head and he's pointing at my uh, machine yelling about the jets, uh, from the last episode. So that's not good because it was like this giant spinning George R. R. Martin. He had that little cap on and I matched, he matched his outfit, you know, and, but his head was spinning. He was going, blah, 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 I'm going to get. So that's bad. He might be out for vengeance against me because I was trying. Uh, what not important. Him and the Jets are for uh, another show. Um, so I get out there and uh, ends up I get out to the bed and breakfast. It's run by this beautiful couple, lovely couple of uh, of weirdos. <laughs> uh and uh, they say, you know, I say, hey, you know, you got any monsters or villains coming? I had this podcast. I'd like to, you know, tell a story about, you know, follow the villains or whatever. And they're, what do they do? He said, you know, sometimes they cross over. He's like, this is the edge of this strange, you know, intersection of stuff, cosmics type stuff. And um, was that cosmic? Isn't there like a uh, album called Cosmic Something or Other? But uh, that Love Shack was on. Who sang that? Fred something. And B-52's Cosmic Thing. Um, but that's not related to this. And uh, Love Shack Baby. There's, I guess a uh, bed and breakfast is a love shack, though, in some sense. Not a shack. Not a chateau. It's more like a love, love-in uh, with two ends. Uh, so they say, you know, it's Wednesday, you know, no one's here on Wednesday. Why you picked the wrong day to come? And I said, well, you got any stories I can relay to my audience? He said, believe me, I got this great story for you tonight. Uh, he says, come in and sit down. He said, sign in the register. I said, what do you mean to sign in the register? He said, it'll be $186 or your soul. And I was like, I'm not staying the night. He said, you are now. Because, uh, you know, we have no customers. Look at my wife. She's going to cry or devour your soul. And I said, really? Because I don't really can't afford $186. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, I'll talk you and you guys. In, and uh, I made a deal with them, believe it or not. So this is going to be handy up until Halloween is I can go and talk people in. I said, I'll talk people in and tell them bedtime stories. And then steal the stories from them and come back and report to you guys. I didn't tell them about the second part, you know, story stealing part. It's not stealing. It's more like story, um, 
you know, take, you know, I'm going to listen to some villain stories. But so I don't have, I, that's the future. Uh, so tonight, and so, uh, where was I? I totally uh, blanked here. But so this guy told me the story. Uh, first I had to sit down, make, make small talk with him and his wife. And we, we had like some, uh, some some apple cider, which she called spider cider, which reminded me back of like when I was little uh, or younger. There was a um, haunted hayride I used to go to, and halfway through the haunted hayride, you'd stop at uh, this uh, witch's coven, you know, pretend witch's coven. That's where you you got snacks that were included in the tour, which was donuts. I forgot. What did they call the donuts? But the cider, were they called spider? Would you like some spider cider, Sonny? So every Halloween, I always break that out. I love saying, I love saying, would you like a glass of spider cider? But so this lady was literally making spider cider. It had spiders in it. And I uh, actually gave it a nice, I don't know if they have cinnamon. Sp- I mean, I guess it wasn't in our world, but it, it was like a cinnamony uh, flavor with a little bit of taste of battery acid on the uh, back end. Uh, so, but the, so then, um, there was one time when the witches, uh, this, like, uh, one of them, I could see under her witch gown, she had a Patriots jersey on. And I told her that Tom Brady sucked. And then she started yelling at me and whatever. That was the last time I went to the hayride. Uh, and she, so. But so, okay, so this guy is, I'm like, you know, you know, enough small talk here. And uh, they're like, oh, we want to talk to you about Ebola, like uh, this horrible, horrible thing. I said, don't worry, I'm going to cover it on my next podcast. So, and I agree, it's a terrible thing, but I don't, you know, humanitarian, I need to, I got any material for my podcast here. Uh, you know, and I, I have a Ebola segment coming up next show. So, thank you, but... uh what, what, and they said, okay, well, this, uh, you know, have you heard of, uh, the Transylvania twist? And I said, of course I've heard of the Transylvania twist. I actually used it, I referenced it in my Superdoll podcast, which is the one I'm going to be talking about a bowl in. And he says, uh, great, because, uh, because, uh, this is the story of, he said, have you ever wondered what happened in the Transylvania twist? And I said, you better believe I have, like, uh, you know, with a graveyard smash sucks, I bet you the Transylvania twist was way better. And I bet you, why isn't there a song? That, why why is anyone, Weird Al should have a Transylvania twist song or somebody, but nobody does. And I, I'm, I'm unfortunate I don't have any musical skills. Maybe I'll get on it with Posty or my buddy Damon or Juan Tread or somebody to do Transylvania twist. But, um... Uh, so what did happen to Transylvania? He said, well, sit, you know, sit down. I said, I'm sitting down. You know, you're drinking your wife's spider cider. And then he hit me. And I said, no, 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 literally. I don't know if that's some strange term to you, but I'm drinking spider cider made by your wife. And uh, then he said, okay, well, what happened was like, this was last weekend. This kid shows up. He's about uh, 14, 16, 19, who, who knows, pale of complexion, widow's peak, strange, not quite a pirate shirt, but he had a cape on, black pants. He goes, you know, typical uh, fake vampire. And he said, uh, can I help you? And this kid said, yeah, I'm here. Um, 
descendant of Dracula, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to work out some family issues. And they sent me out here because I've been rebelling against uh, my family. And the guy said, listen, kid, I've been running in uh, bed and breakfast for uh, villains and monsters for thousands of years, and I know you're not a vampire. And I know you're not uh, related to Dracula because I just, uh, I know. And uh, my wife's standing behind you with cross and uh, garlic. Watched a lot of, and the kids said, okay, well, I'm, I'm a member of the Dracula fan club. The unofficial one because the f- official one is run like Pillsbury or Nestle or something owns the rights the official uh, Dracula fan club. But, you know, I run the f- unofficial Dracula fan club. And we got a blog, and, uh, you know, we've been wondering what happened to the Transylvania twist. So I, I guess the uh, what's the guy's wife was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The guy's wife, the woman that runs a place, her name's Vicky. And uh, she goes by Vic, or he calls her Vic. I don't, like, Vic is very, I don't know, I don't understand it. Like, Vicky, Vic, Vic's one syllable, right? Vic, Vicky, two syllables. Yeah, I don't know if you need a nickname if you have two syllables. Like, usually it's, yeah, I don't know. But so she, Vic, Vicky, Vic, she says, calm down, calm down. What's your name? He says, I'm Raymond. And she says, well, nice to meet you, Raymond. Uh, can we call it, what can we call you? She said, Raymond's fine, Raymond. Uh, Lamond, they call me back at uh, home. And she said, well, why do they call you Lamond? And he said, well, uh. Yeah, it's a long story. You don't want to know about it. it involves uh, Greg Lamont, and that's not even something you'd understand. She said, "Well, listen, we got a." She said, "I've been thinking about what you're saying about trying to figure out the uh, Transylvania twist. So why don't you sign in the register? It says 186, or you know, you can sell us your soul, but if you just a 186 is probably a lot better deal." And he said, "She said, well, we'll help you out." And she said, you know, we, we got plenty of stuff to do. And this is when I think the magic starts happening. So she says, uh, you know, I'd recommend if you take this, uh, this, this hike we have, it's called the uh, false trail and just take that hike and it'll clear your mind and maybe you'll find some answers. So I guess Raymond Lamond, I don't know, whatever you want to call him, he sets out on this hike, uh, after the, after he sits, you know, he has to sit down and he has to sit down and, uh, Make small talk first. I think they had instead of uh, spider cider, there it was a tea time. So they had like t- tiger tooth tea or tiger's tea or something. Which uh, now I found out is like uh, a tiger actually comes out of a teacup and scares you. Uh, so just in case you're there, and it's tiger tea time, uh, be like be ready because it's like one of those moments. Now this won't happen in the podcast. Don't worry. I know you're trying to sleep, but like we're you're about to sip the tea, and then, you know, you're like, whoa. Um, but that's not going to happen here. No surprises, you know, except for the slowly developing uh, anticlimactic ones. So anyway, I guess this guy, uh, Raymond Boy, he goes out on this falls trail and uh, starts walking. And he's like, wait, well, where do I go? And they say, you know, go out through the French doors, which is, stan- I don't know if they're, like, I think if you well, French doors are a requirement at bed and breakfast, um, just in case you're thinking about starting one. Um, you need doilies, you need French doors, tea, uh, some sort of cookies, and a couple, 
doesn't have to be, it can be any um, sexual orientation, age, uh, any demographics, culture, race, creeds, I think anything. But normally it's run by a couple. I guess probably doesn't even have to be. Um, let's see, doilies though, you need doilies. That's not an option. French doors aren't either. You could probably get away. I mean, if you come from somewhere that calls them like, uh, I guess if you're in the um, places that hate France that are still like layovers in the U.S. of A., then maybe they call them uh, freedom doors. Oof, that's that's ugly. That's like, makes me ashamed to be an American if someone was to call them freedom doors. But um, French doors, yeah, I guess you couldn't call them. I don't know if you have bed and breakfast and call them freedom doors. What do you serve up some uh, f- f- freedom fries with whatever? I'm not. It's not my place to judge. It is though, because uh, it's my show. But it's, uh, so this kid he goes through the French doors. He starts on this hike, and the way this guy put it to me is that it was like when you get out to the French doors, you know, he's like. First, it looks looks like you're going through like a, a melted, like orange vanilla swirl ice cream. After it starts to melt, he's like, you know, kind of sunsetty, kind of weird, you know, oranges and whites and uh, off whites mixed together. And he said, especially on this falls trail, and you just go deeper, and, and he goes, you know, you a little disorienting. You know, there's like ripples of orange, ripples of orange, and ripples of of uh, um, whatever eggshell. I don't know, mauve, uh, taupe. And then he he walk, walks a little bit deeper and deeper, and then he comes into like a uh, like a, some tract housing, like a suburban type neighborhood, uh, except it's a little bit different. The um, what do you call that stuff? Architecture. It's much more Transylvanian because he gets a sense that he's in some place like Moldova, Transylvania, some stra- Latvia, some strange Eastern European country that has changed its name a few times. Maybe could have been, you know, could have a past with villainy or something. So you know, thinking more, it's a it's a suburb, but there's going to be. More windows that are darker, more cobwebs. Sky's going to be not sunny. Um, he said at this, this time it was still that swirly orange and white, but it was starting to get dark. It's, you know, I'd rather be in this suburb because, you know, like, I don't know if they call that cookie bread or whatever. More um, ornamentation to the actual construction of the houses around the windows and the door frames, like more muted darker tones but contrasting like you get a purple gray and dark greenhouse it's just some boring ass like fake shutters what's with the fake shutters people i mean what the hell why are you gonna live in a house with fake shutters now if you do don't be ashamed of it because i'm a, i'm a jackass but i'm just wondering when that started and why isn't it anymore that people aren't opening their shutters and saying, toodaloo, how, how you doing? Not important, though. That's a tangent. So he says he wanders down, and then he hears, like, this, uh, 
uh, stereotypical um, Dracula-type voice that I don't really do. Something like that. And you do this twist, I, I do the twist, I do the twist, yeah. And he's like, huh. And then he, he sees his garage doors open. And there's this uh, kid who looks kind of like this kid, but um, real, you know, really pale. Widow's Peak, uh, fangs, the whole, whole, whole to do. And he's got like a piece of cardboard now and he's kind of dancing, but he's really lanky and like jagged edges. Very, um, very not built for dancing. Very like a pencil shaped, uh, guy. And he's trying to dance and sing. And then his sister comes in and she says, or a girl, but we're assuming, I can assume it's her sister. And she kind of looked like, uh, uh, a vampire too, but, uh, a female version. And she says, not as awkward as him. And she says, uh, she says, Drac, you're never going to get it. You're never going to win the school dance. I, are you, I don't even know why you try. And he says, Oh, I'm going to win. Be gone, girl. Leave me be. I will one day win all the dance titles. I will be the most famous dancer. In all of Transylvania, and people will never forget the name Dracula, I will, well, I guess I, I would rather bring fame to the Transylvania twist than to Dracula. But, uh, why is something inside me craves? But I don't worry, sister, I'm going to work on this dance. And so this boy just hides in the bushes and starts watching. And this guy, Dracula, he goes back and he's just working, um, tirelessly. And uh, he doesn't really, he's like, okay, that does not work. Uh, no hook. I wish I had someone here who would write a good Bobby music. But so this guy, he's working, Dracula, he's working t- tired, like nonstop doing it. Doing that. Ooh, I got your hands over that. You do the twist. You do the Transylvania twist and you twist. It's the Transylvania twist and you shake. And you stir and you bang and it's back because it twist. The Transylvania twist is okay, okay, I almost got it here, but it's, oh dear, Drake, it's not there yet. Well, it's time to, uh, sun's about to come out, it's time to rest. And I guess these kids go to school, so this kid files in school. And it's, uh, Transylvania school, so, um, they, um, a lot of, like, indoctrination type stuff at this time. Which again, this is another universe, so it's hard to say historically what it has to do with ours, but a lot of uh, praising some unknown, uh, figure. It's, n- I don't think they're communists or, um, socialists or Im- imperialists or colonialists. I don't know what ism at this time they're practicing, but it was like, you know, a lot of time, a lot of time conforming. And the good thing was Dracula was a conformist at this time, like, and he was like proud, proud, proud to be Transylvanian. But there was also this vein in him. Now, not everybody who's a vampire should note that. Like, uh, I don't know. I think it was something like, uh, like a vampire was like a, a known thing. 
And I don't know how they dealt with the blood sucking. Maybe they didn't do humans at this time, but it may be like 5% of the Transylvania population, maybe even less, maybe 1.1% were practicing uh, vampires. Uh, again, I don't have, I don't have time to delve into this whole thing because this is kind of like, uh, both a prequel and a postquel because there would have been, um, so we're kind of in a middle, like a middle story here, which is confusing. But I'm, it's not my fault. It's this dude's fault that showed up at this bed and bread. It's bed and breakfast. It's, it's the fact that's Halloween. But so he, the kid, he follows him to school. Dracula's not very popular. But he's always like, uh, anytime he would bad mouth Transylvania, he's like, don't you know we have the least amount of sunshine of any nation on earth? You know, why don't you have any pride for Transylvania? You know, we have the most bats per capita in the world, the most caves. And he's, you know, always spouting stuff off. And so I guess he's like, uh, they had this like version of the X Factor in Transylvania, the Transylvania. Transylvanian X Factor. And so apparently they were coming to, uh, to town to do, uh, I mean, I don't know the names of the cities. I guess this kid didn't tell, it wasn't related to my, my part of the story, but, uh, like they're coming to do auditions or whatever, maybe the show. And a, a, like a little known fact was that, uh, that it was funded by the government, which was, you know, had this, uh, propagandist, propagandist, is that a word, uh, intention of, you know, prop of keeping the status quo, whatever it was of, uh, praising, praising the one person or whatever, the one belief system that the government wanted. And, uh, I don't know if like what, I don't think vampires were running the show because they seem to be some sort of, uh, outside group, but, but it was like a good, it didn't seem like they were abusing. Like, it didn't seem like there was, um, you know, bullying because he was a vampire that I know. But again, this is a, a story encompassing his whole life. But so whatever, he wants to get on this X Factor. But, but I don't know if he knew what good position he was in. And so then, but he's still at the same time, not to take anything away. He gets up home from school. He's back working. I do the Transylvania twist. I shake it and I go like this. I do the twist and I spin around. I do the twist and I go upside down because the bats are in the caves and the faves, you know, so, okay, that's no good, but I like the first part and I go, okay, I'm going to get this tracky. You're going to get this. Your dream is going to come true. You're going to bring glory to Transylvania and to the name Dracul. I mean, just to Transylvania. Don't, don't, don't open that door, Dracula. You know what happened to your father. Oh boy. Okay. So take it from the top. You do the twist. You do the Transylvania twist and you twist. And you go like this, you twist around and you go and you would know. And what do you say? You say, I do not know. No, that's no good either. Okay, do the twist. You do the trends when you twist, you go the twist. And it goes like this. And the trends when you twist is a twist of a tail. And you twist around and you, oh, that was good. The Transylvania twist 
is a twist of a tail, and you twist around, and you give a whale, no, no, what's, oh, those whales that were in that one cave they found, what were those ghost whales? Okay, I got to drag you, come on, dig deep, man. And then while he's working, and his sister comes home, and I should say this sister and him did not like each other. But then, and they were like right around the same age. I think his sister was like one year behind him in school. And she was very attractive. Uh, and she was with this guy. Uh, again, I don't know what all the um, ethnic breakdowns are of Transylvania, but this guy was like a blue color and pretty large. So I don't know if he's some sort of, uh, I mean, I have no idea. I don't have my monster manual in front of me. He, uh, you know, blue, big, burly, uh, humo- humanoid. Uh, so he had a f- eye, like mammal, mammalian humanoid, uh, f- regular flesh, just blue colored, um, quiet. And so sister's like, Draggy, this is my new boyfriend. And I said, Oh, please to meet you. Would you like to uh, have a dance? And I said, eh, what? And I said, Oh, and why? Well, uh, to celebrate the glory of Transylvania and dra- dra- to celebrate the glory of Transylvania, my friend. And uh, his, his sister's no, no, Dracula. Well, I'd like to meet your friend. I'd like to shake your hand. I hope you could take good care of my sister. She is a quite a nice girl. He said, "Ma'am," and she said, "What is his name, uh, my good sister?" She said, "You want me? I'll say it's Sinvisna." Sinvisna. Sinvisna, nice to meet you, Sinvisna. Sinvisna. How do you spell that? C-I-N-V-S-N-E. Sinvisna. Sinvisna. It was nice to meet you. He doesn't like that you don't know his name. Okay, my good sister, I need to get back to my dance to celebrate Transylvania. The additions are tomorrow. And soon, Transylvania will go worldwide with its glorious dance and so he worked all night on this dance and i I mean unfortunately like uh, tenacious d like tributed the greatest song in the world and their song was just a tribute but it was still an awesome song i can't even do a tribute to what he came up with after the night uh of this brilliant song because it was so good but i can tell you that uh it was awesome and it was like this pop, danceable monster song, similar to something you might have heard before, but a little bit different. If you maybe are catching my drift, you might not be. But uh, so what happened is um, next day is uh, the the auditions or tryouts. But it was like they were like producers were there and they were waiting in line. And I believe it or not, like uh, Dracula's sister was trying out. She had some... Um, she, she was terrible. She embarrassed herself. And, you know, it was a typical thing. They were getting people, and then they saw Dracula doing his dance. And at first they thought he was a joke, like they brought him on. And I don't know if, like, I haven't watched X Factor. I don't even know what they called it there. They might have called it X Factor. But they get him out there to think, like, because they just saw him dance, and then hear him singing. And then he starts singing the song for the people. Uh, I don't know if this was the Eastern European edition or the Transmetaverse Monster Edition, whatever, X-Factor. Um, probably a license across multiple universes, though. 
Uh, I, I mean, who knows with the way they write these freaking copyright laws to benefit, uh, you know, you know, people, whatever. Let's not go off on a tangent here. But, uh, so he's doing this and everyone's blown. They're like, this song is so good. And it celebrates the glory of Transylvania in such a way. And it's catchy, like an earworm, like immediately gets up to like the head dictators of Transylvania, like the council of, you know, evil dudes or whatever that. And they're like, get this guy, like forget tonight's episode, forget the normal way we do it. You know, this guy. So they start Dracula. Boom. He's on like. You know, he starts showing up on morning shows and night shows, and he's viral or whatever. I don't know. Like, he's everywhere doing this Transylvania twist, and it goes like this, and it's a twist. I said the Transylvania twist. What's the twist? The glory of Saint Transylvania. I don't just. It's the greatest country in the world. Of for telling you boys and girls, it's the Transylvania twist that'll well, give you curls. I don't know. Like I said, I can't really do this justice. But it was the Transylvania. And so next thing you know, you got, uh, but then they have like a fake uh, X Factor finale and Dracula wins. And he's like, ah, he's like, everybody's screaming. It's like they have it in this amphitheater, like 80,000 people are there. And he's like, I want to thank you, number one Dracula, one day for the what, what? The Transylvania twist. For the glory of Transylvania, we go like this. So he's doing his dance and people are cheering. And then his temple starts throbbing and, uh. Like he's like, uh, he's so filled with the glory of Transylvania that he realizes all of a sudden it's like, you know, a lot of people, this happens slowly. Like you realize, oh, wait a second. Or, or they might call it a mental illness. They might call it an awakening. Like where you're like, wait a second, things aren't this society I live in. I'm saying Dracula society for him. Like, wait a second, things aren't really right here. There's something amiss in, in our, our values. We say we value this, but we do this. And, uh, you know, you have the slow awakening and then you either repress it or you uh, forget about it or you live your life, you change the way you live your life or you get angry or whatever. But a lot of times it just happens slowly and you just adapt or you, you know, whatever, you deal with it. But in a, um, you know, it's just like, just happens in the day-to-day life. Dracula, it all happened at once. So suddenly he realizes that he is is Dracula, like this all-powerful vampire. And he didn't even realize, like, that there had been some anti-vampire activities going on at the behest of this dictatorship or whatever that's run in Transylvania. Two, he realized that... uh like that the way things were in Transylvania weren't okay with him, the structure of the government, the things he was glorifying, like um, stuff related to scary stuff that we won't talk about, like uh, having bats as pets. He's like, that's not okay. That's scary. You know, that's kind of scary stuff I'm talking about, not anything really scary. Or, um, you know, the blue people or whatever. 
So he goes berserko right on live television. I mean, this is broadcast Metaverse Live. So, like, who knows how many bazillion people are watching this. And it's also like this thing that since it's in a nonlinear place, it's like uh, happening before, after, and during. So all of a sudden, Transylvania's name is permanently tarnished because he's like, he turns into a vampire, turns into a bat. Goes after the dictators or the main dictator. I can't remember if it was some charismatic. I don't know, but he goes bonkers. And uh, at the same time, his sister was smart enough. Like before he went on, she's like, "Can you just sign this for me?" It's like, uh, "Mom, mom, you know, mom's in one of her uh, things where she won't get out of the bathtub, and she's just drinking white wine in the bathtub again." So, can you just sign this for me? And he's like, "Sure." Really, it was the rights to the Transylvania twist. So he goes berserker, crazy. They, they like, um, he ends up just having to take, like, he ends up, becomes so crazy. He becomes mad with power. He takes over Transylvania. He becomes, chases most, most people move out of there and, uh, you know, becomes this whole legend. And then, it, you know, somehow the images can flash. I don't understand that. I'm not a geneticist or whatever. So I don't understand how it like wavelengths reach our universe. And then we like associate just Transylvania with Dracula, vampires, rain, like caves, bats. Um, so Transylvania twist does have some echoes, but ends up like whatever they, they call in, like they like send out. I don't know, I guess like they had hired like the Ninja Turtles, so they have five SOSs to the Ninja Turtles to come shut Dracula down. And it ends up the turtles have a bat phobia or something, um, or maybe a vampire phobia smart. And so they wouldn't come out of their shells or something, or they were like, we're not here, we're heroes in a half shell, not a whole shell. So we're not coming here, we already heard about it. So that's what I'm in Transylvania. And then, Dracula's sister was with this dude, whoever, I forgot his name, Sin, Sinvene or something, Sinvene, 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 I don't know what she said, C-A-N-V-S-N-E, V-S-N-E, and uh, they got married, and uh, she and him came out the monster mash, okay, and he changed his name to some dude, I don't know, in our universe, I forget it was some dude or some band. I'll, I'll give him credit in the show notes for the Monster Mash. But really, and I'm not insulting anybody here, because sometimes like stuff comes into my brain. Like Ray Perkins in another universe might be like a, a like an octopus god that eats theme parks, you know. But in this universe, he's the old man that lives next door to me. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't because it's the. <laughs> Probably don't, but, uh, so whatever. The guy probably thought he was writing the Monster Mash, the Graveyard Smash, but it's really that guy. And that's like what the blue race was, was Graveyard Smashers. And the Transylvania would send them out to smash graveyards. I have no idea why. Cultural thing that I don't, it's not my business, okay, to judge anything. Strange cultural, um, what if you could practice to smash graveyards? But so I mean, it's to, I mean, you know, those, uh, those things are expensive, I think. But so that's, so that's what happened to the Transylvania twist, uh, was the, just the story. This kid comes back to the, um, 
bed and breakfast, tells these people a story. And they said, well, how do you feel about this all now that you know what happened to Transylvania Twist? You're like, it makes sense. You know, goes Dracula, he goes, Dracula's a thinker outside the box. He didn't want to be dominated by some, uh, whatever. He's like, these people were probably sucking the Transylvanians dry, whatever these proletariat bourgeois, uh, capitalist pigs were running the show. I don't know. He goes, you know, or whatever socialist, uh, you know, fat cats. I, he goes, oh, who knows? Well, he goes, yeah, this is how Dracula works. He's a rebellious guy. And, of course, people are going to steal stuff from him. And uh, it's, it's, he was like, my favorite part now is that the sister even put in this, him in the song. She's like, that. I'm not, he's like, I'll never look at the song again. That's so funny now. So it's, it's even more brilliant that they did the mash, but it used to be the Transylvania twist. I did the twist. So, and he's, you know, the sister, he goes, they might have made the song better anyway, because we don't have a working actual version of the Transylvania twist. But, you know, it's like that's what things happen. They get rebooted, remixed, stolen, um, lost. People go mad with power all the time. And he's like, I just glad I didn't go mad with power. And he's like, also, when I was going through that first part of the walk, when the air looked like ice cream, I licked it. It was ice cream. So that was great. And uh, so that's like a, a Halloween tale, I guess. And hopefully we'll visit this bed and breakfast again a couple more times this month before Halloween to see what they got for us there on the edge of this universe. So, yeah, but... um. That's what happened to Transylvania Twist, okay? I can't help it. Um, I don't know. I guess it's interesting and sad at the same time. But it uh, makes me more... Uh, I like Dracula a little bit better, I guess. Because before, I don't really couldn't really identify with them. And now I can barely identify with them. So, you know, that's good, I guess. So, yeah, I'm glad you guys listened. Or, you know, that's the tale of the Transylvania twist. Good night.